What's up, Get Fresh crew? We're about to take you on a journey of the mind where space and time have no meaning and where the weird is wonderful. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 246. 246. We're almost at 250, Eric. That is a What's milestone. That, that oh, is an anniversary. Bitches. And that My. is an exit strategy. <sighs> Baby, stop are you it, with me? Stop it, stop are it. Are you with me? Oh, no more of this nonsense. Wee! Yeah! Welcome to the podcast. We are the official, unofficial, official, unofficial podcast of huh? WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And we're here to thrill and have you enjoy things, right, Eric? Because the thing is, <laughs> I don't know. Have thrill you enjoy things. Enjoy things. Uh, you, we are entertainers and the the people with the, the things, right? Is that how you say it? I think you could I describe do. it that way. Yeah, probably. We got some things, right? I, you you like things? You, you I love a thing stuff. guy or are you a stuff guy? You're more of a stuff guy. You're I love saying? stuff and things. Ooh, you like them both? You're one of those guys? You go both ways. Things and stuff. That's that's pretty good. It does broaden the horizons of what you can do and not do uh, if you do like stuff and things. Uh, one thing that I want to say is, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, we're happy that you're part of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. And with all the books going on right now, well, we have been kind of depressed. Even at work, we kind of talk about things. But I just want to tell everybody that if, if you go forward here and you hear us having some fun and making fun of things, it's just because we want to have fun, Eric. That's all. I, I want everybody to start having some more fun with these books because even when people talk to me, they're just like, oh, man, these books are depressing me. And then I get more depressed. So from here on out, now we've already already recorded this show so i can tell you that eric it, it's a fun fest all we, right. we are not negative at all going I was, forward i was worried for a second yeah so everybody let's enjoy some things but if you want to find us all around the internet so you can go to what i told you our website is weirdsciencedccomics.com we're also on twitter at w or weird science dc I was getting it mixed up with the Marvel one, as I always do. Weird Science DC on Twitter, where if you follow us, we'll follow you back. You can talk to us about things, including hashtag having fun back. with the books. Eric having fun. Hashtag fallback. And also, Ain't you know, no we have back, a bunch of things going on. We can talk about that James Tynan is on the Batman book after Tom King, all that fun stuff and all that. But we also have a Patreon account. If you like what you hear tonight Uh-oh. and you want more. It's not just supporting us blindly. Eric's blind, but he doesn't support anyone, including Jess, when she doesn't really deserve it anyway. But if you want to get, I know that's all you do. If you want to end up getting more shows, a lot more shows, go over to patreon.com slash weird science, including I had my uh, news show today where I did talk about James Kine and being on Batman. It was okay. Yeah, uh, I know you listened, right? Yeah. I'm, I mentioned it. Yeah, quick draw yeah. McGraw here. Yeah, yeah what? You, you're going to end up, and you would be probably amazed when I tell you this because it, it is kind of shocking. Next week will be my 100th episode of that show I, i'm just guessing oh i'm just guessing you're waiting the marathon them once i have enough shows i just haven't uh, gotten yeah. there yet you just did oh, it, I, Jim. I ended up talking about you quite some a bit i made some jokes at myself about being short and then said you would appreciate that and also sang the my buddy song for you eric and you'll never hear that you'll never Why hear you that? that i listen to each and every episode of the news yeah yeah you do do you what what did i say about the far side today the far I side told was you, in i the didn't news. listen to this episode oh. yet because you just did it i haven't had time oh. jim cut me some slack man touche 
That's what I say to you. But you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Listen to that newest program. It's DC, Marvel, and indie comic news, it is. Uh, But also, every week we do a DC comic spotlight. And this week's Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Fresh Star, or the Get Fresh Crow. See, I'm getting these. I have too much things to say. (laughs) Uh, Was Lex Luthor, Year of the Villain, number one, and Flash Forward, number one. So one of the really big books. And also, in that Year of the Villain, Lex Luthor, Eric has a theory that may blow the lid off of everything. <gasps> oh, shit. He just may have blown the lid off of everything. We I'm also intrigued. have other spotlights, including the indie comic spotlight, where this week we did the G.I. Joe number one from IDW. Eric is not blowing the lid off of anything in that one. Neither we had story. some fun. We ended up giving each other our G.I. Joe code names. I say each other. I gave us both. I christened Eric Fatass. I'm old fuck. So there you go. That's Quite our GI Joe names there. Short fuse. But we have to salute some people here, Eric. This is already getting too long. I have to salute some people. They are the badasses, and this is here we the go. badass roll call. <laughs> I don't even have it up, Eric. And I'm, I'm starting it. Here we I go. I like to live on the edge. Living on the edge. Yo, zip it up, yo. We have Rob Lewis, Bertle Akachuk, Dalton Needham, Christian Falls, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, John Jack, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T-Funk, Josh Ramillion, Aldrin Stosia, All New Dave, Batman Beyond, Mark, Eric G, David Fink, Manship, Manship's there, Brandy Murray, Bobby Payne, Reggie Hancock, Admiral Whiskers. He has joined us as a badass. Awesome. All right, Forrest Polly, Tony Walton has joined us. Joey Bear, Costco, Ron Saunders, Joseph Watch, Sick Comic Book Rocky, D-Man 3000, Carlos, Ian, Brian King, Jolly Drew. You see how relaxed I am, Eric, that I know that I, I have it made in the shade. My man Pete from NYC, Polly P, Fab Five Freddy, Cellar Dweller Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem Double A Ron Simon, Taylor Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Lone Wolf Marvin, Ruben. There you go, Eric. I know it. Made in the shade. I, I did get nervous by the I end there. Now it's going too long, Eric. It's going There's too long. That people. means more people have to become badasses to cause more and more trouble. And you, you didn't realize that was one of the bonuses of being a badass is to have me butcher you in the roll call. I mean, really, have you lived until the roll call has been butchered by you with your name? <laughs> because I did mess up at one point that threw me way off, but nobody will ever know why or how, Eric. You'll never guess. Was it Ron what Saunders? It was. No, it was not. Okay. I got Ron Saunders. He told me to just say Ron Saunders. It was not that. It was something earlier that really threw me off. But that are that are the badasses. Holy! That's the badasses. Thanks, everybody. And thanks, everybody, who does support us on the Patreon. Get the we show really on the road. appreciate all of that. And, Eric, let's get the show on the road and get off to those books.
With the reviews, Eric, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in quite some time now uh, about the books, right? It's been like seven weeks, it seems. Uh, but we're we, here. We just kind of talked right before this for the intro, but yeah, whatever, we man. we did. That wasn't the books, though. <gasps> you know, we might have had some spotlights and things since that. But uh, <laughs> we ended up having that abbreviated podcast last week. Well, here we are back with a big one and ready to go. We have a bunch of big books tonight. And we're going to start with something pretty cool. But before that, I want to tell every single one of you listening right now that if you want to read the reviews for these books, including this first one, <laughs> Justice League, that I did the review for, Eric. Oh, my. That oh. is that's self-advertising is, is what they call that on Wall Street, right? On Wall Street. Uh, go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com. Just just sit back and enjoy the ride, Eric. That's all I'm telling you. Just just get ready. All right. Get ready. You know, when, if you were going to sit back and enjoy the ride, it, basically maybe if it was to, say, South Carolina, and it was going to take you 13 uh-huh. hours, would you prefer to be in the front seat or the back seat while you sit back and enjoy front the ride. Seat. Would you like the front seat? Are you one of those guys that the back seat gets you sick? You get the, the seasick? Is that what happens? Not only that, I'm I'm a big guy and I don't want to be crammed Ooh, in with a bunch of other a people. big guy are you? So right there in yeah. the front. But what happened if there's another big guy, you know, say like an Andre the Giant sitting behind you in the back and he needs you to scoot up. Then it wouldn't be so good, would it? Andre, so there you, you go. over to the driver's side with and, Jim and, as you got plenty no, of room No, no, no. That's where he's keeping his, you know, 500 six packs of beer that he's going to drink in the next half hour. He, he was quite <laughs> the drinker, Andre the Giant. Uh, so that's, you, op- that's open container. Wall right there. What are you doing, Andre? You're going to get us fucking well, busted. Yeah, that's, well, he doesn't care. What the hell does he care? He's dead, Eric. He doesn't give a crap. Oh, no. Zombie it Andre. Is, it is the, actually, it's just the ghost of Andre that's going on our road trip with us. And right now, I need that, that TV show. It's me, you, and the ghost of Andre the Giant. How's he drinking this beer? He doesn't have a body, it's Jim. It's ghost beer. He's Eric just is what beer it is. Everywhere. You know what his favorite thing to put on food is? The ghost pepper. <laughs> Oh my, Eric, I got the rim shot back. Aren't you glad about that? Well, you can go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read the reviews to all these books we're going to talk about, plus many, many, many more. Oh my, Eric, he ended up last week, is a joke. he ended up buying uh, a couple envelopes and some stamps to mail those in. Oh my! But yes, there we go. Eric. What are you saying about my reviews? <laughs> I'm not saying anything about them. Oh, my goodness. Eric Shea. There you go. Breaking news. I have not read a review of yours in years. And, and same vice versa. I know. Well, is that our vice yeah. versa? I'm Fred Savage, by the way, in that scenario. But we're here to talk about books. I will mention it, everybody. We will spoil the shit out of all of these books. So if you 
aren't aware of that up to now, uh, there's a warning to the, you know, five people who may have joined us anew this week. And I did tell you, though, we ended up having that hour podcast last week, a little over an hour. And um, we went through some books, including The Flash, Eric. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but we did yeah. review The Flash. Just we'll, remember that. We'll for, hear about for that the in section. the mail. Um, we ended up getting a lot more downloads than usual for this hour podcast. It's starting right. to make me worry or wonder. Thought that would happen. Yeah. And this is kind of a, a tug of war that we're doing over at the Marvel podcast as well. You know, trying to get that, you know, perfect time of the deal. I think that the problem is I don't think that people would be so against, say, a three hour podcast for I think once you get to four, it gets a little nonsense for some people. But what I do think is we have been known to have 13 hour podcasts. Now, that's two two years ago. It, it's quite some time. It's since like 2017. Yeah, I'm telling you, it, it, it's a while back. back. But the problem is. If you are going with that and that's why you didn't listen to us, I don't know that you're going to come back each week and check the time. You know, you just saw those are the guys that do that. And I think that maybe that hour kind of shocked the system and people came back. Well, welcome to to the podcast. If that's one of you out there that are liking the smaller podcast, this is not going to be so small. Uh, Something that Jess really wishes was the case every Friday night because that is your love making night I heard but we're going to start the podcast proper <laughs> here Eric, with the talking. I don't know I ended up taking my medicine late again I'm sorry this is just what happens I, I'm a man who's learning podcast, little I'm helper. learning how to get through life one pill at a time Eric and, and it's really and that's my favorite show so you're one, just like most one of America pill at a time, one pill at a time ba, 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 ba. yeah really I am like most of America unfortunately uh, a, a man who went through his life pretty much the most anti-drug of anybody and really didn't like people giving me these kind of caveats or these little editor's notes like well you know I do take this that and the other thing but it is prescribed and I do this I do that I need a little extra help stuff like that I thought that was nonsense until now eric i i realized that's not yeah. nonsense actually it is it's just i am uh i'm just nonsense now incarnate. you're the one with the caveat yeah i am that's why i want to be jim caveat is, is my new name and and that guy's a real drug addict i i don't know if you realize he's a, he's a real <laughs> scumbag that guy oh i realize oh, he is a scumbag ah uh, yes justice league number 32 eric here we go are you in the front seat do you do you like to wear your seat belt while you're driving, are you one of those guys that just say, you know what? My life isn't so great. The hell with these seatbelts. Is that what you do? Is that what you do? Because <laughs> No, no. Seatbelts aside, that's what I say every morning when I wake up. Uh, yeah, really. My life ain't so great. That's just the next Time step. Time to take a shower. You go in there. You're like <laughs> looking at the bath. You're looking at the razor blades. Maybe they will combine someday for you, but not today. Maybe today will not be the today. day. When, you know, you have that coin that you have. You do a little flipping like your toothpaste. No, another, another caveat for the idea of me sitting up front not wearing a seatbelt Am I in a car that's going to constantly be beeping at me if I don't put that seatbelt well, on? Well, you're in my car. And I will say that when we drive home from work, I like to think that you are being very complimentary to my driving where you don't put the seatbelt on. And I never have seen you grab the oh shit handle. So I would like to say that, that you're happy with that. that. But, <laughs> but the thing is, though, is you're always I mean, while we're going, I'll, I'll do the soundtrack of me and you. I wish I had some sound effects with horns and stuff. But me and you driving. From work to your apartment is a lot of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're always yelling shit like that to me. Ah, watch out, watch out, watch out. <laughs> you're always doing that. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking out the window. 
I have, I have concentration problems. <laughs> I may not. I, I, I should not be behind the wheel is what I, I think. Dr- I'm driver's little helper. Yeah, really. I, I look over. You are legitimately f- faking putting on the, the brake. Ghost white. Yeah, you're braking, ghost braking. <laughs> uh, Justice League number 32, written by Scott Snyder, James Tynan the fourth. Art by Howard Porter, Hi-Fi, and Tom Napolitano. You see, this is the stuff that we avoided last week to get done real quick as I had to go. Ah, yes. It's good to be back, Eric. It's good to be back in Kansas. We continue the battle in space and time between justice and doom. And while I was wary about how we got here and some of the ways we did get there, this issue was bombastic, Eric. Bombastic. (laughs) Bombardment of action and fun. Yeah, in the end, the hunt for the scattered pieces of the totality is a bit of a dead end. But when all seems lost, the Anti-Monitor and Aquaman are there to shift the balance a bit more towards justice than we've seen, you know, lately. And it is about time. It's not not really shifting. It's more, and I said, I said last time we talked about this book, I even told you before we started recording here, that my theory was that obviously Aquaman was not going to be a bad guy. Some people were like, oh, man, he's mind-controlled. He's mind-controlled. It's not him. It's this. I said, no, no, no. I think that the Anti-Monitor and him are on the good side. We're going to find out that they are working on a plan behind the good side. Yeah, the good side. They're the good boy witches. But behind the scenes, <laughs> what they are doing is they are already putting the plan B into effect before the plan A even falls apart. But they know it will fall apart. And in my mind, like a Doctor Strange in the whole Infinity War Endgame stuff, he ended up seeing there's one plan. And the one plan has to be the darkest before the dawn uh, type of deal. That's what I think is going on here. So when we do see Aquaman show up at the end, he ends up saving the day and then saying, listen, everything you've been doing is bullshit. You know, th- th- it's not going to work. But, you know, come with me. We have a separate Hear me, plan. my friends. I am the Aquaman. Oh, and, and the we thing know is, you, Arthur. And that, the that's up. the thing is, I mean, really, he has been dead. And I, I do like the reaction of the Justice Leaguers here, because even though he's been back in his own book, even though we've had yeah, him yeah. on the island of the dead gods and the sea gods and stuff like that. We have been going with the fact that the Justice League does not know that he is alive and also has no idea that Mara killed him, all that nonsense going on. And so I did like that little line when he came back and like, oh, man, I thought you were dead. But really, is he the most pompous guy? This is Ricky Henderson showing up at a party. It's like, hey, who's here at the party? Hey, everybody, it's Ricky Henderson here. And then just walks in. It did seem a little out of, you know, out of the blue and a little over the top. But. I did like this issue. I I did like it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of fighting, a lot of things shifting around a little until you're told they don't matter anyway. But I did like some of the things. And that kind of sucks from my mind when you're going through, because the thing is, I don't mind the past stuff. I'm telling you, when you have uh, John Stewart and Barry Allen teaming up with the JSA to pretty much get the totality and protect Pearl Harbor, I'm like, that's cool. And because when we go to the far future with, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Commandy, and we are dealing with the Justice Legion Alpha and then them being mind controlled, that really doesn't go anywhere. And that fight is just kind of really underwhelming compared to what we're dealing with. I think that they're going to kind of continue that and you'll see what happens there. But with this, I think that what this issue is. It's kind of one of those where we're going to have a a couple situations happen where the explanations of why and how they're going on here are stuff that Snyder and Tynum want to 
kind of set into the rules of what's going on. And I think that it starts at the beginning because even at the beginning, you're like, okay, you have the God's head, you have Lex there. He's manning the bridge like a badass captain. You know, the God's head, yeah, yeah. the Legion of Doom spaceship. Yeah, it's the Legion of Doom deal, which I told you, it was so pushed last issue. Why did they not mention it by name this issue? So, but you're there <laughs> and he's getting attacked by Thanagarian Prime, the Thanagarian Prime army, you know, or... I guess, Air Force, Space Force, they're attacking the ship, you know, and they're shooting it. And I think that what Snyder and Tynum want you to see in this is is not just like, hey, look, a cool space battle. It is kind of throwing the idea of, okay, there's Shira and all the Thanagar Prime. That kind of ties back. But I think it's supposed to really be there to say, like, look – the God's head, it, it can't be destroyed. You're not going to be able to just shoot it down. I think that that's going to serve us later. The deflector uh, yeah, shields are and, way too powerful are. for and, that, and right? And so I think that that's like one of those. So later when there's fights and battles, people aren't like, why didn't they just shoot at it? Well, we're seeing that it's pretty much unsinkable, undestroyable Where's this exhaust port at? I don't know. You got to find that. What I do want to know is, and I not even know, what I want to tell, I want to send out, you know, because we all know Thanagar Prime is a real place. I, I just want to tell him, listen, the nth metal, and I don't know if you've heard, I know you're way out in space, but it, it's kind of a rare resource. And so you don't need to keep making bullets and things with it. This is like you, you're making. Well, that's the thing is the whole idea when they have the idea, we have the, you know, the Thanagarians coming in trying to take out the Godhead ships. Like, all right, it's time to charge up the nth metal cannon. I'm like, just because you put nth metal in front of this yeah. does not make it more important no. in my mind. And so, but what, what this ends up being is, I just think the cannon's nth metal it's, and it just shoots uh, yeah, like really, It's like, yeah, the, the cannon. Hey, how did it go? Well, it didn't blow up, but we still just shot the blast. Uh, I, I end up, it's like really like a lot of the things recently at DC and especially like New Age of Heroes stuff and, and even a little bit of this whole story. It does seem to be trying to get a Marvel type feel to it. And that nth metal just seems like, okay, where well, that's either their vibranium or their animanium or, you know, that it, it just seems silly now that you're using it as cannons and things when there's been times when we're told that there's none left, you can't get any, and they're just shooting willy nilly with this stuff. Um, but that's just an aside. And really, to me, that is supposed to be. The be all end all of oh no if nth metal can't get through this nothing can and charge up the element X yeah, cannon oh I'm telling you keep going where's the Batmanium <laughs> cannon can we get that that Batmanium the eleven C's cannon oh my so yeah that doesn't work and then Shire is like I'm gonna send the word back to the Justice League on Earth. That, you know, Lex can't be brought down. And then you even have, hey, Lex. What, what, what is she doing here in the Promethean galaxy like this whole thing? Because from what I learned from Superman this week, Superman's going to go back to Earth and give the, you know, the general of the Thanagarian army to his best to, you know, Shira and Carter, well, Katar all This is the on thing, Earth. Eric. What you don't realize is when she says, I'm going to send the message, she's actually jotting it down on a notepad and then she's going to personally uh-huh. deliver it to Earth. That's why she's oh, there. Snail mail is the worst. That's why she's there. No, that's hawk mail. <laughs> Is what it's called here. Uh, but yeah, so the whole idea is you have Lex there and they're like, you know, hey, you know, the leader of the Thanagar fleet, she's sending a message, uh, you know, off to the Justice League about how good we are. Do you want to intercept it? Do you want to disable it? No, no. Let them tell them how kick-ass we are and then they'll know that their battle is futile and it's okay. I mean, it's, it's kind of like this cold yeah, it open. It works for me, just the idea that, you know, do you want us to scramble the message so they can't do it? No. I want everybody yeah, on Earth to get 
like this guy. message so they can realize i'm telling you the ego on lexi i'm like i really yeah. dig this part of the book the idea like no nothing that anybody can do at this point the thanagarian prime army whatever Ain't nobody got shit on the no. godhead, baby. and they don't have shit on it. And I can also see Lexus Doom. like, we're going to amplify it. Because right today, I don't know if you realize, it's Unity Day. And I'm really sick of these hashtags they are going out. I need <laughs> this message to go out there. So, something has to, you know, ruin this damn Unity Day. Uh, but yeah, he's there. He's got his hands behind his back, looking out kind of like Jimmy at our work, the insane guy. So really, once you see a guy who is standing like that, insane. Eric, but you get a call then from the Justice League or the Doom, Legion of Doom, uh, Sinestro, Cheetah, Gorilla Grodd, and uh, Brainiac. And you have them saying like, hey, and they go in turn. And it is funny because Brainiac's just by himself in the future, the other in the past. And they're like, okay, we're doing what you wanted to do. You know, we're, we're, you know, doing this Pearl Harbor attack. We think that we might be able to find this totality. We're still working on it. But you have given us these dark energies. And with that, we can kind of feel the, you know, time kind of ripping apart. I mean, we were bad. But we're, like, we're not what, evil. What are we doing here, Lex? Yeah, and they're like, we, should we keep going? Because shit might I, I go wrong. I kind of want to come home to a present that I recognize yeah. after I do all this damage back in 1941. Yeah, and, and it's Cheetah. Cheetah's like, I really don't like, I don't know if you've heard this, but the way we're going, you're kind of going to make the Nazis rule. And I don't think they like Cheetah people. I've never I'm heard them say that. I'm a bad yeah, guy, I, I, but yeah, I don't want really. them to win. And I'm telling you, I, she's like, I, I think that they might not like cheetahs as people i I just that's just something it's a little nitpick that i think that they kind of have their own version of who they think should continue on i've never seen it be cheetahs we we go back cheetah people gorilla people and purple skin people yeah i don't think they're down with that i don't think that the nazis are down with this i don't know what you're doing here and it's one of those things that it's not fully spelled out like that it's not a good future it's not it's not really spelled out so much like that but i think it is one of those where it's like hey we're with you with doom but nazis like really like these these guys are real bad and that's where lex this is the next part that i said i think that you're getting some rules you're getting some things set up that we have we have had this hyper time being thrown in here almost willy-nilly at points i mean even the stuff that brainiac was doing where he was bottling hyper time that was just thrown at us it never was really explained you know we do have the idea that perpetual was dealing more of she's a multiverse type deal but in this lex does you know rest assured people that anything you do we're going to be able to decide what goes forward. You you could end up blowing up the world probably, and you know you have perpetual who can hypertime who problems. can deal with hypertime and kind of pick and choose what she wants to do, kind of like a new fifty two being put back together. But that's what she can do. Es- essentially, though. We're going to go back. We're going to get to totality. And any, any damage we do, that becomes a hyper time yeah. problem. We're going to come back with just what we yeah, want to we come back to come the back. present day. And, but he does spell out that it does have the possibility. I, obviously, it's not going to go full out deal with this. But there is the possibility that through this hyper time, she is able to pick and choose what she wants to go forward or doesn't want to go forward. Yeah. But again, this is going to go forward the way we know. you know, And that is that was one of my biggest is nitpicks. Way for the JSA? Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Are they going to end up kind of out of hyper time when this happens? That's why they – we don't know. But this 
this was my big no. nitpick last issue where I said, boy, you went too far, Tynan and Snyder, with this idea of crazy ass Sinestro leading the Japanese zeros to Pearl Harbor. I'm like, this is way <laughs> over the top with this big grin on his face. But we see now that it is kind of the, you know, you have the way out. It's isolated. You yeah. don't have to worry about it. It is isolated. Now, while this is going on, I do also want to see how and why you can have this happening. Because in my mind, you would end up having these holograms from the past. Shouldn't they be sitting down in these cockpits of the planes? Because they are at this point in the planes. But, you know, I guess that that's their, they, they have a way of uh, kind of making a different it's the deal. mental image I of know, themselves. I'm just saying, I wish that they were sitting down especially like cheetah she doesn't have a lot of imagination there she's just sitting there but yeah you have that and it's funny too because then you have you know just a cross-armed uh brainiac who's just like all right and he even says and this is where he spells it out yeah i pulled out these hyper i got a lot of bottling to do guys i don't got time for this can we move this along he's like listen you know like my grandmother used to bottle a lot of jelly i'm bottling hyper time we're doing this but i do like that he throws in just that little bit of you know i did use perpetuous hyper time you know things we're we're not going to get it you have to go with that but at least it's addressed that the way that he is getting the hyper time is based on i know you do but that's funny is it's almost like you have a brainiac who is he doing like what you would do like you are a collector and in that means i mean you're a child and you love you would collect the hyper time even though you hate it you bottle it down you put it there but yeah at least that spells maybe if i start collecting it and bottling up i may be able to understand it completely by the end of my collection there you go no what would happen though you'd get hyper time and it would really drive you nuts of where to uh put it on the shelf that sort of thing would drive you nuts but yeah (laughs) so so it continues then and you know they go off they say okay you know what because lex pretty much at one point is like you know stop yelling at me uh, you, you keep doing that and then it's over so shut your mouth and they're like all right you know what you have led us to the brink of an unprecedented victory let's go and he goes all right and i like exactly go finish your damn job he walks away but perpetua perpetua basically says all right you know what Things are coming into play. We're going to do this. You know, I, you know, and Lex is still a little where he was worried about Perpetua not being ready, you know, kind of out of the the soup a little too quick. Now she shows that she's a little worried after we kind of saw the last issue and all that Lex does have a weakness that he's not fully ready and things like that. So right. she even spells that out, but it's okay. It's just kind of sitting there, but it is. That- I don't know how I feel. I, I know that we have her Lex is like pretty much all about the idea of doom, whatever Perpetua is going to bring. And she has changed him into this apex predator. But for some reason, just knowing Lex and the ego that he has, when he walks up and says, my liege and bows down, I'm like, that feels weird for yeah, Lex but remember, for some here's reason. The like, thing. yeah, he's not her equal. That is, that is, that is cool to me though, only because, and I, I understand what you're saying. It is anti-Lex. It doesn't seem like Lex, but he has been going beyond this idea. He even says it to Brainiac the page before where he does say, listen, because they're like, what, what's going to stop Perpetua from just, you know, you know, pulling the rug out from us, from Ashton Kutcher punking us at the end here? And he said, it's a thing called faith. It's something. And, and it, it was spelled out before that faith and all this stuff there is something that he's never really had. And, and he has now. And I think this is like as he's going to the apex deal, he is finding a faith. He is finding faith in Perpetua. He is bowing down to her. Right there again is where I think that it's going to end up where he realizes like he's shaken out of this and he's just like, this is bullshit. This isn't me. You know, I'm out. 
How and did you, he become human yeah, again? Really, Hell, yeah. And that's where we got that this week. You got that Lex Luthor one shot, the year of the villain, where he does have the out plan with some human DNA. Uh, I think that that's what ends up happening is, you know, perpetual love. Perpetual, I'm Alexander Luthor Jr. Love, put a shrimp on the Barbie wheels, yeah? And he'll end up going back to that. And that's what we want anyway. But the whole plan for all of everybody in our actual universe right now is to go get the anti-monitor. And that's what Perpetual and Lex are going to do. That's what, you know, part of the Justice League are going to do. Now we do go back. Like Starman yeah. and Mara and Hawker. And we go back to, you know, these other two hyper time realities. And it's just them trying to get the totality. And in the past, you do have this attack on Pearl Harbor. You see our heroes doing their best to save as many people as they can, but we're also told in this that Grodd is mind controlling them and the turtle is using the still force so they're not moving around. Like a lot of things are all the American soldiers are stuck while the Japanese are being, you know, controlled by Grodd. That's the whole thing. This whole idea with Grodd being, you know, the telepathic ape who can take control of your mind, but also having the still force baby of the turtle. I'm like, he is a powered up ape at this point. Yeah. All right. You are stuck. You're under my control over here and, you know, and also that is I his, got the strength of an ape. We're going to pick some heavy shit yeah. up over here just because. Yeah, and his continuing powers you know, being amplified by uh, Lex. And it's funny too because I'd love to think they're like, okay, Grodd, you're going to control the Japanese, all right? And the Japanese are there. They're like, all right, we're about to bomb Pearl Harbor. I can't wait to take it to those Americans. We're going to do it. And then all of a sudden, Grodd's like mind controlling. What do you want us to do? Uh, go attack Pearl Harbor, take it to those Americans. Like, it doesn't really change for them. Done they're done. just doing it. They're like, okay. And then they go off. Essentially, in my mind, the taking over is the whole idea. It's like, look, we're going to come in here with a gorilla and a plane, a cheetah and a plane, and a guy with a construct plane. Don't shoot us yeah, down. We're yeah. with you guys. Don't shoot us. Okay. We're there. Just shoot at those, you know, drop bombs at, at the boats. And you, you end up finding out that the totality is in the Hail Mary, a, you know, secret aircraft carrier type deal that it's hidden in there. So they do find it out. You do end up with Dr. Fate is there kind of hovering above the battle. And he does. Sense. Oh, he does. He looks great. And, and here's the thing. I was going to put in the beginning of my blurb about how I'm a, a Howard Porter fan and you're not much of a fan. I took it out because I figured we'll we'll leave that for the review and stuff like that. I really yeah. like the art in this. I, I thought that he did a really good job with a lot I, of it. I'm back and forth yeah. for a lot of it. I'm telling you, like that, that scene seems, where the, the Legion awful. I'll tell you that. His, his, his face looks just ridiculous, but you, you don't like the other stuff either? Like when the Legion of Doom go and like, you know, make that like where you said where Gorilla Grodd to me like has his hand on that molten yeah, steel yeah. and everything. They look weird. Like Sinestro looks odd there. I'm telling you, it, it goes back and forth where I really end up liking a lot of what he's doing. And then I come across something where I'm like, ugh, that could be better well, in my mind. It, but overall, it's not the, it's not a deal breaker for no. me with this book because it's Howard Porter art. Yeah. It's not the biggest yeah, you're fan. Not the but biggest like fan. Said, I said before, that Doctor Fate looks amazing. It's funny too, while you go through this, take, take notice that it does look like, you know, you have Howard Porter on this. And as he's drawing it, it almost seems to me like this is pretty much, you know, the JSA returning. What's going on here should be how they return. He does seem to take a little extra special care with those characters as you go, almost like, okay, they're just coming back. I want to make them look awesome. Like the hell with the Justice Legion. No, even, yeah, I'm telling you, we yeah, don't nobody need needs them, and they're in <laughs> little panels. And it it is funny. When you end up here where I thought, oh, man, this this past is way more interesting to me 
than the future with yeah, Kamandi. Well. So when you end up having the past, you know, you have full pages, whatever. Once you get to the future, it's these big spread the pages. The smallest and damn the smallest panels you've ever panels. seen. I'm like, let's get rid of this. Let's get done. I had to bring the magnifier out there. Yeah. Look at those yeah, goddamn I'm telling panels. You, it was like that. But yeah, Dr. Fate can sense where the fragment is where the totality, totality fragment is, yeah. is he's like you know and then starman ends up calling them all on the telephone hey everybody it's in what, the hail what mary this, what is this telephone that starman is know. calling everybody on how is anybody getting the freaking call no they, they got the earpieces but yeah they're gonna go off starman here they're gonna go off <laughs> yeah really they're gonna go <laughs> off get and phone? get the totality there so then we go into the future and again the future is not that interesting to me and it seems like it's no, not either. that interesting to snyder or tynan either because they really want to get through this at least get through this in this issue so that maybe we can center on it a little more in the next issue because you end up just having the controlled you know justice league from the future the justice legion justice a. legion alpha yeah justice legion a as they call it and uh they're there you know we are controlled we're gonna get you and again it ends up being pretty much the lasso of truth where this is the hey this is the side way anymore. and it's weird it's a side thing we've seen before and we didn't like it before either but it's that side way of showing somebody that they're being controlled because the truth is they shouldn't be and things like that it gets a True. little gets a little wonky especially with a robot but you end up where it is the last one there and you have android. Yeah, an android and like <laughs> i am he's made got a world of, of diamond him, generation so our man gets the lasso realizes that he is kind of being controlled but basically it's just overriding the protocols he is the one that is controlling all the rest as well he's the hub and uh, they all break yeah. out of the control and they break out of the control like oh man thanks a lot I have a bond with you Cal L and you too Diana and they just keep going with that and they're going to beat up all these robots and Brainiac goes and ruins their days but I've bottled all this hyper time and you guys he might be the Just Legion Alpha and the Just League whatever I have all of these bottled like civilization with hundreds of years of advanced uh, like societies and stuff like that, I have just used this technology to make myself dun 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 Brainiac, Brainiac one million. One like, million. Right. Yeah. He, he's essentially seems like that Brainiac god we got in Convergence. Yeah, that's like, what it looked like. That. That's what it looked like exactly. Um, but yeah, that'll continue. So, and and I'll tell you, this is one of those books that I don't know. Some people seem to like this. I don't. I hate when you get a book that has three cliffhangers. It drives me nuts because I think I'm done. I mean, we get it with here where it's like, I'm Brainiac, one million, dan, dan, dan. Then you get it again with, and the Justice League you, needs its Aquaman, dan, dan, dan. I, I'm telling you, that, that Brainiac one million part, they're lucky I was just scrolling through because you, I really I thought that was the you end of the freaking stopped. issue because – I, I just kept paging with my finger going down. I'm like, oh, there's another page. Look at that. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for at the bottom of that next Brainiac, uh, you That's know, zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, we're done. Oh, we're not done. Then you page a couple. Like, I'm Aquaman. All right, I'm done. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Dun, and that, dun, dun, I'm the anti monitor. <laughs> oh, still going. Three cliffhanger. Dun, dun, <laughs> like, oh, dun. my. The- and I choose justice. Yes, yes. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. What a Christ. whirlwind of emotions going through yes. here. Roller coaster. Keep it going. Was. 
up and down. You never know what it's going to stop. Yeah, so back in the past, we finish up the <laughs> we finish up the JSA with the Justice League trying to get this totality in much. the Hail Mary ship, where they do get to it. But then you have Grodd, Sinestro, Cheetah break through the wall, and they do end up melting the wall. And I, I said earlier that Grodd has amplified powers. He must also have amplified gorilla pads on his hand because he is grabbing molten metal as he goes through. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's bad. And it is funny that you say the idea of them looking off. Now, he, Howard Porter is making them all have the sinister stare as they go through that. And what makes me laugh, including Baby Turtle, who is looking at you with the sinister baby stare. Baby Turtle is menacing Oh, as my hell. God. Look at him. That's the look that I believe. I trust that baby. No, no, he just shit his pants is what happened, Eric. He, he just needs, needs a, a changey. <laughs> baby Turtle made boom boom. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to have that. And it looks like you have the idea of, oh, man, they, they lost again. There they go. They they got all the way to this totality. All this is going on. And the minute they oh, did, no. it's going to be, you know, taken away. Aquaman um, and a giant squid yes. shows yeah. up. All right. The day is saved. And that's the worst part of this whole thing is where – not the worst part of the whole thing. That's over-exaggeration. But the idea that we have this weird thing. We saw Aquaman jump into that – but we didn't know he was Aquaman. Jump into that time portal where we had separated our heroes to go to the future and the past. And this mystery figure who was Aquaman jumped into the portal, shut all of that down. Yeah. And then last issue, we see Aquaman reveal himself on the edge of the universe with Anti-Monitor. But now he's back in 1941. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just I I got the idea that maybe if we went back, they would kind of spell out that it was a time and space portal, and then when he jumped through the anti monitor, this took place before. That last time we saw him. Yeah, I'm just saying that now that what that that issue or this issue or we end up. I'm saying that this took place before him on the edge of yeah, the I universe, don't know. but then it doesn't work yeah, out I don't because know. you I, have the anti monitor. I'm gonna work with my brothers. Well, remember, here. he went to the anti monitor, and then the anti monitor was like, "Oh, are you still with the plan?" And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, man, when they get here at the edge of the universe, they're not going to know what hit them. They're not going to believe it. I guess this was part of the plan. And then the anti-monitor sent him back. I, I don't know. It is a little odd that he jumped through a portal that sent our heroes in, in the future and the past. And he, he took a detour first over to the edge of the universe. But, hey, then that's the place to be, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so they end up there about to take place that. To the be. doom's <laughs> about to take the totality. And that's where Aquaman comes in and saves him. And then basically says, listen. This totality stuff's nonsense. It's a dead end. It's not going to work. Doom's going to win this round, whatever. But come with me. You know, we'll we'll figure this out and we'll we'll. I just deal like with the it. idea. Aquaman shows up. Hey, Aquaman, what do you want us to do with the totality? We're going to have to go to Atlantis and we're going to have to get there. It's like you one trick pony. Yep, right to Atlantis. There he is. He's got his tattoos. The though. final battle has begun. Yep. Atlantis. Yeah. So he's heading to Atlantis with our group there. Uh, you do end up in the future, like you said. You have Brainiac One Million. He's about to attack our our you know our heroes. In the meantime, I saw some people like really spelling out like Kamandi was the hero. Hero of the issue that Kamandi was the one who did all that. I'm like, really? Like they handed him the totality. That's about all it was. All Here you that, go, kid. All that Kamandi was involved with was like, man, I'm the the last boy on Earth, and that's a bunch of pile of crap. And then I come here, and it's even I'm worse. Telling you, come. Commander here shows up. He's like, yo, guys, um, being the last boy on the world and everything like that, I got to tell you, this fight's over. We should run the hell <laughs> yeah. out of here now. This is not working. He, Sh- quiet down, last boy. We yeah, have things really. to do. He's a negative Nancy, that last boy. Go, go stand in the corner for a while. You've you got time out. Yeah. They're like, he's like, listen, I'm the last boy, and the, you know, and it, it never worked out. Everything sucks. I'd like to keep that. Keep and it that way. And he's like, it stinks, and it's whatever. And like, 
And I can see why you're the last boy. Nobody wants to get with you there. Freaking Kamandi, <laughs> you big negative <laughs> asshole. Uh, but she, you have Wonder Woman give like the big speech. I'd like to live to be the last man, though, yeah, if really, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, really. Can we get out he of here? wants to be. You know what I'm saying there, Wonder Woman? And so she ends oh, no. up giving him the totality that he does hold very, like, he's caressing it in there. Well, he's got it. I mean, look at him. He ain't letting it go. It, he actually, no he's acting there. it like, yeah, really, he is acting like that or like it is Baby Turtle. Uh, and there's where Wonder Woman starts giving the big talk, like the big, you know, speech where everybody's posing in very odd ways behind here because this speech it, it takes a while. You know, this isn't just, let's go, guys. No, this is a big speech. And I'd love to see the supermen are just hovering there. They're kind of making the capes go up while this is going on. But I will. Our man's looking at his watch. I will tell you one thing, too. And it makes me laugh because it's not something that I mind. But I was a big fan of Justice League 3000. And when you had Justice League 3000, Howard Porter was on art. And I remember that's where I first saw Howard Porter art. And I really liked it. And I even he ended up becoming friends with us uh, because I defended him because people criticized that he drew Wonder Woman looking like a bulldog. Kind of returns yeah. here. She does look like in that panel. She she has that Just League 3000 look. She's mad, though. That's why. She's a mad bulldog. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the whole thing ends, like we said, where you end up with Perpetua and Luther going to the edge of the universe to get the long-lost son, the Anti-Monitor, and her acting as if... This is a done deal. Once we get here, I'll get my son. Oh, he is always down with some, you know, ultraviolence. He loves he doing shit. He started a crisis for Christ's yeah, sake. Come I mean, on. Really. This, was a, this one's locked. Back hey, in high up, school, boy? he uh, was in Doom I, Club. I choose my brothers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, he hates his brothers. I mean, every dinner time, they were always fighting. He couldn't stand them. Hey, hey, what's going on there, Antimonor? Your mama's here. Yeah, I don't like your mama. I'm out. Have a mama. And he's like, I'm with them. I'm going to, you know, go. And me and my brothers are now going to bring you down. And that's where we have the da, da, da at the end. Where we have him and that giant gun. uh, Hey, that's the monitor gun, right? That's what people have nowadays. Extreme, Eric. (laughs) He's the old monitor. He's now. I I was just going to say something. I would love him to spell his name different to make it like more extreme. Can you put an X in there anywhere? I I don't think it would work, but I want anywhere to anti-monitor anti-monitor. X, but yeah, he's there with the World Forger, the Monitor. You got Starman, you got the Hawk Girl, Hawk. But yet, you don't have Shane. Shane is nowhere no. to be found. Did they leave him back Let's in the ship? They, yeah, really, he might be. He's he's a youngin. But uh, I I actually thought at one point, and I told you that it would have made me laugh because you do pretty much rest assured this is the you know the Anti Monitor. I don't think there's a twist, but the twist could have been if we played it a different way that this was a ruse that this was actually Shane shape-shifting using his uh Martian DNA to shape-shift just to he could even use his you know Martian you know like telepathy yeah, to make yeah, it look like that. he was it would have been a kind but... of a cool twist if if you did find out like they're like oh well I guess we'll leave now since we don't have the anti-monitor and then they leave and it's Shane he's like all right and then they say let's go get the anti-monitor but I don't think that's the case we're moving forward with this I like this issue uh yeah yeah, we're having fun like we we try to do um i liked it i liked that you got some answers and and they were answers like kind of just thrown in there somewhat naturally the idea of like hey you know the hyper time thing and, and all that how the ship it can't be damaged all this stuff and as they go on the only thing that you can say is we spent a lot of time dealing with 
going back in time, going forward in time, just for Aquaman to show up and basically say this is bullshit. It's not going to work. Uh, and you know, really quickly time having to go to the, Atlantis, everyone. And and I do want to bring out the fact too that I was really upset when they said, "Okay, you're going to go back in time." You're going to go forward in time. This is going to be great. You're going to get the totality pieces. You're going to come back. We're going to have everything. Oh, by the way, we're also going to get the anti-monitor. And I said, that seemed to be the big thing. That was the big wild card that we weren't sure of. We never see them get him here. You know, you do get him by the end, but it's just yeah. thrown in there. They just show up. Now, saying, it seems odd for what we had last issue with him on the edge of the universe, talking to Aquaman about him choosing sides of it just to have the antimatter. Um, I'm on this side. Yeah, Aquaman's I, back I in actually the past got the idea that they were doing this thing. And it was like one of those where they were huddled up there and they're like, okay, you go down to the third car, the red car, you go left and I'm going to go there and you end up in the, you know, the, the world war two. And I'm going to go and find the justice league since they're looking it seems that with this the way it seems spelled out it's a weird deal that the anti-monitor especially with what he said to aquaman and then what aquaman says when he shows up with the justice league in the past that there's something going on where the anti-monitor pretty much knows everything of what's going to go down how it's going to go down and all that stuff with uh you know how this goes and it seems it does seem a little forced by the end i still like it plus we didn't even mention my favorite scene where you ended up having the sharks and the dolphins save all of the soldiers. And while I was looking at really, it, I'm that's like, your favorite scene? No, I'm looking at it. Every one of them looks like that Jimmy John's guy on top of that shark. I'm like, this looks too sexy. <laughs> They're all sexy yeah, there. That's what you're talking about. I know, but it, it just it threw me off though. What two things of the scene of the beach threw me off. Just it looked ridiculous with these sharks because it did end up not looking like the sharks and the dolphins were helping, but the people were walking the sharks and the dolphins out of the water. The art was a little off, but I really liked uh, uh, Wildcat in his costume, uh, just hanging out on the beach. The whole issue that made me laugh. Just thinking of him on the beach with that costume. He's got to be hot as shit there. Um, but yeah, sand all up in his fur. Yeah, really. That's what happens. But yeah, and really, really, that whole beach is is his litter box eric you know that oh, you know he's shitting all over that beach ted yeah you know what you are ted, Get to the bathroom. You're, you're human you're not really a cat you have a costume there buddy meow <laughs> meow <laughs> that's what he says uh but yeah i give an 8.5 on the site i'm sticking with it i actually like this i actually liked it for the excitement of the battle right. i like the art i like kind of the excitement I, i'm just not getting this type of excitement in other books and i'm getting i'll tell you and that might be the fact that i'm rating it a little higher just because I'm getting something from this that I'm not getting from a lot of other books that just seem to be like, you know, dismal, just sitting around doing nothing. And, you know, this is at least exciting. I think you're going to give it a seven. But what are you going to give it? I'm giving this a seven out of ten. I enjoyed it as well. But <laughs> but, but. The, the art was a mixed bag for me going back and forth. And so the stuff with Aquaman showing up just felt weird for what we had last issue. And then, you know, the anti-monitor, which is it could be a ruse at the end and not be the anti-monitor. But him being at the edge of the universe and just like, hey, here's the rest of the Justice League. And I'm with those guys. I'm like, that feels weird and out of nowhere. And all the stuff with the Justice League, like uh, Justice Legion Alpha in the future it was very underwhelming in my mind. Like, it I, didn't is. Care I think about that was more set up for next run. issue. So we'll see how they fight. But again, yeah. next issue, I might, it might burn me where next issue, we just have basically Aquaman or, you know, or somebody showing up the whole team with the anti-monitor just to take down Brainiac 1 million. And then I'll be pissed. But if we get a little more of that, it does seem like they're just going to send Kamandi away. Like, shoo him away through space and time. I don't even know why he came with him. I don't know. He wanted to be the last boy in the future. That's just 
thing. It's his brand. He's trying to push that brand into the future. I have no idea. I really don't. But uh, that's that, Eric. So you say seven. Is that your final answer? Is it? Is that, that is my final answer. That is your final answer. But we're going to move on to the next book. And what is the next book, Eric? Superman number 15, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, Eau Claire Albert, Brandon Peterson, Doc Shaner, Alex Sinclair, and Dave Sharp. The galaxy has come together as one to end all the turmoil that's apparently been going on out there in space, and because of that, the Legion of Superheroes have come back in time to offer John Kent a place in the future with them, which... Don't need about a day to think about. Beyond that, though, we don't do much with this issue besides for quickly get rid of Jor-El as he's executed for his crimes against time and space while Superman barely emits any emotion about the situation. Yeah, and I, I saw some people tweeting about this, and then, of course, I got involved with arguing with them. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's the way things go. Toxic. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, my regular Friday <laughs> what, what, night. These people are liking what? shit. Not on my Somebody watch. smiling? <laughs> Not on my watch. I, you know, here comes Jim to the rescue. Let me turn that smile. Upside smile. And how do you say it, Eric? There's no rhyme for that. Upside down? Yeah, but that doesn't rhyme with smile. Uh, But yeah, here you go, where you end up where they were saying, yeah, smile, smile. I'm on the case. You know, here we go. World's miserablest detective has just arrived, uh, where they're like, the feels. Oh, man, the feels. Um, Feels. Uh, so I didn't read this until today. So, I, you know, I'm, and I'm like, all right, let, yeah, let's yeah. get ready for these feels. I didn't get no feels. Uh, I was waiting for them pretty much. I, I thought that it was down because you didn't get any feels. And it was the idea of a Superman just like, hey, what happened to my dad? Oh, by the way, he's dead. Oh, well, let's move on and, and then let's fly back to Earth. But with that, too. There is such a weird connection in this issue with Superman and Adam Strange out of nowhere. And I can only think that this and this is you mean best buds, best buds. Adam well, Strange this, this, and Superman. This is my weird cynical deal, I guess, is like I don't really know when the Adam Strange Maxi series comes out with Tom, from Tom King. I just get the idea yeah. that some of this is setting that up, that some of this is the idea. Now, I do think, no, I, no I'm saying just that because that's what Bendis likes to do. He does like to try to get to me. Here you go. The idea of, you know, you're saying, why would this, that and the other thing? But Bendis likes to get his hands in everything. So I could just the weird idea of, oh, I was chasing this wood god and monster. And Tom and, King doesn't play with yeah, anybody. But I'm telling you, though, this seems like maybe this is DC saying, just let everybody remember who Adam Strange is throw these little things out there so that because just the idea of how's your family all these things that we have talked about being what we think that tom king adam strange book is going to be about i just forget when it's supposed to happen or if it was even announced when it would yeah, start I, I don't remember. but i think yeah. even if it's going to it, it would have to be the earliest january even if it's like so that's a while away it's just weird it just was really odd for all of a sudden Adam Strange to be this guy who Superman's hugging, that they're having this conversation. So do we go back to the idea that maybe Bendis read one story where Adam Strange and Superman were hanging? Well, he's been using Adam Strange in the background throughout the series. So like he just keeps showing up. But he's always on the side. He's always like a side guy. Like when he came and Earth was swallowed up by the Phantom Zone, things like that. But it was never like this personal with, with Superman. It just seemed odd. It really did. But this is the way we're going to get information of what happened. We're not going to see it. And that's the biggest problem I have. And I think you have with this issue is we have spent 
all of these 15 issues here. Also, the whole Plus Man, the of, Man Steel. of Steel. We spent all this time. And everything we did with Mr. Oz yeah, pre-rebirth leading into that and the mystery of yes. what Jarell so is. So you have the whole thing with Jarell, and then also on top of that, this whole thing with Rogel Czar, which then Rogel Czar, we've had in all of these issues, and Supergirl, all these things going on. So you have two characters in this book that you really have set up things for a year, more than a year now in multiple books, just to end with a conversation of Adam Strange pretty much explaining kind of what happened and how it's going to be for then Superman to run off and see like the last bits of this trial and things like that. And it just seems off where so long, y- you want to go with this Time unity home, day. Everybody. You want to go with this whole idea that Superman is looked at as the greatest thing ever yet on the sly. They are having a trial of his father where he was fully involved. If anything, he should at least be a witness. If not able to kind of be there as a judge, though I said a lot of people had the problems with him being, you know, he should have been one of the judges. He is the son of, yeah, you're not going to allow the son of a guy to be a judge, but well, even the whole idea when, when, when you have the like the idea that Jorel is being tried at this moment, whole th- you know, and Adam Strange comes like they wanted a friend to tell you, uh, Superman. It's like you know your father, he's broken every law of science, physics, time travel. And I love Superman's talk here. It's like, look, you, you don't understand. He comes from a, def- a different oh, yeah. generation here. I'm like it's one of those it's things like where like racist. people who are yeah, racist, that's like, what it is. Oh no, no, it's, it's fine. He comes from another time. No, it doesn't make it fine. No, we and that's the here. best. Is Adam Strange pretty much spells it out then and says. No, no, no. You know, these things that he's doing, they're kind of timeless pieces of shit. Are. Come on. Right? They're, they're timeless. But there. He created a well, monster you just said, that has destroyed planets. You said planets. another thing that was just thrown out there. We, we find out last issue, oh, my God, Rogozar's Kryptonian. He's Kryptonian. Da, 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 oh then here it's just, they made him. But yet all of this lead into this made just happens Rogozar. and ends. But then what about the, but what about what about his, the other people? his prison in between time and yeah. space where Doomsday is being yeah. held right what, now? What about Metallo? What about, what about, what about Cyborg Superman? I mean, he really should be killed. He, he ends up, you know, now, whether the Mr. Oz and Cyborg stuff, Superman, yes. his brother. Yeah, his brother. So he does deserve, you know, something to happen to him. But what about the rest of the circle? What about all those other people? What about all the other people that were involved here? What about the planets that were involved? It ends up just being so easily done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, done. the Tameranian, like he's talking to a Starfire's father who in the Man of Steel series, I'm pretty sure was yeah, a member was of the circle of as well with, you know, Jor-El and Gandello and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, he's just pretty much, I think the rest of the circle now that Gandello is dead is pretty much, because I think you had Sardeth who the, like, you know, Helana's father from Ron as well was a part of the whole thing. Wow. And you know, like, even the, the Guardian we have here, because Ali Ali Apso is part of it. Like, I don't know, look, we need a scapegoat yeah, now. That's Who can no, we this, get that we can scapegoat. Say, like, they don't just need a scapegoat. They need to silence him. This is like the, you know, Jeffrey Epstein all of a sudden showing up dead in his cell. There's some very important people who need Jarrell to be gone and, and erased or else he's going to blab, which he doesn't. I mean, he's there because we don't see it. This, this is set up to be such a cool, like, idea of an intergalactic comic book you know law type jury you know case and it ends up 
Nothing. And yeah, yeah, me and you probably right now could come up with like three or four pretty cool little snippets that you can have stories going forward, including this Illuminati thing and including him being silenced. But it's just all shoved aside. And it's such a weird combination of, hey, while we're going to, you know, sentence your father pretty much to death. But the death he should have had anyway. Uh, we're also going to celebrate this Unity Day. And and by the way, Jarrell, he, he broke all the laws of time travel. You know, you can't do time travel. But by the way, we have these kids out there time traveling. We're, we're going to go deal with them. They're heroes. We're gonna and we're going to open them. up a time portal as his punishment and send him back to the moment where he should have died on yeah. Krypton. I'm like, you bunch of fucking hypocrites. Well, yeah, what yeah, the hell is they going are. on here? But the idea of him manipulating time and breaking time laws and stuff like that, it's another bit that it felt like we did not get to see. When John was like, when him and John were traveling the universe and he went through that wormhole yeah. and John ended up on Earth 3, seven years in the past, when Jor-El finally got him back, it seemed like he had gone and done all these different things, felt created a goddamn time portal, gotten freaking all these different things in order to find his grandson. So we never even got to see all the stuff that he did to get John Kent back. So I think this is a part of the I crime I don't think as well. it is. I don't even think they know about that because when they mentioned the whole thing with the time deal, Superman's like, oh, yeah, when he was plucked, however that happened. That's all he says. And that's the other thing is you're going back where you had Mr. Oz, where it looked like it ended up being Jarelli was plucked out of time, right? As you know, Krypton was, you know, blowing up and he did that. We never yeah. found out how we never found, and we're never going no. to, because it's just mentioned here. Apex. Well, Lex. it's mentioned at, by Superman just saying, yeah, however that happened. Well, that's part of this. Why aren't they looking into it? Because if if Jarrell is one of his crimes is getting plucked out of time, I think the plucker is, should be on trial as well. And they just gloss over it. Not the plucky. Yeah, well, both, I guess they're saying both. But really, Jarrell, when he came out, <laughs> he couldn't help it. He got plucked out. Then he started doing things. And, you know, you could think that all this. Mr. Oz yeah, things. and that's the, and that's the problem. Is I understand that Bendis doesn't really or doesn't want to or being allowed to kind of go through that history to pretty much say that yeah everything as mr oz Oz. was that because i think they want us to forget about all that because it doesn't really make much sense and when well then you have the superman reborn so somebody could just tell us that that some of that stuff didn't happen now and that's why mr oz was there the entire time watching the superman reborn he did it through sheer love alone he did i'm like i don't know what that Mm, means mr oz it's just ridiculous but you're not getting anything you you just end up with this whole thing ending with okay we're gonna do it and and really where i saw a lot of people lose their minds over this issue the the thing that i get the most mad at is the idea and and pretty much the pompous idea that brian michael bendis is sitting there and we always say when we have some stories like this you're gonna end up trying at the end to reset it get everything set back you know they put the toys back in the toy box and i think he thinks that's what we've done here because they do send jarell back to krypton he is still a piece of shit that ended up making rogosar and then destroyed krypton he's a piece of crap just sending him back to the moment when he would have died also kind of causing kind of a you know how does this affect things in you know a time travel type of deal uh the way that this goes where they send him back and has his own self sees it he's there to be dead at that point when it, it just it's all nonsense it's time travel nonsense to to what i think brian michael bendis thinks he's reset things and he hasn't he, he has really just destroyed the name of jarell and then superman I, barely I'm still cares. trying to figure out 
I'm just still trying to figure out how Rogozar destroyed the planet and why he hates We're Kryptonians so much when he said before the Kryptonians destroyed out. his world. Yeah. Uh, was it that they just forced him into that? Did they brainwash him? Did they make him like that? We'll never know. And this well, is I'm where saying, if Terrell now made Rogozar, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He destroyed the Kryptonians, destroyed your planet, and that's why you hate him. I don't know what you're I talking know. about, Rogozar. Yeah, well, he destroyed Krypton. You see, and that's his people. It's a never ending cycle, Eric. It's 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 stupid. It's what it is. It doesn't make sense. It, it ends up ending with this, like I said, people ten out of ten. I'm like, really? Like there are so many things that don't make sense. And even with there's so there's some nitpicks here. And one of the nitpicks is and this is where me and you have been kind of going nuts about the idea that we don't really think that Brian Michael Bendis knows a lot about these DC characters. So when they they have the thing where John's sitting around, he you know, you have the Legion of Superheroes and really all of this stuff with them is complete and utter nonsense. They are there because they wanted to see the day that Unity Day happened. Oh my. Oh, what? You brought us back a little too early? We're stepping on it? Oh no, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. What? Those kids like it? All right, we're in. Okay, we're going back to our time. Everything ends up being a convoluted mess of his stupid sing-song well, even, dialogue it, it's just ridiculous well, even when we have this bit where john is being offered into the future and stuff like that and wildfire comes this in, is the like, part i was hey, getting to me to your aunt yeah. and that's I'm what like, i was what saying what do you mean by his, his aunt yeah. like lucy lane yeah is that what you and mean no. or do you for some you know reason think don't. the supergirl is that's his aunt? what they th- that's what brian michael bendis i think that he believes that supergirl is john's aunt and you have, hey, and it's just, it's one of those, why? Why put that in there? Can you introduce me to your aunt? He says. Who does he mean? He can only mean. I don't know. Because there's no aunt there. It's, and I think he thinks that Supergirl's the, the these, aunt. These little parts like this, the idea that Wildfire will come in and say, like, hey, can you introduce me to your aunt? Then later on when Superman's talking to the Thanagarian delegate, like, hey, I'll give Katar Hall and Shayeri your best on Earth. I'm like. That's Kendra Saunders and Carter Hall. They're not Thanagarians yeah. on this world. What the hell are you yeah, talking they're, about? They're and not on Shire Earth. is out in the Promethean freaking galaxy fighting. You and know, she has the been God on. And even right if you now. say, hey, you know, that's Unjustice League. They don't know. She, she's always on Thanagar Prime. She's not on Earth. Yeah. So you they, saying that. They've talked about the idea that Kendra Saunders has met Shire, yeah. her former self. Yeah, you don't know what's going on in these books. You don't know these and characters. Then, then, let's keep let's going, go Jim. Let's go with Let's keep going. Yeah. We, Here's go Let's Zod. go General Zod. He's going to now. Now that we have a, a federation of planets, he's going to put together a new Krypton outpost. I'm like, motherfucker, you have had a new Krypton for a couple of years yeah. now at this point. The in Green Lantern's continuity. even fought you because they didn't think it was in your planet. In the Green Lantern book, you, he's already set up You've been on it. new Krypton. Yes. You, you've been I'm there. Sorry, he's been on new Krypton in the Superman series that Brian yes. Michael Bendis is doing. What the hell is he talking he about? New Krypton outpost there. out of nowhere. He has followers on a planet. And now all of a sudden, it's, and now, they're going to give me the resources for an outpost. An outpost, yes, a start towards a new Krypton. A sing-song deal. No, no. We, we got that, too. Yeah, Superman should say, what? I, you have that. Why are you doing this? We already have that. Are you just, it's like. And eh. that's the thing is, Superman, with <sighs> Booster Gold, when we're doing the booster shot story, went to the future where he saw and fought Rogozar on new Krypton. Yes. Too, the whole idea of that. So in that whole continuity. <sighs> and if you want to take it a little bit further, things that just seem wrong, even when Superman says, hey, uh, Kara, you want to get out of here? Like, yeah. What are we going to do about Zod? 
Supergirl says, well, he can't stay with me. My apartment's not big enough. Like, you live with the Danvers. Yeah, you don't have an apartment. apartment. You don't have an apartment. And, and, you know, she hasn't been back to Earth and all this stuff. But in in here, there are some good lines. There's one really good line. I'll give it to Brian Michael Bendis when you have Super. But it's always any line he's going to have has to be that back and forth. And it's with that. Don't abuse it is what Cal, you know, Superman says to Zor-El. And then he says, your trust. And then Superman says the name of Krypton. Zor-El. Uh, Zor-El. He says that, uh, I mean Zod. I'm sorry. Oh, Zod. He says Zod. He's like, I got you, you know, sorry, your yeah, trust, right. the name of Krypton. And then he says, thank you. And it is the let's get together, you know, no more fighting. But again, does, does that give us anything better with Zod, really? That he's going to, you know, be friends with them and all. It's okay. I think well, that- I've been waiting for this for a while, ever since his psychedelic freaking tea drinking things where he'd go and see the future of like, you know what? The Zods yeah. and the Yells are going to get together for new Krypton. I'm like, and when we first saw him hanging out on new Krypton, thinking about the future of bringing back Kryptonians yeah. and shit like that, and Kandorians and that whole fucked up thing. I'm like, but Rogue Zard destroyed the Kandorians, so that's not going to work yeah. for you either, Zod. So it's weird. And, and, and even even the idea where you have this and then Brian Michael Bennis wants to be clever and smart and funny where like we're going to start this outpost new Krypton, you know, me, my wife and son. And then there's Supergirl, an entire Krypton. How many babies are you planning on having? And that look at Superman behind her. He is so pissed that she's talking nonsense. Who told you about making babies? And really, he's just looking at her like, get the (laughs) hell out of here. I want to talk to him. I mean, stop your nonsense. And it doesn't mean anything. And she just disappears off panel then. And so, yeah, then you have to have the, hey, there, you know, hey, Dad, can we go home? I want to go home. I got to go to the bathroom and I don't want to go right here. I want to go bathroom at home. And I'm like, really? Like, this is what we're getting here. I like that Lord Zod's in there. Yeah, I don't blame yeah, you. I don't want to go with like this a, goddamn I, I'm place telling you, either. though, they, they almost... I don't mind John and Lord Zod hanging Lord out together. Zod, like, you know, it is funny. Boys. Yeah, it is funny them, and it, it almost feels like, you know, the Damien-John stuff, then that train is gone. That boat has sailed that'll because... Be ne- no, no, because that'll be next issue. Return oh, of the I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Issue, that should be gone, is what I'm telling you, that this would be a nice progression here. And in a little bit of a, you know, if those two actually went to the future then would be even more fun to me um but yeah so then you're going off then because of the super sun so then you have to force that where they're going home and it's like hey you know i don't know if i'm going to go into the future because this whole time you have john not really knowing if he wants to go yet but also dealing with brian michael bendis again trying to be mr clever where it's like the the legion of superheroes hey do you want to go with us uh, well, you probably know my answer right now. Well, maybe, but what's your answer? I don't know. Yes, you do. Could here be. we go. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Get the hell out of here. But then, Give the princesses yeah, all up. So even Who's the princess? You'll, you'll see. see. 69, dude. And uh, so they're there. And, and through this, you know, you have Kara. Like, hey, you know, are you really going to go? I don't know. You know. No, I don't. And then they're going off to Earth then in, in a way that it looks like where they are right now is like two seconds from Earth. But they're there and like which is weird because it seems at this point now that brian michael bendis for making sure that he didn't have people talk in space that's yeah, all now gone now talking. because i was having a conversation well, full also, out on their way back to Earth i also fully believe that i know you can't hear somebody scream in space but i i believe that if we went kind of a, a couple minutes later we'd see somebody peeing in space because i don't think john can hold it that long but they're they're going no, there no, i can't yeah really and uh it's that that dialogue again of the hey are you gonna take that invitation is it crazy that i'm even thinking about it who if you want to do that you better tell your mother that it's future college oh yeah we definitely have to talk what with your mom no 
no, Damien. I'm like, who was talking about Damien? He, out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, I definitely have to have a talk. It means he's got Damien on the brain or something there, and he's going to go, and you're going to have that talk because he is the grown-up deal now, and you know it's going to cause the issues and stuff like that. And I don't care what anybody says. He's going to go have to me- do a Billy Madison to make up those grades he missed That'd there be awesome. because he has just jumped that to the 17 so years old. Now you got to go awesome. back to the fifth grade. That's what I need. And then <laughs> next thing you know where he himself then says, you know – Peeing your pants is the coolest. He's already done it. He's done it in space now. That. He's the Miles Davis <laughs> well, of space, peeing his pants. Is what your happens. Pants. There you go. They're going to they're have that. And a party after every single graduation, Eric. All those big Kids parties. Kids can't afford that. No, well, hey, he's Superboy. He can do it. But yeah, by the end of this, it's not good. It, it really isn't. By the end, though, no. with them flying away... I'm almost to the point where, like I said, we're going to go with Damon, which I don't really need. But I guess you do have to address before you go on with John to the future uh, with the Legion, yeah. um, which is fine. But I, I get a little sense of hope by the end of, OK, maybe this book will start being a little more fun now. And, and it's it's a weird thing. I can't, Now it's back well, to go deal with the year. Yeah, of the I know. I'm telling you, I, I cannot I cannot give Brian Michael Bendis any props for getting out of a story he already created. He created the misery of Rogozar and Jarrell being you, a piece of shit. I I, and he I, just tries to get out of it too that, quick here. I would have, I'm telling you, for the time we've already taken, I would have taken more time if you yeah. would have actually thought about it and made a reasonable story behind it of actually getting to this point without it just seeming like, well, that was my daddy. He's gone now. All right, guys, who's got to pee? Because we're heading home. Like, there's no, like, emotion to no. Superman thinking about his father going back and dying and, like, you know, being torn away from him again. There was like, two panels. That that Superman, there was two panels of him looking upset. The, That's it. And it just nonsense. And that Superman Earth 1, we had in Lexus 1, where he's talking about how, you know, Lex used that black mercy to make him think that he was back on Krypton. So when he finally removed it. All of those billions of people are then pretty much taken away from him twice, and that's how Lex Luthor won this whole thing. So the idea that we have Jarrell, his entire life, Superman thought his father was dead. His father's back only to die yeah, again. Like, it's pretty much punishment right, to guys. Superman as well, so, right? Instead of and and really, you know, to go into it, why don't they get rid of Rogozar? Can somebody explain that to me? Because I know why. Please. Because that's the character that Bendis created, and he show wants back up. it to show back up. That Rogozar should be put down right now and send him send. His aspect oh of Krypton as well. And, you know, I have them both. And, and I love it too, where they do end up sending Jarrell back to Krypton. It's falling apart. He looks over, he sees his young self with Lara there. They're hugging. And, and uh, he does it. He brings the universe and together. And then you see Jarrell. That's actually a line I like. I, but Jarrell looks up. What is Jarrell? I mean, yeah, he's just seen a g- 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 ghost, is what he's seen. He does it. Does he mean John? Really? The thing is, that's what th- he did. This line, this line in my mind could have been so much more. I'm I actually like it just because of the, what the they have told us is going on in this story, not shown us, but the idea of what if it was set up more where we had this big reveal of mystery and we got to see how everything worked out, which it still might happen along the way. I don't think it will. We have Jarrell go back and the idea that he's the one who created yeah, well, Rogozar for yeah. the idea that it would bring you know unity he to wouldn't the galaxy know that. to go back and he see his younger that self the and say, he's like, saying that but where this would have spelled out how I would say that what you're saying that is actually a you can't handle the truth in court line that would have been great where they end up saying you know Jarrell do you have anything to say for yourself and his defense basically is 
Look what's going on now. I'm being tried on Unity Day, a day that is bringing the universe together, and that would not have happened if I wouldn't have done all this. So while I'm on trial now for treason, for time travel, for science nonsense... I should be celebrated as the man who brought the universe together, so I should go free. And they'd still say no, but this would be the Jack Nicholson, you know, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth moment. I did the hard work. I did the things that nobody else would do to get us to this point. That's what we needed. If we would have had, we could have had a... a two, three issues of a trial that would really spell out a lot of Mr. Oz stuff. It would have shown you that maybe Jarrell was not exactly bad the whole way. He did have a plan. Maybe we find out that his time-traveling nonsense was including going into the future and seeing what he needed to do. So he did that behind. And then even at the end says... You know, I knew that I was going to be sent. He goes, you know, you have Superman go to him. Dad, you know, what what happened? Why did you do this? He's like, no, no, son. I knew this all along. I want to die with your mother like I was supposed to. But I got a chance to do this and make everything better in the universe. I did the wrong thing to make the right you know, ending. And I apologize to you, but I love you. I'm going. And then, then you have some emotion. You also have some, you know, thing of Jarrell by the end, then you're kind of like, wait a minute, maybe he wasn't so bad. This ends with Brian Michael Bendis putting the toy back in the toy box. The toy is destroyed. It it is like a he-man that, that your dog bit off the two legs and ripped off his head. This toy is never going to be played with again, except to fix it later. And I don't know if that'll ever happen. It's just one of those it's just such a piece of crap that the only way I think that it's going to be fixed is a reboot or something later. And then we'll just go back to the whole idea of, you know, that Jarrell died on Krypton. We went forward with that, whatever. But all of this and the Superman book, everything, Rogozar, all this stuff is, again, the only thing that this is now is that Brian Michael Bendis came to D.C. He hijacked or pretty much kidnapped both Superman books. He used this main Superman title only to get John to be on the Legion of Superheroes right now. That's all this is. This Jarrell, Rogozar, all was to get to Unity Day so that then you can get John in the future with the Legion of Superheroes. And I thought this was a Superman book. And why are we having a Superman book where, you know, Superman finds out his dad's a piece of crap and then has to watch him die again, like you say. And then we go forward on that with jokes and talks of going to the bathroom. And it it does get, you know, annoying. I'm telling you, though, by the end, just that them going back to earth we we're done with this stuff for now i'm gonna give him one last chance he gets a new story it's gonna start next issue i know it's gonna keep tying into leviathan and stuff like that so there i'll get mad again right away anyway but i'm gonna give him a bit of a chance but it's it's tough i'm giving him a chance because you don't have any other choice except drop the book and we don't do that for the podcast so there you go what'd you give this I end up giving this a 5.5 out of 10. I love the artist issue. And the thing is, what I was talking about before, that line where Jarrell goes back in time and sees his former self and says it works, that is a line where there, there is some feel to there. I just wish it would have been more with, with more set up to lead into it because it could have worked even more than I think it did for this. And also, I'm a big sucker where John yells out, Unity Day, you, you it was your idea, son. You yell. And when they do that and you have that big, you know, full page of yeah. them, like, all right, you got me a little bit there. Overall, know. this is a very forced story to come to a conclusion. I'm telling you, it's sappy bullshit. I'm telling you, there's nothing the lie here but i'm like oh, you, you gave me a bit of a chill there so i'll give i'm you telling you that, that. unity overall, day things are go on um things are wrong all over the place in this whole thing and like the story is just wrapped up with no like you know revelation beyond you know jarell 
he made that rogue was our how nobody yeah. knows let's move on you know like there's there's nothing here except for like one line to say that that's your revelation yeah. but before that he's kryptonian well, well how's that work Jarrell made him. I'm like, there's, there, you're not setting up a story. You're just saying things that don't have any bearing on anything that we're doing. Maybe later it will, but for as much time as you've taken with Rogue Lazar, you pretty much presented us with nothing in this issue. Just having the Legion of Superheroes there to joke about how they screwed up their time travel to come there early before it happens. Like, you really got, you don't have a lot of story going on for this, do you, Brian Michael no. Bendis? So 5.5. Yeah, the Unity Day is just a little too over the top with everybody cheering and yelling and screaming out of nowhere just when he yells it right in between them. But, uh, yeah, and like you said about Rogozar, and, and then you get, you know, hey, you know, uh, my dad, he was plucked out of time before Krypton ended up destroyed. How'd that happen? Nobody knows. <laughs> Everything's nobody knows. And I don't know how that happened. And then, you know, all the other things that are wrong, including Zod and his new Krypton thing. So I'm going, uh, same with you, 5.5. I did like the art. I'm Great hoping art, that though. from yeah. here on. Maybe we'll get a better story. I don't know. At points, this has been so up and down, and it just always ended up going from one little bit to the next with little explanation and and kind of forcing its way through. And then this end just, I mean, why do you have to end it now? Why does Rogozar, I mean, yeah, I want to get Rogozar out of here. I I was so annoyed with him. But why now do you have to force it after all this time? Why couldn't you have started this whole idea three issues ago? and led up to this and, and had a proper you know out with it explain the rogozar show us some things with that maybe show us that behind the scenes Jarrell ended up you know kind of doing things that he knew would work out a little different in the future and stuff like that but we don't get that so yeah i'm a 5.5 as well but we'll move on all right and the next issue is going to be batman eric which means i'm wrong turn this is batman bitch it Thank is you, batman turn. bitch it is batman bitch wrong turn this is batman number 79 written by tom king art by clay man seth man tomo moray and clayton kells batman and selena continue their tropical holiday while gotham burns <laughs> while tom king in a sudden editor's note attempts to change things a bit Batman and Selina continue their tropical holiday while Gotham burns. It seems like they are just waiting there to break up Magpie's Black Friday Venom sale so they can finally go back to Gotham, but it all feels feels off and made up on the fly. If you are not a Bat-Cat stan then this is totally skippable, is my opinion. Unfortunately... I was just saying, even the idea, though, that the events of this issue take place before Batman 77, like, does that mean the last issue did as well? Because and that, that's the funny thing is I even said that to Jay in Canada. I was like, hey, you know what? If you go by letter of the law. Why wouldn't you say this that- interlude? No, why and why? Yeah, why doesn't it say the events of this issue and number you know seventy eight take place before Bat? Now you you can make the logical leap of of doing that, but it is kind of funny that why didn't they put that last issue? And I don't think I, I think that that means this was a last second edition. That, that I believe so. Know. Even though they are a week apart, you really don't have the timing to. But why? Why didn't they have that? Last issue. And all it seems, this is the best too, is this all seems as if this is based on the fact that you can't have Bruce vacationing while Alfred gets killed. Killed, It has nothing to do. Why doesn't this happen before the city of Bane? Why don't you say that, that this is them getting ready to go 
as Bane might have been working towards getting that city of Bane. Now, in this issue, it shows that that's not the case anyway. But if you're going to try to make your Bruce Wayne less of an ass here, because really, him just tropical vacationing, you know, with his love of his life here, I'm while Gotham out. burns, Training. is bullshit. And, and yeah. I know that a lot of people sit the there. street yeah. told me I have I'm to go on you. vacation. I, I love it, too. They're like, hey, what are you doing there, Bruce? Training? Well, how are you training? Ginger ale. Ginger ale. The doing ginger some push-ups. Yeah. Doing some push-ups. I threw a bat I, around. I, I mean, I climbed a climbed Did a some wall. swimming. I, I wore, wore Got some suit, sun for a while. I wore the suit a little. I put, you know, and and what and what's going on? Well, you don't realize that while self care is the greatest training. I, yeah, really. And, and while I worry about Gotham, I'm not missing this Magnum PI con that I ended up wanting to come to here. The Tom Selleck con, <laughs> they call it. And uh, so, yeah. So with this little editor's note, it's like one of those where. You haven't won me over here with this note. This does not. And the idea of, hey, I got the word that Alfred's okay. I'm sending Damien in. Well, either your intel is way off or there is a plan behind the scenes. The problem is I can't think that in in my mind here going forward and with this because i'm not a tom king fan and one of the reasons i'm not is because his setups never come to be a lot of times he changes things he doesn't show things that he did before all these things i can't say that he has a plan that this alfred being okay just means that he just heard he was okay well, i mean okay at this point hey, he's captured how I, is I got, he okay i got word from alfred he's okay i said yeah. damien well during that word were you also told that if anybody goes in they're killing alfred yeah. is it was, was that a part of the message that you yeah, got was did damien say of, that was the part of the message of hey the the alfred they have isn't really the Alfred. Is it the Matt? Like, how is he getting this message when he hears word from him? What's going on? Because I think that it's just going to show. Paging that Tom they Selleck. Him. Paging Tom they, Selleck. They message at the front him. desk. Yeah, really. They're going. Paging which, Mr. Uh, Herman. Mr. And, and Herman. And even here, the, the problem that I have, too, with the Tom Selleck uh, Magnum P.I. look is it's nonsense. He didn't even go the full way of growing his own goddamn mustache. It's a fake mustache that he takes off at night. Really? Well, that's the, your commitment? He, he came in, in my mind, as the as Matches Malone. So I'm like, you know what? Matches Malone has a mustache. There you go. Really, was Selena shaving him when he had that you know coma? He could have had his own mustache at that point. I mean, you have that all going down. Now, the biggest thing that I have going with this is the idea that a lot of people have told me that this Tom King guy... I don't know if you've heard of him, that he ends up, man, he shows Batman's the greatest detective. This is the detective line of work that they have done in this, you know, since City of Bane with Batman. He went to the Himalayans. He got his throat sliced by Himalayan street toughs. You've gone he too had, far already. Selena got information from the street toughs about Magpie while Batman was in a coma. We never found out how Selena even got to the Himalayas or why or how. But or also why they, Bruce went there from Kadim after yeah, having his back we never broken, found these getting out. back surgery, going yeah. into a pit, fighting his father, and what happened yeah. after that so to I'm, get him I'm to the go- Himalayas. I'm just going what the steps that he did show us. This is where I'm going with this shows you how ridiculous it is because then they must have been told that magpie eventually would show up at this island with a shipment of venom that she was going to sell you know to the weightlifters on the island 
Yeah. What, are, what are they have? Mr. Filipino Court can sit next to them at yeah, the bar right. here. And that guy. Uh, so she's going to come in to sell Venom. Somehow this seems to be a plan of Bane's. What is he, short on cash? <laughs> that he's sending out people with Venom to buy somewhere? That does. But the idea weird. Magpie, of- a thief, is now just going out and selling things. I'm like, you know, yeah. you, you're really moving up in the world, Magpie. Instead of thievery, yeah, you're going to earn the money yourself to buy it. You know what? Yeah. You have yeah. grown. So you have this going on and, and you, you have it. Then the next step is they know that Magpie, Venom, all this. So instead of going to get her, because it does seem the way it's spelled out that she showed up, you know, to buy or sell the Venom. Uh, the weird thing is, is they say it, it almost seems like they're saying she's there to sell the Venom. Right. Yeah. But at the end, they go in and they steal both the Venom and the money. I mean, somebody's stupid to give money to and not have the Venom in their hands. They went at that last second. But if she has the Venom, uh, you know, they don't need the money. Stop her before this. Don't waste your time on an island waiting for her to show up. Go after her. Get her on that yacht. Get done and get the hell back to Gotham where they sit there. And then also they, they decide to, to beat up punks in a convenient smart, Eric, yeah. which is supposed to be, in my mind, more of this training, yeah. more of this training of let's beat up guys that, that are robbing a 7-Eleven. And I, I don't know that that's really what you need to be doing right now because you got your throat sliced. Yes, you you were in a coma. We don't know how long. And there's a problem. And, and there's a big problem there because if he was in a coma for a year, then I can see that he's got to build his body back up. But I saw him immediately after the coma. He, he looked like an Adonis still. Uh, if he was in a coma for a week, this is nonsense. So we don't know. We have no idea. They ended up just going off to this island. We don't even know where, how, whatever. And they're just hanging out on the island. And this is just more of Bat-Cat stuff. If you like Bat-Cat, if you love Bat-Cat, I guess you're going to love this. But really, this is where I say that it's coming into my mind that Tom King and his fans and the Bat-Cat fans are so selfish with Batman, where they just want a Batman that does nothing. They don't want him to be Batman. They want him to be this human Batman, which means let's drink ginger ale while we watch newscasts of Gotham burning and then let Selena beat up a guy. That's all it is. And, I just and really love the explanation, this. though, that we have was, you know, as Bruce can actually watch the news and know that Gotham is under control of the villains, but the, you know, the, the president and the country itself, you know, want, yeah. they're pretty okay with this because the crime rates low. I'm like, what are you talking about? The crime rates low. You have the po- politicians, the police officers, they're all being kidnapped and tortured by people who are then, you know, going on the streets and could kill anybody for any yeah. minor infraction they might yeah, do. Just nothing. There is nothing but crime going on there. A freaking terrorist cell is taking yeah. over a fucking thing. This is- that is well, like legal? I said, this is this is like right now, and I know it's a comic book. You can give me the whole your idea of a comic book, but then don't give me that you don't want the Bat God because you don't like that comic book stuff. That this is supposed to be more realistic, a more humanized deal. There is a city in the U.S. that is being controlled by terrorists right now, and the president's fine with it because on the books the crime's down. That is complete and utter bullshit to set your story up. And this is where I always say his story setups never work even in a comic book reality. They just don't work. And they're doing this right now with the idea because it's behind in the in the timeline of these books where they are getting that, you know, news feed of when Captain Adam went in and was, you know, pretty much beat yeah. the crap by Gotham Girl. And then it's like, yep, the president says that this is legitimately just imagine right now the Taliban comes in and takes over New York City right Never now. Never looked and, better. And the president comes out and says, hey, crime's down. 
Sounds good to me. Crimes down, littering's down, go Taliban. This is so ridiculous to the point where I don't know what Tom King's getting at. Because at this point, if that's the case, does he want to have that out? That Batman ends up by the end of this, by the end of this Batcat to say, you know what? It's not that a happy Batman is a bad Batman. It's that a Batman's a bad Batman. And everybody always said that I made my own villains. And I, I ended up being making, you know, Gotham worse. He already showed where we had the gift where he showed a alternate Gotham without a Batman that wasn't good. Now you have this. He, he goes back and forth. But what, what is he trying to get at? What is the story basis of the idea of showing us that the United States and the president is fine with a city of Bane? I mean, if it was me and I was Batman, I know right now I'd never leave that island. I, I'd get a job. I'd be cocktail right now. I'd be throwing fucking things up in the air and catching <laughs> them behind my back. Jimmy. I'd be, I'm telling you, yeah, I'd be, yeah, really, I'd be singing hippie, hippie, shake. You, you'd never see You're me again. You're learning to steal drums over there. I would. I, I'm telling you, I'd be there. I, somehow I'd go Just back in time. your shoulders, smile, big old yeah. smile on your face, banana hammock going on. Yeah, sometime I, I, I'd go back in time. I'd make a time traveling device so that I can go and steal Kokomo and then just destroy it because that song sucks eric i get rid of it uh, no i, I <laughs> would end up just, a story now. yeah really i mean that's all i'm worried about at the moment but yeah it's like why it's almost like tom king's like i realize that this vacation holiday on the island is so stupid it's so ridiculous for bruce wayne to just sit there and watch his city just go to hell that i have to make it so that it's not really that bad that he's watching it like, all right, you know what? Well, let's I've take a couple it. more months. Bad. Let's take it. I'm telling you, the only thing that they have in Gotham is they have bumper stickers. At least we're not Bloodhaven. That's all they have Seriously. there, Eric. And that's what they're doing. At least we're, we're not on fire. <laughs> uh, but but still, you have this. And then you have them there and you have this guy next to him. And, and I love this. This guy can't just, you know, badmouth Batman. Can't just say hey, you know what, that news, they're right. You know, this is bullcrap Gotham. I have a, a brother in Gotham, whatever Cousin he says. Yeah. Cousin in Gotham, he's special forces. He says it's a piece of shit, that city. But it's nice now. It's good that Batman got balls. That's not enough. You have to, the nerve of this guy. If anybody in this book has some balls, it's this guy. Filipino I'm looking Clark at, Kent. I'm looking at Bruce right there. He is not a small dude. No. And while this, while this guy's talking – he starts getting handsy with Selena. He puts his hand on her inner thigh. And it's like, why go that far? Why, why do you have to do that? Just have her get mad at the idea that he is bad-mouthing Bruce. <laughs> where you have her sitting next to who you might just assume is her husband, boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, and he would go jacked. on. Just the idea. No, but sorry. This guy is like, he's not a small guy himself, but he's just like, no. controversial. What's controversial about that? Let me tell you my opinion. And as I do it, <laughs> let me move my hand over here onto your open thigh oh, yeah. and give you yeah. a little winky wink. <laughs> like, yeah, listen, you know, I, I every time I talk to a there's some brazen people over here. Yeah, really. I mean, this island needs to be cleaned up, really. It's Fire they're, Island. They're very handy. <laughs> this, this is, is actually island. how you go and do stuff around Fire yeah, Island. Really, I Selena didn't wasn't know. used to it. So they have just learned through the deal, oh, you know, the, the president thinks it's great, but boy, Gotham's in trouble. And they even have that small thing on the side, a little editorial deal. Well, you know, the crime might be down, but there's a lot of talk that there's people getting killed because of dog leash laws and it's kind of nonsense. And Bruce is like, you know what? You know what we have to do? Let's go to bed. And they they walk off to go sleep. They they're tired. And obviously, too, when you look at it, it's the middle of the day. It's, it's snappy nap time. They're gonna get busy. It's a siesta. 
really, let's get going. Siesta, and it's, it's even, a fiesta in a few minutes. Yeah, really. And even that, he's like, you know, even as he says, like, I don't know, you know, whatever. And Selena's like, let Gotham rot, as long as it rots quietly, right? You know what I'm saying? Rips off the, the mustache. And it's almost like you think that Bruce has been complaining behind the scenes, saying like, yeah, you know, I don't want to get back to Gotham. I, I really didn't like that anyway. And this is Selena using reverse psychology, like, yeah, let it rot. You know, as long as it does quietly, we don't care about that, right? And, and but that's not what it ends up being. Then they, they just get sexy time and then go beat up a guy and you know in a convenience mart and then some other people. You see the random crime stopping that they decide that now they're the Batman of the tropical island. You know, it's it's almost like, you're right, Father, I will become the toucan or whatever the fuck would be on this <laughs> island because now he should be. And if you really wanted to do some funny things, they should have had him dressed up in that, you know, that crazy zebra suit or that, you know, multicolored deal, the surfing Batman deal. I have a little bit of fun with it, but... Yeah, they're, they're going about, and as they're going, they're on this island. I mean, what ends up happening? Because all of a sudden, now they're fighting ninjas and Mad Max. I don't know what – is this the other side of the island where the cannibals That's are? That's where the headhunters are. Yeah, I'm telling you. Is this where we're at Gilligan's Island now? Where, where's the Harlem Globetrotters? Are they going to be next? And then they're just there. You hey, know the Globetrotters yeah. don't get vacations. That's right. No, that's true. Hey, the generals. Who's going to stop the generals, the generals if they ever a take a vacation? Every night. <laughs> but yeah, so they're like, hey, I, I single. Alfred signaled. He's safe. I'm sending in Damien. So you're like, okay, we'll see what plan this is. You know, this is the start of this. But then they're like, oh, oh, shit. I see. Magpie's here. Oh, no. Already? Oh, the vacation's over because now they have to go on their jet skis, you know, the ski doos out, out to this huge. And I love that Magpie's really undercover here with her thing. She's on the biggest yacht I've ever seen. She shows up. They, they jump on and now they're just beating the crap out of people. They're throwing things overboard. They're doing all this. And you could guess that maybe this would be, and you even asked me, do you think that they're going on here to kind of get a little way undercover to get back to Gotham on my magpie ship or whatever. But no, they tell no. Magpie to go ahead hey, and, uh, and signal we it. We kicked your ass. That's the message we want you to send back to yeah. Bay. We're uh, the message. Bat and and cat. So you, you have all this going on and like, they end up. What are what we a, doing on this I fucking island? I guess they're, they're we were told to come to the, the island and wait. Oh, okay. We waited. Oh, what are we waiting for? Oh, Magpie's coming to sell some venom. Okay. Money we'll and take venom. care of that. We got some money and venom. This is the key to taking back the city of Bane. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. And then they get the, they get the jewels that ended up being the ones that Catwoman had stolen. I don't four care about times and gotten taken. Well, you, you don't care, but this will be what Bruce makes the ring out of. I can guarantee you 100% when they do get married that? at the end of Bat Cat, they're going to, he's, he's going to make a ring. ring out of it. Yeah, no, he's going to do this. And then this is the issue where we're going to get it resolved. Of she never where did back. they Why would she meet? get another goddamn no. ring? No, I'm telling you, though, he did grab those things. And I'm telling you, you'll see. Um, but with the whole deal, it's did they meet in the street or the boat? And Tom King wants to go the step where they didn't mouth. meet until his run because when they met before in the street on the boat, they weren't necessarily Batman and Catwoman yet because they have to be together to be that. They weren't quite full. They weren't one now with we each are. other. And yet, but now they are. So they met on the boat beach Shut right then and there mouth. they just Shut met again 
for the first time. Goddamn hack. We meet again here now. This was a- We met on a beach. I'm telling you, the first time we got the- We met on a boat or we met in the alley. I'm like going off the idea of the different continuities. It's a fun joke. One time. The fact that we've gone this long and now we're still dealing with the stupid fucking joke just to say, you know what? The Bat and Cat didn't meet until Tom King wrote us. Go fuck yourself. I, I I don't care about that first time, you know. Frank Miller, the hell with him. They we met here. Dun, Bob dun, Kane, dun. who? Yeah, Bob Kane. Bill I don't Finger. Know what he, what's uh. he talking about? I'll give him the middle finger. That guy. I didn't even never heard of him. But yeah, so at the end, it's like we met on the beach right now. Who Bane's in trouble? Um, why? <laughs> why? Why is he in got trouble the now? Money. Because now, no, the, yeah, no. I think it's because you know this was on their minds so much they couldn't concentrate on fighting. I mean, really, the the Himalayan street toughs, they only sliced Bruce's neck because he was sitting there going, oh, my, I think that we met on the boat. No, nonsense. And I love it, too. Just imagine the idea here where you have this thing. It's like their anniversary. And they're going to, you know, later on. It's Batman Day today that we're recording this. I'm like, I fucking miss Batman. When is he finally going to come back? This is what I said, that I'm I'm seeing people who are like, oh, man, this Tom King, it never should end. It's all this. And I'm like, you you selfish assholes with this idea because this isn't Batman. How about we get some Batman? And and so when you're doing this, I love the idea here where they're going to celebrate later. This is in my annual that I'm writing now, Eric. And it is in the future it's 20 years in the future and they're sitting there and like oh man do you remember when we went on the beach yeah i do that was the first time we met again yeah remember all the other things that were happening then uh, alfred got his neck snapped remember that that was great that day and also that you know gotham was burning at that time oh my what a fun time i wish we could that go back and, and relive it now i'm telling you though the shit that they are so like oh my he's in trouble now i want somebody to pop out of the sand and go who and scare him first of all because that'd be funny but then say listen bane should have been in trouble three months ago why weren't you there then now you already have half the city is dead and thrown around and you have bullock and poor bullock he's a pincushion fucking dartboard not now then get your ass back to gotham and and even then they're just walking down the, the beach You ended up getting the magpie shit. Get the fuck off the island. Get back to Gotham right now, please. You have to do something. Batman, please be Batman for once. You even had a guy bad-mouthing Batman and Selina punches him. Batman's just, I mean, really, he is the most relaxed I I don't think she punched him for that. Well, he, she did that too. I mean, really, he did get handsy. But I mean, really, Batman is, uh, he, he should be well rested. This guy has done nothing but get his neck sliced, his back broken. He hasn't and, you had know, a rest every in 20 step years, of the Jim. Way, Give the man a step, break. <laughs> I'm telling you, every step of the way, somebody else does the job for him. He uh, Detective work? No. Uh, his detective work is, here's his plan. I'm going to get my neck sliced. So somehow, that leads Selena to be able to get the information from the street toughs in the Himalayans. It no, doesn't no, even make we're sense. We're going to do that. I don't know why she showed up, but then we're going to go to Paris, and I'm going to fucking rest yeah. up a bit there before we go on our vacation. Yeah, we got to like get some Paris. money in order to go to that goddamn island getaway. And then I'm going to do some working out. But not some real yeah. working out, some a little bit of working out, you know, just to keep yeah. myself toned. I said at one point, you're there, and that was the most realistic thing to me because there's Batman. He's doing push-ups while Selena's on his back. And I said, you know, that's the most realistic because I can't get Tanya off my fucking back either. Oh. But don't boom, Eric. I even you, have, you have a rim thing. shot. What are you doing? I, I... <laughs> you don't like that, no, I don't like it that much. Uh, but I forgot, right? Hey. 
take my wife. I, I mean it. Ooh, there, there's a little bit Who of a, uh, an up. Oh, my God. That was not nice. That that was really mean. <laughs> oh, where's Jess? And Jess is out for the night, isn't she? She is. She's off. Oh, my. What's she off doing? Some sexy stuff? She go to probably. a tropical island? Probably. Went to a hotel room. She's probably, oh, really? Oh, my. Are they going to get any strippers or something? I've seen Dancing Bear. You better not trust her. her. Her friend is only date strippers. Oh, my. What's going on? Are any and, of them called and, and, Dancing and she, Bear? And as she told me before, her friend who only dates strippers who apparently and can't live in the area because all the guys that she sees that live in the area, all they are fuck boys. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I like the friends you're hanging out with anymore, Jessica. Did I think she ever bad see influence. you? No. Has she ever seen you? Well, I've never mm. seen Jess's friends. Now, I don't think you're a fuckboy. I think you're more of just the asshole. Oh, hey, <laughs> what would you give this? I would give this a four out of ten. I still enjoy Clayman's art. I like the cheesecake. I aspect like the art a little thing. more now. It's less cheesecake in last issue. There's still some cheesecake. A though. lot. And Mark Jager is, agrees like with you. He likes it too. Yeah. He said, "Tell Eric I like the cheesecake." But there's I no like cheesecake. Here. Maybe e- not here. Even them trying to go and retroactively say, "Hey, everybody, this makes sense because there's an editor's note, and we'll talk about Damien and Alfred being okay." You know. You're not making this make any more sense, though, because there's no, there's still no reason for them to be on this fucking island waiting for Magpie after Himalayan Street Tufts. It doesn't yeah. make any goddamn sense. All this is, I mean, really, I mean, you, you go back to the whole deal we said last issue. All this is, is, hey, I know what my fans want, and I don't care about anybody else. I'm going to give them back, Cat. That's what they want. I'm in the middle of setting up this intriguing, you know, City of Bane. It, it really was when we started. We, we weren't that enthralled by it only because we weren't getting enough information. Well, tell you the thing is, now yeah, you just, just wasted jumps, two issues. It jumps to later where everything's all said and done. I'm like, yeah. why couldn't you set any of this up? I'm like, I yeah, like why the don't idea. You use it these it two could issues. be cool, but you're not doing anything with it. Save this for, I mean, really, what you had here, what you ended up having, you know, sans the idea of them stopping Magpie to send a message to Bane and then go back to Gotham, you could have had this in the Bat-Cat book. I didn't need you to tell me that they met on a beach. You could have saved that for Bat-Cat. They could have been in the Bat-Cat book on a tropical island celebrating the City of Bane ending, that they ended up going there. Then you get the call, hey, Damien and Alfred said everything's okay. Let's have a vacation. Let's do this. Let's figure out, oh my god, we met on the beach because we met right now. That that could have been then. You could have done that later. You could have had them do that. And in the meantime, maybe have this magpie who came out of nowhere, have it that they are in that series tracking her down, at least this one issue. That's why they're on the island. This this didn't have to be an interlude for City of Bane. It is forced to be that. It is not anything with that. And nobody can tell me with a straight face that this is a necessary part of the City of Bane. And if it is, it's not. It's forced into that. All this is is for Bat-Cat fans to sit there and say, oh, I love it. You you write such a great love story. Love story for the ages. In the meantime, Gotham's on fire. Alfred does have a broken neck, whether it happens in the future, the past. We know it. So that's the thing. You've already shown us the shocking cliffhanger. Now, if I'm going to get mad, I'm thinking to myself, Bruce... If you were back in Gotham at this point that you told us this is back to, you could have saved your freaking father, Butler. You could have done something, and you're not. So I wish pretty I had a much, father, Butler. Pretty much, it goes from the idea of, hey, he was vacationing while 
you know, Alfred got his neck snap to the idea of Alfred got his neck snap because he was vacationing. It's still the same piece of crap deal. And it does. It's ridiculous. Now we're going to go back to, you know, Gotham next issue and we'll see where we jump to. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how it's going on. And remember, folks out there is he was told that this would be his last you know thing that he's ending at 85 so this is when everything should be tight tight as hell tight, tight as, as eric's tuchus tight as his tuchus watertight even and so already though you had to have a thrown in editor's note in the second issue of an interlude because things weren't tight that things weren't making sense and things didn't jive so th- there you go this is him tight. being able to completely control everything that's going on to make sure Every little bit makes sense, and he's still doing his fill-in-the-blanks, his you know ambiguous things, when this is happening, what's happening, and things like that. And it's just – it's nonsense to me. I'm giving it a 5.5, just like you. That's what you gave it, right? I'm gonna I go gave 5. it a 4 5 out of 10. One. Oh, my. I'm giving it a 5.5. And because of that, I'm giving it just you like you. <laughs> a4. No, you know what it was? I was thinking back to your score at the uh, Superman. But uh, I'm I'm going to end up giving it a 5.5 because of the now idea. That, now that I say that, that, though, I'm afraid that I actually did give it a 4.5, but I'm sticking with the 4. Okay, you're going to 4. I, I yeah. like the art more than I did last issue. So I, I'll give it that. Uh, I'll give it a little bit more than an FU5. And again, even though it got me upset – the idea of him sending Damien, and at least it shows that he's in contact with somebody. You kind of may have an out for Alfred. We'll see. So that I guess he's got one of those Starman phones from 1941. Yeah. Just pick that up. You can talk to whoever you want. Really? Well, he's still, why don't you call Superman? Why, why don't you call the whole Bat family? Tell us that you're on the phone with them trying to figure out a plan. Let us see something. This um, is Batman but, time. He don't want to be bothered. Yeah, it is. And really, well, is it Batman time? Because half the time it's Magnum P.I. time. And, and really, it's like willy-nilly when they decide to be Batman and, and Catwoman or Selina and Magnum P.I. Tom Selleck. It, it just kind of goes back and forth. I don't know why they're not at the poolside sipping drinks as Batman because they, they are walking around on the beach where anybody can see him anyway half the time or climbing rock That's walls. matches Malone. And I'm saying climbing rock walls and stuff as Batman. So they, people see them, whatever. But that's that. We're going to go off to some mail now. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim And I've got a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim Ah, yes, here we are, Mail with Jim and Eric. 
Hello, I Eric. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> there we go. And if you want to be part of the Mel and be the star of the show, just email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Musab did. And this is his first mail. He has a very peculiar request, and you'll see what he says. Oh. Hi, Jim and Eric. My name is Musab, and I'm an 18-year-old from Chicago who loves listening to your podcast. I have just one request. Can you do a review of The Flash by Josh? Williamson, that would be Done. great. Yes, uh, and, and I even responded we, we, to him and never, I said, "We've never missed a review yes, of Joshua Williamson's Flash." Now, maybe at some points they might have been on the Patreon, uh, and maybe that's like he's just started and he listened to one of the weeks back in the day. But it would be weird to really maybe. signal that out from a past podcast, saying like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this podcast from nine weeks ago." Hey, where the hell is my Flash review on that? So I'm wondering if maybe you know he's just started listening and he listened to a week that we didn't have the flash and he's not used to some people keeping up with the books. I don't know. Or as I'm afraid of, he's listening to some other podcast and somehow got our email <laughs> is what it might be. But I hope that's not the case. And like you said, your wishes are command. Musab, we will done be doing the Joshua Williamson deal. Just go to last and, week's um, episode right now. If you now, want it. Now the issue of that is we don't always love it, but I did say to Eric, and you you even said it to me a couple times, that the thing about the Joshua Williamson Flash is that we may not always like or love it. We seem to always have fun talking about it, though, and, and I don't yeah. mind that. You know, I, I don't ever have that idea of, boy, we have to do The Flash tonight. Oh, man, that stinks. And, and oh, some of these books me. we it's have to do tonight, oh, no. I, I thought that. You know, so and and through these podcasts that we've done, uh, I've thought that many a time. Never that flash book because there's always something goofy to kind of poke fun at and have fun with. So I do like that. But he says, I think you may agree with me that after Dark Knight's Metal, everything in DC went to shit. And I might say that it might have been before that, but we, we could, you know, let's yeah, say, column A, yeah, column B. We had the whole yeah, cat bat. It's funny. He says we had the whole cat bat drama from King. It sounds so weird calling it cat bat. It just doesn't seem right. And it should just flow just the same. But it, and you, just, we had you just don't a, like females being first. I got you. No, no, I don't like cats. I told you that. I'm, I'm a dog man. Why I enjoy your girlfriend, Eric. Oh, my. <laughs> you mean you enjoy her? <laughs> Hey, you don't have to learn about that. I have her right oh. over here. Hey, what's going on, baby? I'm looking at the strippers. Oh, oh that is classic Jess. Jess. Classic <laughs> Jess. Hey, what are you doing over there? I'm eating a ham sandwich. <laughs> Again, classic Jess. You ended up eating a cheese sandwich the other night that made your tummy hurt, didn't it? It gave you oh, a little gas. You got a little sick. It seemed like you were gas. eating a little exploding diarrhea. Yeah, you were eating some shitty cheese that was well expired. Uh, but yeah, he says we had the whole cat bat drama from King. We had a Marvel writer, Bendis, infiltrating DC's flagship character. I also think that everything went to shit ever since DC brought back the trunks. He's one of them anti-trunks guys. Eric, um, I am too dumb to even realize that there's trunks or not. I, I'm more of an underwear man, you know, of not wearing it at all. So, yeah, I'm anti-trunks, I guess. Okay. I thought DC was over the underwear era because Superman and Batman's new 52 rebirth was a vast improvement. Well, was it? Was new 52 Superman an improvement, Eric? Was it? The, we the we read all that. Cool. 
Yeah, the look maybe, but the book was. He's talking about the trunks. No, I think he's talking about the book as well because he's saying that the book went to shit when you brought back the trunks. He's not talking look; he's talking book. And he says Superman does look goofy as hell with those fancy metallic cuffs and the red trunks to go with the outfit. I was wondering why you guys didn't do some reviews for the Flash because (laughs) because clearly Flash. Flash year one was the best thing to happen after Dark Knight's Metal. Now, is this going to be a monkey paw? Because, uh, yeah, we did do all of those issues. Masab, was it on the Patreon? We, no, and we didn't enjoy all of them either. Uh, yeah, those were – we were kind of optimistic, optimistically positive and like some of it. But in my opinion, Joshua Williamson is currently part of the small group of DC writers that still have some sense inside of them. Again, as this goes on, it's it's going to get worse and worse because I don't like Joshua Williamson as a DC writer. I don't like his Flash overall. I actually think that it is running in place, as they say, Eric. Does that work for you, running in place? Um, but yeah, I'm getting bored with it. Let me know what you think of The Flash. And I look forward to hearing my email in the next podcast. So yes, Masab, we have been reviewing every single Flash. Like you said, some yeah. of them may have been on the Patreon, but mostly they haven't been. And most of the people in the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, beep, have kind boop. of bailed on it and are getting sick of it as well. And as I see it's a weird the idea sales- too to singing about the Flash because my that second section of books we usually have like that's we call that the Flash section for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that you is know? pretty that much, is, and we always start always with there. the Flash. Yeah. yeah, it's always usually the first book in the second section. Maybe he doesn't get that far. Maybe he gets to the first time mail. For a he's like, I'm section. done. <laughs> no, he's like, this is nonsense. I listened to the first three, and I am out. Is what he says. They, people in Chicago, uh, you know, like uh, Jolly Drew, they got things to do. They got, you know, the, the Windy City has a it's lot to do. Bring it back, Musab over here. That's right. Bring yeah, so, flashback, so Yeah, you can listen to us talk about the Flash, including last week where we had fun with it. And we do have fun with it. Like I said, I'm usually, I would say, overall... Being a nice guy, I would say overall score of the run in the rebirth would be a seven, but being a kind of what I really would think would be a six, five overall would be my overall score for the flash in the whole of the rebirth run, including the ups and downs. What would you give it overall? If you were going to give it a six, five as well, I'm I'm just waiting for them to really define what these other forces are and have it all make sense because it hasn't been described completely yet. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all for what we're dealing with. Yeah, keep waiting. The next one's from Steve, and thank you, Masop. And I hope you don't get too angry when you listen to us talk about The Flash. Steve is next. Steve likes the hockey, I hear, Eric. He says, in order to get my fill while Jim was away, I started perusing the old Patreon episodes. He is a member of the Patreon, Eric, so we salute him and settled on the top five candy episode with Eric and Reggie. And he says that as if you were the only ones who did it. It was with me, (laughs) you, and Reggie. And it was... If I'm not mistaken, our very first Patreon show is what that was. We ended up doing that right away when the Patreon started. I'm aware of how many episodes you do and how little free time you probably have. However, I'm selfishly requesting more of those episodes. Now, if you do go through the Patreon feed, you will find that I believe you'll end up having at least 12 of those. There's some of them actually from not the Patreon originally, but the original feed where we used to do it occasionally and things like that, that carried over into the Patreon. And then it just became more of a scheduling nightmare than anything else. Um, but he says, you know, you're, he wants that again. Uh, but he says, I laughed so friggin' hard, the F Mary kill with the French musketeers and comparing Reese's pieces to Mitch 
digits who tell you that they love you. I could listen to this nonsense all day. Now, in the meantime, we actually had two specific F. Mary Kill necessary nonsense episodes that I thought were pretty fun, but I'd have to send them to him or put them back on. But I even think I put those up on the Patreon as kind of like oh yeah, I think you did too on that as well. Uh, and he says perhaps a top five cereal episode, and that was first one episode, we did baby. Too. Yeah, no, that well, that was the first ever on the Patreon. It wasn't, but we I ended up putting it up as a rewind on the Patreon as well. So that's out there. I ended up sending him the file of that as well, and he never responded. So maybe he thought it was bull crap. Hope Paris Island was. <laughs> you fun. like what now? I'm done with yeah. you, weird science. He's like, what? What's that? Reggie likes Sunny I'm a Fruity cereal? Pebbles man. Nonsense. Yeah, if he likes Fruity Pebbles, he's not going to be happy. Hope Paris Island was fun and not 95 degrees the whole time. It pretty much was. I work for the Army, so screw the Marines. Just kidding. All right. We all love each other. No. That's a lie. Tell Zach <laughs> to save his money instead of buying a Dodge Challenger like every other enlisted person does. <laughs> and he says, see ya, Steve Baum. And yeah, Zach, actually, Hi, as we speak... Zach just left probably about three minutes ago to go back to, well, whenever we started is right when he left, is back to North Carolina to do some more deal and then head to California for a month to 29 Palms to finish up his tech training. And then he'll be back again at the beginning of December. And then he's in the reserves for now. What she thinks for some reason is Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know. He's very confused (laughs) about what two months means and where he'll be then. Yeah, it's very confusing, even when he's talking. And then he's like, I don't think I'm going to like the food in the 29 Palms. And then we looked up like any restaurant that would be near or on the base and things like that. And it's I everything he would love. It's everything yeah. he'd love. He's big and uh, he likes Mexican food right now. And there's tons Who of doesn't? that there. So he'll be good. I don't. It doesn't agree with me, Eric. I love it, but it doesn't <laughs> love me. Just like every other piece of food that I put in my mouth. <laughs> but that person. is Steve. Yeah, really. Oh, my. But, yeah, that is the end of mail section number one. Thank you, Masub. Thank you, Steve. Don't get mad at us, please. Don't get mad at us when you hear us do the flash. Uh, But we're going to go off to a second section of books that includes us with Reggie and a little Jeremy. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Ah, yes, and here we are. The heck with that, Eric Shea. That's what I learned. That's what I usually learn from all these songs. It's pretty much (laughs) Eric Shea is a bunch of nonsense. That is true. I've learned that from life as well. Uh, really, my life with you uh, is is so wonderful. That's what I meant. That's what I was saying, That's right? Very good. I don't know. I want to go it, home. You, but we're here with Reggie. Hey, Reggie, how are you doing? I'm very well. How, how, how are you doing, doing? Uh, Reginald? I'm doing great. Uh, we're here to talk about a book, though. We're here to talk about Aquaman. And while, while you were gone, uh, we obviously we were talking about Aquaman and it did become a book that I was looking forward to and a book that it wasn't actually I can't say looking forward to. I will tell you that it became a book that while we were doing the podcast and we'd have a bunch of books and I'd get down on things when we yeah. did have a week. And then when we got to Aquaman, 
it, it actually was better than a lot of the other books and and not it's true and, and better in the way that it didn't piss me off. Right. It's like right. when you have a kid and you have five kids, maybe boys, let's say, and, okay. you know, and really all of them really get on your nerves. But there's the one that just that day doesn't really piss you off. That, that That's the one you love that yeah. day. I'm he not goes saying, with you to Burger King yeah, that It doesn't, day. It doesn't that mean works. that I'm saying anything personal experience, but it's sure. one of those where when four are pissing you off and the one just doesn't, you don't have to do much to be good then. And that's kind of how Aquaman <laughs> has been. Until now, I'm telling you that the weird thing is, is that I think that you're bad luck for this book, Reggie. You came back and and I kind of once you came back and we did have this lighthouse stuff that you weren't down with either. And, and, you know, the whole deal with the sea gods and they're setting up the lighthouse and things like that. Well, now in this issue, we're we're kind of a little scattered. We kind of have I I just the focus of this book has been completely lost. Without burying the lead of, you know, what mm-hmm. we'll talk about, what I said in my review is that the biggest disappointment in this book, really since Jeff Johns wrote it, definitely throughout the whole rebirth time up till now, is that it's never really gotten bad. And in fact, when we look at it visually, visually sometimes it's, it's really gotten good. really yeah, good. Yeah, uh, other times, good. you know, not, not as good, but overall really good. But it's just very forgettable, yeah, long, it's like drawn safe. out stuff. You know what if I you, mean? That's exactly yeah, it. If, that's you were, it if you're already an Aquaman fan, well, I'm sure this is fine with you, but I couldn't imagine anybody getting drawn in by this. No, well, here's the thing. Being like, what's, wow, that's my favorite character. What's like, what weird about it is I see a lot of Aquaman fans that we know. Aqua Anders is on Twitter, oh, yes. you know, and uh, Gareth is a Aquaman fan on He's Twitter. He's a big Aquaman and fan. Boy, yeah. They do not like this. And, and I don't, it, it's weird. And I think that where we don't mind, because, you know, the three of us, we're not exactly the biggest Aquaman fan. No. So I guess that we can kind of forgive a little of it not really being an Aquaman book because I, to them, that's what they say. Like, boy, this, uh, you know, when we get an Aquaman book, actually call me because I don't see Aquaman in this book. And yeah, he had his memories taken away. But in this, it's weird because you do have him show up in Justice League now. You are dealing with all of these things. And I think that this Aquaman book of all, you know, of most of these books in the DCU now, it's like, okay, let's put him aside here. He's back at Amnesty Bay, but kind of put him aside. We're not going to deal with Mara at this moment. Just have him there in Amnesty Bay and tell a little story. And it's just seems weird it doesn't seem right it's still i i actually feel like this is less of a story that seems to be in the dcu than when he was on the dream island of the gods that that felt to me more i mean Aquaman. Uh, yeah this is more but, of but, but, yeah, you're right i mean this this could almost be anybody really yeah. you know there's all there's very if there is some aquaman power going on in yeah, this but yeah. And and of be, course they're in the water, in but Wonder Woman or yeah, anything. It's, it's yeah. weird with that. But give us give us your intro, and then we'll get into it. Well, I'll, I'm glad to hear this is the last issue of the new Fifty Two. Obviously, right? It's Aquaman number Fifty Two. Yes, and there uh, you go. writer is Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, pencils by Robson Roca, inked by Daniel Enriquez, colored by Sonny Go. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. What have we here? What did you expect? Aquaman hints at what happens next. And you might think it's all right or it's okay. But there's nothing noteworthy happening today. They'll tease a tale that seems full of joy. But the issue at hand is null and void. What can I say? The audience is snoring. They even made a 10-ton robot boring. Uh, Yes, indeed. 
Yes, there you, it yeah. is. And and the weird thing about the robot. Had a little flub there, but I, you know, I did just write the <laughs> yes, rhyme. Yes, indeed. You, right. <laughs> I, I thought that that was freestyle, as the kids say. Oh, Isn't that dome, what the kids off say? The dome, uh, yeah, and, do. and with yeah. that, you are going to get this black mana, you know, year of the villain offer deal, but not much of that. Daddy. And, and that actually confused me a little. And it, it was funny. And the, the, the thing that I don't like about it is, as you get that, and we'll just talk about that real quick, because basically it's, it's, uh, it's a black mana with the mecha daddy black mana robot who then well then he says to him black mana is able to like check settings what do you want stop calling me son call me captain i i captain i'm like oh that that was kind of the fun to me that that was the funny thing about it but lex didn't mention that the thing was imbued with his father's personality he kind of said it was his dad he He said i'm giving you my dad but this spells it out more this actually gives you the full idea of and it would have been funny with if it it was just a robot that he was supposed to hug it was like my buddy but it was uh, Black Matter's dad. <laughs> oh, thanks there, Lex. Wherever I got a you robot. Go, he he goes. goes. He's like, hey, dad, <laughs> can you take me out to the park to throw a ball? That does not compute. You ain't my dad. <laughs> like, I love it too. It's my like, daddy. It, it really, my daddy. <laughs> I really would have liked that robot to show up actually and like, come on, Black Manta, clean up your room. You ain't my dad. Get out of here. <laughs> Cry, cry. Hey, I learned you, it by watching you. <laughs> that would be the best. Hey, Dad, you want to go throw the ball around? No, I do not. You are my dad. You are. Uh, actually, it is like, why are you Spot on, Why robot. are you drinking that motor oil? Who did you learn that from? I learned it from you, Dad. Oh, no. I'm a bad I'm not father. a smart man. Where is my world's greatest dad mug? I must shatter it. Yeah, so you had that, but wow. I thought that the fun of that would have been, you know, and we still may get a little of it, but I really wanted him to keep calling him son. And then eventually, where Black Man is just like, this is nonsense. Lex is ridiculous. I mean, he, he like basically turned it off yeah. right well, away. That's what I'm just, saying. I, I assume it's not off for good, but it was kind of like, well, that was like the only and, interesting but, lead and, there, and, and, and now I, there's nothing. What I needed to have, and this is all I wanted from all of this, is the idea that you'd have black man. He's like, this is nonsense. You know what? I hate this. This is like back in, you know, 10 years ago when I lost my favorite book. You mean 1984? Oh, my. You know that, Daddy? And all of Whoa. a sudden, black man ends up being so attached <laughs> to robot daddy and then uh, then Aquaman <laughs> kills the robot. Boom, we have it again. Oh. It's a never-ending circle. It would have made me laugh. I would have laughed so hard if, if it would have that been the deal. That might be what happens, oh, I actually. Think it's that going could, to that be. would be pretty I hilarious. I think it's going to happen. And, and really, at the point where it's the whole deal where you have the AI. You I'm telling daddy. you, this is the thing. You have to have it where the Mecha Daddy is now convinced Black Mana that he shouldn't be mad at Aquaman. He's like, listen, Aquaman did do this to me it, it was a coincidence <laughs> and, and then you have black men it's like you know what daddy you're right and having you back this is great i love you and then out of nowhere aquaman beheads him just right there and now game's on again i would laugh and then we'd have a re- I think one of my favorite things about 
one of my favorite things about this giant mecha, uh, despite being technologically advanced and probably with the with the most latest up to date yeah. technology, is it still talks like the robot from Small World. <laughs> That's what it would happen. So to I do, do, I do like that. And then actually, what would happen too before he gets beheaded and the game is back on between Aquaman and Black Mana, they uh, they do go to a fair and they're walking around and there's a guy there and he's smoking and then the Black Mana mecha dad he's like that man is on fire. Having all the problems that Small Wonder had. He can't understand things. Can't I, must, understand real I life. must put out that fire and ends up drowning the poor guy. The guy dies. Oh, no. Not again. We must that hide. Be, that would be yeah, that would be great. Wouldn't that admit. be great? Yeah. See, there's, there's a, a more fun time with the Aquamans. Because uh, in this... What we're going to get is, you know, the Cthulhu monster that we had kind of before that ended up the drunk sea captain who was mentioned, Mauer, who at the Are point- you guys all ready for all of that force setup we had over the oh, past yeah. two issues yeah. where Erica was talking the story about that Captain Mauer? Everybody his, loves uh, like, this you know, Captain Mauer. They yep. love this dude. That's all we can fucking talk about. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know what? Now he has to show up. I'm like- you really, really fucking forced yeah. this goddamn part of the story and, and in here. Like, to, you were not subtle about this at all. Even to the point, because you have the Cthulhu monster attack, and you have Jackson, Jackson Hyde, Aqualad. He, he's on the attack. So he's like, all right, man. Oh, holy crap. This just looks like it's straight out of a short story from Mauer. I'm like, really? You are in <laughs> the, an attack right now, and that's what you're going to throw out because <laughs> it is. I mean, there's no doubt that it is. Yeah. And then – he starts doing his role-playing game stuff. And Kelly Sue DeConnick is, in my mind, she's like, all right, you know, those kids nowadays, they love the D&D. Well, they really don't. It's more of uh, people her age and our age that are kind of, you know, going back to that. One person's D&D is another person's Unicron, is what I say all the time, right? right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and both of those groups should grow up. D&D, $600? Yeah, no, no, it could be. Uh, But so they end up with an attack. So you have the force deal of Jackson, where he's like, oh, man, I fought a thing like this in an RPG. I attacked the monster with my plus three water bearers. I'm like, really? You're really going into this, you know, with that? And and then continue. Superhero, not a larp. Yeah. And the then, fuck and down, then I'm ready for him to shoot his magic missile. And then with that, <laughs> he also then then he says. <laughs> He gets a hit because he's attacking and then he gets, you know, squished by the Cthulhu monster goes, ah, saving throw, huh? I see how you do. And that doesn't jive in my mind. The games that I play, Shut up, you, you wouldn't attack a monster uh-huh. where he could then do a saving throw that would do a counterattack to, you know, do that. You poison somebody, a trap, they're saving throws. And this doesn't make sense. And I'm really angry about it is what I'm saying here. Uh-huh. But even that when he's like, saving throw, Nerd. huh? I want this Cthulhu monster to go, you're taking this too far, Jackson. You don't need to keep doing the RPG references. But he's there and and the dialogue in this book yes grow up pal (laughs) this is real life uh so go i'm a monster i'm a monster you're not hanging out in the woods with your loser buddies uh, so he's there, huh? I see how you do. I you go still play D and D in the woods with your no, loser that buddies. Was, that was more larping, Eric. If you would care, <laughs> catch uh, up here. So that's when you remember sorry, the, sorry. the video that we used to like to see, where those guys in the woods yelling magic missile. 
Yeah, dude, I knew a guy used to make fun of him uh, so much. I love that. That that makes me smile. He's so into it. I, I'm not smiling with them though, Eric. So yeah, and oh, I'm, no. I'm telling you, half the this audience is, is gone. Uh, but yeah, then he yells, and this is where I don't know what happened because Kelly Sue DeConnick, in my mind, was writing a book with pretty good dialogue. The dialogue was never a problem in my mind. This it's issue, Jackson. It's Jackson that it doesn't oh, there, seem there's like a she couple knows spots. how to Maybe write. it is him. But there are some spots in here where yeah. I felt the dialogue just the took dialogue a tank. Just I don't know takes what a happened. Tank. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And with Jackson, go all stabby, yeah, that's stabby. It. <laughs> that, that right there was when, and even the you know, oh, saving throw, hum. I see how you do. I go all stabby, stabby now. Oh I'm well, like, you see, you don't understand that because he's talking like he's from the streets, y'all. I guess he is, you there, know? but he's and also playing you guys don't understand how it is. I guess you know? it, I guess that's true. <laughs> I don't uh, you understand know, a lot of things. It's the streets. It, it's the oh, streets man, they that they play keep so much D and D on the streets, y'all. I that know, shit really. keeps you G boned. That's that's what happens. They're like, hey, we're rolling dice in the alley. They're actually rolling twenty sided and four sided <laughs> dice. Now. Let me put my cloak on. That's what happens. My cloak of invisibility. They're like, no, I can see you, stabby, stabby, and right. then you're dead. Oh God! Yeah, so Streets. he he's trying to get off of this Cthulhu monster because you you end up having uh, the one guy in trouble. He's trying to save uh, Rick, right? Is who he's trying. Oh, Ralph, yes. I mean, he's trying to save Ralph. And if you remember the piece when, of shit yeah, when Ralph this whole story. when Ralph was introduced, he was such a piece of shit that when he came back to this island, we don't with serve food, your kind here. Yeah, he, that's guys, what he said. That's right. We don't yeah, serve really. your kind here. That and, and robots get out he ended up when i thought that this guy was such a piece of shit that when he ended up bringing food to the island a couple issues ago i told eric that i swore it was poison i thought that that's where he yeah. was like full out he was gonna poison them uh but now and they're just going he's trying to save the tail while on Aquaman, his way back with his crate of poison food thankfully he was attacked by yeah, Cthulhu he was attacked monster. by Cthulhu monster <laughs> and he is in the wreckage here and Aquaman he's like hey the you say may Ralph, or may not have been poisoned we may don't or may not be I think it is you need a saving throw when you eat it uh, you have Aquaman he's attacking the Cthulhu monster there while Jackson tries to save Ralph and really the thing that saves the day is only the fact that Aquaman gets thrown into the lighthouse which then bursts in flame like that i mean really this explosion now, this is, scene, is horrific didn't, didn't you get the impression and i really we're also going to reveal the amazing fact about the cthulhu monster in a second but yeah. you get the impression that the cthulhu monster bites aquaman and really hurts him like yeah, for, I, and I for a second he, i was like oh, wow he might lose blood. his legs here you know i what thought I mean? he like, lost everything waist uh, down there yeah i thought holy crap then, he just all of a sudden he's quint at the end of jaws that's what i thought <laughs> that's what it was smile you son of a bitch and it does yeah it looks Roy bad Schneider. you see i know i'm just saying you you end up seeing maybe some blood there but it is more the cthulhu monster i like to blood, think that's all the cthulhu's blood yeah it seems to be but there's a lot of teeth to be dead it's like you know a, a, a work site where you know you have PennDOT out there you got 17 people nobody's doing the job here that's like these teeth there's like 80 teeth <laughs> what what tooth is doing a job they're yeah. all standing around looking at the other tooth they're all and, and soft nothing's all happening. the teeth are soft and i'm telling you there's a lot of teeth to have nothing happen <laughs> but yeah he throws them into the lighthouse the lighthouse goes out that seems to be what makes the cthulhu monster disappear like you said by the end you end up seeing pretty much what the reveal will be but before that ralph turns died. out old ralph's funeral ralph has himself died. a goddamn gate crasher in the form yeah, really. of captain mauer yeah Captain Mauer Captain back. The drunken sea captain, speaking of Quint, has shown up uh, at the end. But they, you know, they have a a funeral for Ralph, 
right? And through all this, it looks as if you're getting a lot of the uh, dialogue maybe from the Mauer books. There's also this. It could be from the priest there with the funeral, all this stuff going on. The I'm problem sitting is- there, I'm like, this might as well just be H.P. Lovecraft. None of this yeah, really yeah. matters yeah, to anything that we're dealing and, with. It's just fancy this, narration though, to go through. I know it's only, you know, it's what? One page, two pages. It's like three pages for a funeral three for Ralph. Three page four? Well, it's, it's this funeral for Ralph, for a guy that was a piece of shit and we didn't know. Why are we wasting our time Look, with this funeral? He was a there's, piece of shit, but he was their piece of shit. <laughs> He's still Everybody's human. Everybody's got one. Listen, I'm a psycho. I, I don't care about life. Yeah, that's but, actually you the know, same thing you the, said about your dad. It's funny. Really? Well, that is true. I'm like, I hardly know him, and he's a piece of shit. Eulogy. Why would I go? I'm like, really? Eulogy well, by Jim Warner. I, I didn't go. I, I actually didn't go to the funeral. So there, take that. The joke's on me. Uh, but uh, so you have this here, and I don't know Ralph. I don't care to know Ralph. I, I hated Ralph. What little and I you saw. never will now. Yeah, and now we have a funeral. I'm like. Did you just not have a lot of story here? Because we a just had an for a ext- friend you haven't we, met yet. Yeah, really. Isn't a funeral a friend you haven't met? <laughs> you, you have this where we get to, we end up getting to 19 pages almost of like, what really happened here? We had a lot of saving throws. We learned that stabby, Jackson, stabby. Jackson, stabby, stabby from the street, though he's a D&D fan. Also, the idea, I love the fact too, that at the point Jackson is trying to save Ralph, but it's really using it in his own way and self-centered way of trying to tell everybody that he's not a criminal, he's a superhero. He says that to pretty much the dead body of Ralph, who's floating <laughs> like, see, I told you I was a superhero. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, yeah. God, I got to get there. But it's really like he's only there to save Ralph just to prove that, that he, he shouldn't have been yeah. arrested right. before. And that, that's the deal. But yeah, you end up with the black mana stuff and they're diving deep, you know, deep dive in the ocean to go get something. And, you know, you have it's like almost like you knew, uh, you know, Atlantis, but you didn't know, uh, you know, Atlantis, pre-Atlantis. And like, all right, here we go. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. You didn't know Hotlantis. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, <laughs> you didn't know that under Atlantis you had Hotlantis. And let me tell you about Freak. I'll tell you about that. You are going to like this, Black Man. Let's go. And so when, when you're doing this, though, I will say one thing for Kelly Sue DeConnick here. I did like the way that this was kind of spelled out where you had, you know, the Black Mana stuff a little bit better than just full out in the beginning, full out at the end. I like that it was kind of spread out a little as we went. But in the meantime, with this, you end up the funeral, you see Black Mana, and the whole thing ends then with Aquaman just standing there looking at the ocean on a pier Next to a guy in a hood who just starts talking to him. If this was me, I'd run. I would not want a guy in this hood. This is you know, too you know, close here, buddy. Yeah, I'm like, listen, I, I'm Personal a hoodie space. fan, but really, you know, I don't know who you are. But Aquaman is is a nice guy, and he's like, hey, old salt, a little too nice. Y- you're you have a way with a phrase. <laughs> just like, there. He's a nice guy. And I'm like, have anybody came up to me? What's up, old salt? I'm like, yeah, the fuck you. Get I'm off telling you, me that. when all of a sudden you have them just standing there, and is it as simple as that? You think good heart and bad seems to me we're all a mix of both and i'm like who the hell are you like yeah, really? who, tristram who, who got this guy going <laughs> yeah. he's like what the hell and then he's like you know what 
you have a phrase. You have a way with a phrase, old salt. Uh, and to me, in Amnesty Bay, that's as good as two you taps me. and a thing at the stall. I mean, yeah. shit's about to go yeah, down. Really. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Let's do it. I really and and, <laughs> and and really, wouldn't you think in Amnesty Bay you would do that at the end of the pier? You sure. just stand in there. You have some phrases in public. And he's like, "Yeah, that's Amnesty. What happens in Amnesty Bay? You know, stays." And he's like, "Have we met? I'm Arthur." Arthur Curry, pleased to make your acquaintance, lad. I'm Tristram Mauer, one of the worst mouthfeel words yeah, that I've ever had the Maurer. pleasure of saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I'm like, Tristram Mauer. It, it, it sounds it, like it, you're better, saying if you, it. If you are drunk while you say it, you actually drunk will say it better. Or possibly yeah. have just rocks in your mouth. <laughs> and, and then you can say it. All of a sudden, you'll become this guy's best friend. But he's like, for 200 Tristram. years, I've been away from my beloved amnesty. Right there, Aquaman should be like, Hold on a minute. What, what did you just say? 200 years. I, like, also, we all know that Aquaman, he has a lot of powers. He can breathe underwater. He can talk to fish. He sure. does have a very big weakness that we find out in this issue, in this cliffhanger. He cannot he see shadows. <laughs> the shadow behind Tristram is showing you that he's the Cthulhu monster. Yeah. And plain oh, and no. clear, Aquaman can't see it. He, he's, he doesn't see shit. He's like a weird type of vampire that not – he casts a shadow. He just can't see it. <laughs> he can't see so shadows, that's the, right. Or he can't see shadows. And unfortunately for Aquaman, he goes around thinking everybody's a vampire. And it, it drives him nuts. He's a vampire hunter, but he thinks everybody's a vampire. But, yeah, you see through the shadow. And, and it's so funny, too, because as this is going on, you have this Tristram Mauer thrown in. Why ruin the – kind of the cliffhanger deal of why show that shadow i mean really that's your big mystery that's the fun you can kind of guess at I mean, it seeing even that without, shadow it's just like slapped noticing, in your face even without well, you noticing the shadow which i didn't really notice the first time i noticed it when i was writing my review yeah. and i looked at it the second time you kind of get the you, idea you that the there hint, was but there I was, like a, there was the a connection hint. there but yeah yes a, there's a very big connection and i just <laughs> think that kelly sue DeConnick goes that little extra step that she really didn't need and now i'm thinking it couldn't be a red herring, right? I mean, everything is just straight out there that Tristram yeah. Mauer is the deal. And uh, yeah, so there you go. And it ends. And by the end, I'm just like, I really didn't get a lot of Aquaman here. No, nope. uh, I didn't get a lot of things that really I liked. It was a big fight. The art's great. But yeah. really, the whole idea of the story, nothing. It's yeah, like it's a okay. lot of Jackson sm- High continues to look odd this issue. Oh, times. He- yeah, well, this is what I'm saying now. Like when he's jumping to attack that the Cthulhu monster, and he has that crazy look that's very similar he to crosses when he jumps off the or, cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he has the swords, it looks very even before that when he just has the swords. When he says, "I see you, Ralph." Hang on, he looks very much like he did where it looked like he was a dog hanging out a window with the you know the <laughs> air issue, on him. Yeah. And uh, so jumping when you see cliff. this. I don't think the art's bad anymore. I just think he has a very odd look. Like that is his normal look, and they're just going. Just be ugly. That's all. He's got problems. That's the problem thing. He's ugly. Uh, You ugly. But yeah, I uh, I like the art though. Throughout, it's just the story's nothing. And and also, I keep thinking like you saved these sea gods. You did all this work for him. You ended up bringing him to Amnesty Bay. You set up this, you know, you rebuilt the lighthouse. You ended up doing this whole deal. And then they can't do shit. They're all standing. Where are they? Where are they? Well, we rebuilt that monster. goddamn lighthouse. Well, this is the thing. Now I realize that they built that re- the, the lighthouse. They rebuilt it. It was on an Indian burial ground or some shit like that here. <laughs> shit's gone wrong. They yeah, that's what it ends bodies. up being. It really does. Yeah, it really does end up being that uh, cliche. But where are they when this attack is going? 
going on. You end up seeing Kaylee. She grabs uh, the little kid and goes off, but she can kind of get that. The others just run for the hills, it looks like. These are sea gods. And you see that, like, Kelly, she has her power. So I would think they could go back to see God deal and kind of fight. They don't. And I just think that it's because that didn't that wouldn't serve the purpose of the story. And it's kind of, to me, you know, a little odd that they even you, if they you don't get is that they're sea gods. When they see gods, they run yeah, for the really, hills. They run well. gods. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like, that's, that's really. Like, I thought you were a sea god. Yeah, I saw a god. I got the hell out of there. But yeah, so it's just, it's weird. And and I'm telling you, even, I don't know why, but when Rouse Funeral, I'm just thinking that they were trying to grab on the, like, a Yondu type thing from Guardians of the Galaxy. And it didn't, it, it didn't mean anything. It really didn't mean anything to have that funeral. And it lasted too long. Uh, but, Reggie, what did you give it? Uh, you know, this, this title, like you said, the art, I think, is solid. Uh, I wish there had been a little more Cthulhu detail, but overall, that monster looked pretty cool, and the scenes yeah. all made sense, and, like, I can read it with no problem, but this title just continues to be talking about what's going to happen next, and it's like, we yeah. keep we keep looking to the future, and nothing ever really occurs of note, you know? This, this issue also, strangely in particular... Uh, had a lot of problems, I thought, with dialogue. Just a lot of weirdly clunky dialogue. Yeah, and, which, and that's never been a problem. No, it gave me the impression that the, it was an editorial thing. Because, like I say, Kelly Sue DeConnick has been pretty okay, as I remember, with the dialogue. And it didn't stick out yeah. to me as being overly weird. Whereas there were a few phrases in here that were just seemed awkward and, and cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, but really, my main problem is this book is all about what's happening next month. And then nothing happens next month. So... I ended up giving this a very middle-of-the-road 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going 6 out of 10 as well. Uh, How about you, Eric? 5.1 out of 10. There's not a lot going on here except for a big fight with Cthulhu and all the stuff with Captain Mauer. It's just so forced. But I'm telling you, we have Erica started out in issue number 50 where she's at an AA meeting. It seems like, let me tell you a story about old Captain Mauer. And then when we're we're rebuilding a, we're building a city or a town for the sea gods, let's sit around the fire and talk about old Captain Mauer. Hell, even Jackson Hyde, he plays video games based on the stories of Captain Mauer. He's a weird old guy. Hey, there's Captain Mauer. Oh, fuck. Weird. It's just everything just felt so forced to get us to this point yeah. here for this Cthulhu monster. I'm like, I what? don't even know why we rebuilt the lighthouse yeah. on this island because why did the sea guys need the last? Across the fucking bay, we have another lighthouse. We don't need another one. You know, it you just, don't want the sea guys living with me. you. Tried to give them their own lighthouse. It didn't make any sense. In fact, you, you don't say need that. To live in a lighthouse. It's funny to me you say that. They did. Why, if they're living, why did the lighthouse ever have to be functioning? Like, like the thing is now there's two lighthouses. This well, seems to make. Well, if you build a fucking lighthouse, it better be fucking functioning at this point. You go through all that process. I've never seen a place where within a mile or less there's two lighthouses. I have a feeling this is going to cause a lot of shipwrecks where you're, you're going from one, then the other's yeah. going. You, you're not going to know what's going on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what's going on here? I mean, it would be like having a red light and a green light and one light, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I have to do. Uh, it, it I'm is going, odd. Though. Why would they have it function i I don't know maybe just to do it i guess but you know i I agree with you though everything was i'll give it a six i'm gonna be a little uh more lenient on it's just not it's just not crappy you know what i mean like it's not a garbage book it's just very unremarkable except for eric who thinks it's a garbage book i was excited to get I was excited to get Jackson Hyde back, but now he's just like a fucking caricature of himself. Stabby, stabby. I do the RPGs. I'm like, what happened to you, kid? I liked you. Now you're just yeah. kind of ridiculous. 
Yeah. Yeah. So eh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Stop, it's one of those that I said. A lot of the people who are Aquaman fans that we talk to on Twitter just hate it. And I even saw one where you we put up your review. Uh, I tweeted and then they tweeted back like, I gave it a two. Something like that yeah, from they from are, some they are like, a lot oh, harsher than I am. That's for sure. Yeah, they are pretty harsh. I mean, it makes Eric Shea look like sunshine over there, and that, that oh, takes boy. that really sunshine takes and lollipops. Life. Sunshine and lollipops, indeed. But that is that. Thank you, Reggie, for Thank joining guys. us. And then we're gonna go off to uh, something else. Hello there, and welcome to. Well, it's not the Orlando Zone, because there is nothing remotely Orlando-ish on it. Well, I say that, actually. <laughs> actually, I need to come up with a different name for this. I don't know. I'll I'll have a think about it. For the moment, this is the uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen and Inferior 5 bit of the podcast, okay? Two distinctly weird 12-issue miniseries. Maxi series. That's what they are, isn't it? Maxi series. No idea why either of these two uh, books exist. Not really sure what they're doing. Not really sure what to make of them. I, I kind of enjoy them. Uh, but I, I'm like, DC, well, what the hell? <laughs> you could have a Firestorm book. Uh, you could have, I don't know, you could have a JSA book. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, but, but you don't. You've, you've got these instead. Um, it's all very weird, isn't it? Isn't it weird how, how like you can get your priorities really, really badly wrong? Uh, and I feel that might be what DC is doing at the moment. I mean, I, I'm all for, uh, for sort of, you know, DC having a diverse roster of titles and what have you. Um, but this is just bizarre. <laughs> it's, it's really, really bizarre. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to start with uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, uh, issue number three. I think I like this one a bit better than I did last month's. Last month's was a tad repetitive and it didn't seem to be going anywhere. This month's uh, is a little bit better and does seem to be going somewhere. It's just going that place very slowly, which is an issue. Uh, right, shall we just dive in? Uh, it's Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, issue number three, is written by Matt Fraction. I have to kind of pinch myself and remind myself that that is actually who is writing this. Uh, I know some people don't like Fraction. I do. I, I, I think he's, I think he's very good. Part of the problem with Fraction is that I think, um, he relies perhaps a little bit too much on a kind of flip, sort of knowing style. Because that served him well in the past. Uh, that's not to say that it's all superficial and kind of surface and self-referential. Um, there's there's some interesting stuff there as well, and he's capable of of, of writing some really quite heartfelt stuff. But there is that kind of a kind of cleverness to him and kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of aspect to him. I don't know. I don't necessarily think those are bad things. I, I just think it's kind of interesting. Well, what, what's interesting about this uh, this week actually is that we're going to be looking at uh, two books, one after the other, uh, both of whom are written by people who who had quite well regarded runs on Hawkeye a few years back. So that's that's kind of a, a weird and interesting link. I will throw out there. Uh, okay, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, number three, written by Matt Fraction, art by Steve Lieber. Colors are by Nathan Fairburn, um, uh, who is, if memory serves me, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of Grant Morrison's go-to 
uh, colorist. What a really weird thing to say. He's 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 not Grant Morrison's go. He's uh, he's Chris Burnham's go to colorist. I think uh, is who he is. Uh, letters are by Clayton Cowles. You, you must excuse me, by the way. It's very warm uh, outside, uh, which is unusual uh, for uh, for the UK at this time of the year. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit muzzy headed. It's published by DC Comics, and the the price is three dollars and ninety nine cents. Jimmy's dead and hiding out in Gotham City. Back in the past, his ancestor Joachim is about to have his revenge on the man who tried to kill him. Lex Luthor is opening boxes, Lois Lane is knocking on doors, and Superman hears all. That's right, it's another ring-ding knockabout slice of what-the-hell's-going-on-here comic book self-indulgence. Roll up and dive in. And as we have been uh, for the last couple of months, uh, we've got uh, a two-page kind of opening of this... um, ancestor of Jimmy's, which is Joachim Olsen. And uh, I, I just think these, these, I, I think this kind of structure that, and I understand why he's done it. Cause obviously the, the Joachim Olsen thing is, is kind of the, uh, the first chronological story. And, and I guess you kind of need that. And, and it's, to be fair, it's not very long. It's, it's, it's two pages an issue, but I do think it's a mistake. Because there's not much fun to be had in the Joachim Olsen stuff. This particular section, he's about to kill um, Luthaeus Alexander. That's a, that's a mysteriously familiar name. Um, who is the guy who tried to kill him? And he's about to, to have him hung in a sort of uh, uh, in a kind of frontier justice kind of style. And then um, Luthaeus kind of says something to him. He says, Mark my words, the Alexanders shall spend the rest of our days making the rest of yours rife with torment and replete with sorrow, Olsen. We will own this town one day and everyone in it just wait. And, and kind of this seems to give... Uh, Olsen pause for thought, although why it would, I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, he ends up kind of taking, or having him taken down from the gibbet. He's kind of stood there with the noose around his neck, about to be hung, and Olsen uh, has him taken down, and instead he's driven out of town, having been tarred and feathered, which obviously is is very embarrassing. And, and, and fairly obviously, this Luthaeus character is, is uh, a descendant of Luther. And of course, we, we were told in issue one that the Luthers, uh, were newcomers to, uh, Metropolis. And, um, this, that then makes sense that there, there is this kind of history between the secret history between Olsen and, uh, between the Olsons and, and the Luthers. Uh, but they they weren't around for a significant portion of the development of Metropolis, and um, uh, they they've kind of come back to it late after having been exiled from it early on. That's kind of an interesting idea. And then the story kind of ends with, or that that section of the story ends with um, with Olsen kind of looking uh, ahead through a an eyeglass and uh and saying that it's it's time to start building so Olsen is kind of seen as this sort of visionary kind of uh architect or visionary founder of of metropolis which is kind of interesting um there's a little bit of a uh there's a, there is a and Lieberzart is great here i mean i mean he looks you know Olsen looks nordic you know he he's got 
he's got a very kind of Scandinavian kind of cast to his to his face and and, and his facial features. It's it's kind of is impressive art. Then, then we get Luther, who is uh, Lex Luther, that is in the present day, who's being brought a um, a time capsule that apparently was uh, was hidden underneath the Luther Lion. Um, whose other name is the Monarch of Metropolis, weirdly. He's brought this box by a woman called Miss Tessmacher, and um, it's got various sort of artifacts in it, including the eyeglass, through which we've just seen Jericho Molson kind of gazing into the into the future, as it were. It's kind of an interesting connection, but we don't, we don't really get much... Uh, we don't get anything else... Uh, really from that uh there's a like an old derringer pistol and what have you in there and some photographs and what have you but um yeah it's it, it's a nicely i mean i mean here's the thing you know all these sort of vignettes are kind of nicely done uh the problem is is that is that kind of together they don't really make for a satisfying issue Anyway, the next one, uh, the next section is it's a kind of it, it's it's a way of of explaining what happened in issue one, uh, which is how how did uh, the metamorpho DNA that Jimmy was going to be injected with get mixed up with the turtle DNA, and we now find out that there was a uh, a technician on board the uh, the space shuttle flight who has been uh, coerced really uh his family are being uh, he's it, he's being threatened that his family will be will be killed uh unless he makes this switch of dna so so it would seem that the the switch of uh, of mitomorphos dna with uh, with the turtles dna was deliberate we then get, and, and it's, it's one of the nicest sequence, I say nicest, it's one of the most effective sequence of panels in the entire issue, which is, uh, of this guy driving home, uh, at night, having, uh, having administered the, uh, the DNA. And, um, he's kind of going around a, a bend out in a country road and he goes off the road. Basically, uh, and it's it's just the the sequence of four panels is kind of showing him kind of uh, kind of crashing through the barrier and 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 the car going off the road, and it it does it looks really good. It does look really good. It's 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 a nice piece of storytelling. Lieb is great. I, I've never seen him before. I I I don't know where he's uh, where he's come from, but his stuff is really good. It's really nice art um, and uh, very effective. Uh, Again, the, the, the problem here is, is, is we've not had much Jimmy up to now. We've had like seven pages, I think it is. And, uh, we, we just haven't had anything, you know, to get our teeth into. The, the Lex thing, uh, is kind of interesting and it, and it shows a link between the past and, and the present. Uh, this is purely, well, it's not purely, but it's, it's mostly filling in a gap. And answering questions that I'm not sure we were we were desperate to have answered, really. But you know, okay. <laughs> um, so the next one uh, is uh, is is even more ludicrous and even more out of left field. And this is the porcadillo one. And the the issue here is 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 that you get this this guy dressed in a porc porcupine 
sort of armadillo hybrid suit. I don't know what, actually, I don't know whether it is a suit or whether it's his skin. I think it might be his skin. Uh, so he's kind of, he's kind of got, got the, the hide of an armadillo, but he can also, he's also got these quills kind of coming out of him and he, and he barges into, uh, a lawyer's office. And this is, it is kind of funny, this, although it is also kind of tragic as well. Um, and he's kind of threatening, uh, this guy Ed Lynch, who is the, the, you know, the, the, this sequence is called the Judgment of Ed Lynch, the Landlord Lawyer. Why he's significant, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But Pocadillo ends up killing him, whether by accident or by design, is difficult is difficult to tell. And then he kind of just disappears, and and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> what, what what is this? What, what, why is this in here? Why is it so important? And we just don't, we don't really know. It's very weird. Uh, the next section, you'll be next time, I'm going through these quite quickly because, because they are quick. They're, they're, they're kind of like pithy little, little bits that kind of, um, provide different details of the, of the overall story without really kind of advancing the story very quickly at all and they're well written i'm not i'm not saying that they're not they're not well written they they are well written and they are kind of entertaining but at the same time you get this kind of thing like you know i I just want to kind of move forward a bit and 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 kind of get my teeth into something here and and it's it's you just don't get it (coughs) Uh, fairly obviously we know that uh that jimmy olsen has faked his own death we now find out how he did that um, it turns out that he's uh, working with a chap called Dr. Mantell, uh, who has been, um, trying to harness the power of black holes, uh, by miniaturizing himself. Uh, it's all happening on the kind of the microcosmic level. Um, and this is in a lab where, where Clark and Lois are, and Clark and Lois are kind of, are just wearing normal clothes. And Jimmy is, is, is kind of, is kind of shrunk down wearing a kind of hazard suit with this professor. Things go wrong. And, uh, while sort of, you know, Clark and Lois are kind of making, there's are, there are a couple of good gags in here actually, but, but, but while they're, while they're kind of making small talk and what have you, uh, Jimmy's having this sort of life and death experience with, uh, with Dr. Mantell and he kind of sees the doctor sort of die before his eyes. And he's obviously quite traumatized by it. And, and, um, Clark and, and Lois are just kind of, are kind of joking about it on the way back. And, and I, I just kind of thought, okay, the, the, the gag about the dinosaur with the little hands is, is that's, that's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll read the dialogue to you because, because it is, it is, it is quite well done. Uh, Clark kind of says to Lois, mankind may soon harness the power of the black hole. Gosh, Lois, I'm not sure the average citizen is ready for their own pet super dense gravity well, even if it does mean saving a few bucks on electricity. And Len Lois says, you know how scientists are, Clark, too preoccupied with whether they could do something, yada, 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 boom. Suddenly we have a dinosaur for Mare. And, and he says, how does he, Pass so much legislation with such little tiny arms. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> there's a number. Firstly, you know, dinosaur for myrrh is like, you know, because you can take that literally or you can take it figuratively. Um, the, the tiny little arms, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume is a, is a reference to, to Trump. <laughs> and, and it, which, which it, it does actually work quite well. 
Um, but anyway, it, it's a nice little kind of throwaway gag. The, the, the stuff afterwards is, is not though. I, I, I thought it was really kind of, I thought it was off because you, you've got, you've got clearly Jimmy is upset about this. And, and, and I understand what Fraction is doing here, by the way. I'll talk about that in a moment. You've got Jimmy still traumatized by his near death experience in the, in this sort of, you know, miniaturized universe. And, um, he he is he he just looks really really uh shocked and uh, dr mantel obviously has died and uh, clark is saying i guess you could say dr mantel's idea about capturing black holes really sucked and he's and he's laughing and lois is laughing and between the two of them so like jimmy's just stood there kind of looking up at clark like you scumbag you know this guy died why are you laughing about it it's just oh it's it's really odd what i think fraction is going for here is this um is this kind of silver age uh thing where you you would have sort of uh scientists kind of dying or, or sort of minor characters dying and then major characters kind of joking about not necessarily the fact that they're they're dead but but kind of having a moment of levity at the end of the issue when when actually that's that's kind of inappropriate and and i i get that i understand that i i just don't like it here i understand that sort of there's a kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of meta-commentary thing going on, and, and, and I kind of understand that. I think I think there are limits to that kind of approach, and I think we might we may just have hit one here. Anyway, the the fact that uh, we're coming up actually to my favourite bit of the issue, um, which is the metamorpho bit. Um, basically, um, Jimmy Olsen and Metamorpho are carrying uh, Doctor Mantel's. Uh, uh, parting gift uh, to Jimmy, which is a an assassination clone, an assassination decoy, which um, which clearly is is not remotely useful except for when it is, which is about now. So so he's carrying this sort of uh, life sized version of himself. Uh, covered in a sheet into his apartment while his landlord is kind of wondering what the hell's going on and sort of sort of Jimmy and Metamorpho are kind of carrying his in. Uh, then he had, and this, this, uh, this, uh, decoy is completely naked. So he's kind of got this decoy sat down and he looks just like Jimmy, but there's no life there. And, um, he's kind of explaining to sort of Metamorpho why Dr. Mantel's given him this and, and what have you. And then somebody starts shooting him, or shooting at him, I should say. And of course, they end up hitting the decoy, and the decoy ends up doing its job. And so this is how Jimmy, or this is why Jimmy has to go into hiding in Gotham City, because somebody's out to kill him, and it now looks like he's dead. There are a couple of nice bits to this. The, the, the nicest bit, I think, is when Metamorpho is hiding behind the, the, uh, the arm of the armchair, and Jimmy turns around and says, oh, hold on a moment, you, you, can, <laughs> you can turn into gas. You can, why are you hiding? behind the armchair and 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 uh, metamorpho kind of goes well it's just a natural human reaction just leave me alone and I, I, again it's kind of it's kind of lame and silly but i like it i do i do like it i i, I like fractions humor i i'm not 
I, I, some people don't. And, and I, I've, I've had conversations with, with people in Slack and on Twitter and, and what have you about Fraction. Uh, some people really like him. Some people don't. I quite like him. I, I, I think my issues are not really to do with his writing. They are to do with his plotting and some of the decisions that he's made, uh, well before he started writing this issue. And I think, um, well, we'll get to those in a minute. Um, so basically, Jimmy has to leave town. Uh, then we get a section where uh, Jimmy and um, there's a nice kind of uh, there are some nice little details here. There's a nice bit where kind of Jimmy lets lets Lois in because uh, Lois is banging on his door, and um, Lois uh, Lois breaks the chain because because the chain is made of of tin foil. Because he can't afford a proper chain. This is Jimmy. Jimmy can't afford a proper chain. And so what he does is he, 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 he makes a chain out of tin foil in the hope that it will fool anybody trying to get in. And I think there is something quite funny about that. Anyway, Lois, Lois and kind of Jimmy have a, have a conversation and it turns out that Jimmy has worked out who's trying to kill him and he thinks it's Lex Luthor. So, um, again, the art really lifts this. Um, because that's not really all that interesting, actually. But, but, but the art lifts it because, because you got Lois kind of looking genuinely kind of shocked behind him. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the whole issue, as I've just kind of explained it, and it's a really, it's a really unpleasant issue to talk about because, because I'm going to massive detail about about each individual section. And the, the, and you know, and if you were to, if you were to read it, the, there's some very rewarding stuff there. Some very, uh, very clever stuff. Very clever, clever gags. Some of the, some of the, some of the, the, the visual storytelling is just, is just fantastic. I mean, it is a quality product. The problem is, is that I'm like, okay, what, what, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's, what's the mystery? Uh, what, what, what can I get my teeth into? And the answer is, is not much really. Um, it's all just a little bit too scattershot. And, and, and I can't say, I don't believe for one moment that it is scattershot. I'm sure that Fraction has got a plan. It doesn't stop me feeling like this is a very unsatisfying issue. So I gave it 6.5. And, and a lot of that is art. The art really is very, very good. I, I, I think, you know, I, I said in my review, I think that this issue would, would read, sorry, this series would read perfectly well in trade, and I'm sure it will. Um, and the art is, is, is lovely. I, I just kind of find the whole thing really, really, really hard to kind of get a hold of conceptually. I mean, he's doing a better job this, uh, this month with connecting some of the different aspects together i mean to be honest with you the last two sections well actually no maybe the last three sections could could be presented as uh as parts of an over of an overall longer story that they're almost uh a more straightforward narrative but he's chosen to make them three discrete sections um i kind of understand why he's done that but i'm like i, I there's a part of me that just thinks this is just it's a bit too affected it's a bit too kind of knowing i said i said in my review on the site that it, it it's far too pleased with itself this comic um and i think i yeah i i think that's a good way of putting it i i, I, I there's a part of me that kind of thinks actually you know this is this is really good storytelling um and and really interesting but on the other hand you you kind of you're really pushing it. <laughs> there are times when I'm when I'm marking kids' books. There, there, there are times when 
uh, you always get get a kid who uh, who thinks they're clever, and um, and as a result of that, they they kind of write something sort of I suppose you can't kind of kind of say metafictional, you know. So they'll 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 put you as the as the villain or something, or they or they'll they'll talk about it. They'll have this kind of very jokey kind of. Uh, uh, sort of conversational style or whatever. And there's a part of me that kind of likes that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, it's nice to see you kind of pushing, pushing the boundaries and, and being a bit experimental. And that's, that's great. On the other hand, you're kind of pushing your luck. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to have like, uh, the, the teacher in, in the story or whatever, it's like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do there, but you, know, you just got to be careful. Um, I feel a little bit like that with Fraction here. Um, he's pushing his luck a bit. The, the, and, and, and there is some, every single section is introduced with a very kind of knowing, self-consciously, uh, flippant, uh, piece of narration that kind of deliberately apes the, the narration of the, of the sixties and seventies books. And, um, that's okay up to a point, but when you start doing it, I mean, I mean, basically you've got it. I think it's seven times, yeah, because it's like seven sections, or is it six? I can't remember. Six or seven sections this month, and so so you, you do that six or seven times. And it's like yeah, you you kind of you you're out wearing out your welcome here, Matt. <laughs> Gives a bit a bit of a of a more developed story, please. Thank you. That would be lovely. But the art is is wonderful. It really really is. I would love to see. Uh, Lieber on something like Doom Patrol. I think he would be, he'd be fantastic on that. I think he'd, he'd have a, he'd have an absolute blast. Um, but yeah, I, 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 six point five. I, I am denied about that. I, I, as indeed I did with the, with the issue that I'm going to talk about next. This, this was not a straightforward uh, assessment to arrive at. But yeah, 6.5. Right, we're going to have a little bit of a musical interlude. I have no idea what I'm going to play you, actually. It's just something, something short. <laughs> and then, um, we'll be back, uh, with the, inf- with the inferior five. And you see, you thought Jimmy Olsen was weird. Wait until you get a load of this. And we're back this time with the inferior five. Uh, yet another book. Uh, along with Gotham City Monsters and uh, the book we've just been talking about, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, it's yet another book that I'm scratching my head and uh, and wondering why it exists. But hey, it does, and uh, you need to know about it. <laughs> well, The Inferior Five uh, is written by Keith Giffen and Jeff Lemire. Uh, Giffen and Lemire are co-plotters, uh, Lemire does the scripting, which should, I hope, reassure Jim, uh, that the kind of sing-song dialogue that you sometimes got, the back-and-forth dialogue with Giffen in the past, isn't quite so prevalent, and it isn't. I think Lemire's dialogue is better, um, but they are both co-plotters, and, of course, Giffen is doing art. Now, well, there is a backup, actually, and, and Lemire does art for that as well, but, um, uh, Giffen's doing the, uh, the art, uh, Michel Delecky, 
uh, is on Inks. Uh, colors I buy are by Hi-Fi and letters are by Rob Lee. It is, of course, cost $3.99 and it is published by DC Comics. Although you may, like me, be wondering just why that is. <laughs> This is a book that is bizarre, I, and much more so even than Gotham City Monsters, and uh, certainly more so than Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I am well. Let Let's talk about it, <laughs> rather than me just sit here, kind of, kind of expressing how befuddled and bemused and baffled I am by the whole thing. Um, let's just dive in. <laughs> DC has a decidedly odd publishing strategy at the moment. Its main line of books is Compact. A small inner core of big characters' books continues to be published twice a month. A slightly larger outer core of monthly titles, most of which are connected with that group of big books, complements that inner core, and I'm including Wonder Comics in this section, they are connected by virtue of being curated by the writer of Superman and Action Comics, and one of the two main creative forces vying for authorial supremacy in the DC universe. What the hell are you talking about, Dor? Well, my theory is is that you've basically got two competing visions of what the DC universe should be. Uh, in fact, actually, technically, you might have four, uh, but the two main ones are Scott Snyder and Brian Michael Bendis. Um, you do have kind of Tom King on the periphery, but his star has well and truly fallen at this point. Um, and the other one, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the other one would be Jeff Johns, but he just ain't around. Um, so, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, as they say. And at the moment, we seem to be kind of having a, a tussle between uh, Bendis and... Uh, and Snyder. I say tussle. I, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting there's any bad blood between them. I, I, I just think that the way they have slightly different um, ideas about how the DC universe should look. They're kind of staying out of each other's way, uh, presumably out of mutual respect at the moment. Uh, but I think there is a there is a kind of tussle between the two of them, shall we say. Uh, they both have their their uh, their acolytes, their followers. Uh, it's a strange time to be a DC Comics fan. I, I am slightly over-egging the pudding on that, but, you know, I think there's something to it, nevertheless. And then, on the periphery, lurk some weird, quirky books whose reason for existing is not immediately obvious. Last week's Gotham City Monsters is one such book. This week's The Inferior Five is another. Let me explain why. Well, uh, what I'm going to do is go through the book uh, pretty quickly um, and you will probably see quite obviously, quite clearly, uh, why, uh, I, I say this is a, is such a weird, quirky book. Um, we start off with the revelation that this book is set just after Invasion. Now, there are all sorts of, of problems with that, uh, not least of which is, uh, whether, whether Invasion actually happened in this particular DC continuity. Uh, if it did happen, it happened a long time ago. Um, it, it, invasion was a, uh, a post crisis on infinite earths, uh, pre flashpoint event, uh, a mini event where basically the cuns and the dominators primarily, uh, joined forces to invade the earth and they were repelled by, uh, some, 
uh, superheroes. Uh, various other things happened. Meta bombs went off and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting series, short series, but an interesting series. Um, it's not exactly what you would call groundbreaking. It's not like going. It's not like revisiting Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, it, but it is, it is kind of, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's out there. Uh, what's interesting is that, um, as I said, this book is set just after the invasion. It's set in a place, uh, called Dangerfield, Arizona. And it opens with a, um, with somebody running through the desert and being chased. Well, I say being chased. We can't really see who's, who's chasing her. And when the, uh, the thing that seems to be pursuing her shows up. It's almost entirely static. And it is this, uh, this, this boy, um, who is, his face is entirely, and his head actually is entirely covered by, by, by a kind of a sacking mask. And, uh, on the mask, there is a red X. His ears are visible. It looks like in, in shape, it looks like he might be a dominator, but it's actually it's very difficult to tell. You can't tell, really. But anyway, it, it, and he is clearly kind of pursuing this, this girl. She looks like she's in her early teens, maybe. Uh, she's obviously kind of traumatized. Uh, she's running for her life. Uh, she says something quite interesting. She says, please just, just let me go this time. I won't tell anyone. I, I promise. And then suddenly this flash of light. Uh, kind of comes out from somewhere. I, was, I, I wanted to say it kind of comes out from the, it, it flashes down from the sky, but I'm not entirely sure that's true. Um, it, it, there is a flash of light and, uh, then she's gone and there's just like smoke kind of drifting in, in her wake, as it were. Now, whether she's been killed or whether she has been, uh, teleported somewhere, really, who knows? Okay. Uh, the sign, uh, welcoming people to the town says, welcome to Dangerfield, Arizona population. And it did say something like 12,362, but there's just a big red X through those, <laughs> through that number. So, so the implication is there ain't much living there right now. Except actually that's not really true because when we get to, uh, Dangerfield, well, okay. Here's, here's the thing. You get to Dangerfield. And one of the first things you, you see about this place is that it is an absolute wreck. I, I said in, in my review on the site, uh, that it reminds me of the, uh, of the capital wasteland in Fallout 3, just with slightly more structural integrity and a lot more cacti. Um, there's, it is a kind of a desolate, rubbish strewn place. Um, and, you know, say what you like about Giffen's art. I mean, I, I can remember Giffen when he was on the Legion of Superheroes. And I'm a big Legion fan. And my era of the Legion of Superheroes is the Giffen Levitz run or Levitz Giffen run. I suppose you should say up to when Giffen took on the, um, the writing chores and you had the five years later, um, Legion, you know, that, that's, that's kind of, there's a few gaps actually here and there, but that's kind of my era of the Legion. Uh, Giffen's art started out, when I first saw it, it was very fine. He had an inker called Larry Malstedt, uh, sort of, uh, inking him. And it was very, it was very fine and very, uh, it was kind of stylized, but it, but it was, uh, it was naturalistic. If, if comic art can ever be naturalistic. Um, in the sense that, you know, people were kind of well proportioned and, you know, their facial features looked, looked fairly kind of normal and what have you. Round about the time, um, 
Well, w- okay, round about the time, I would guess it was Legion of Superheroes, round about issue 310, something like that, uh, Giffen's art went through quite a dramatic transformation. And I, at the, at the time, I hated it. It became a lot more dynamic. It became a lot more um, kinetic. Um, and the facial features became became less kind of realistic. Uh, if that's if that's a thing, I, I mean, when I was a teenager, when it came to art, realism was kind of like a was like the was like the holy grail for me. So sort of if an art if an artist so so like someone like Paul Galassi, for example, uh, would be like, wow, you know, he was just an amazing artist. And I loved Galassi's work, um, and Giffen at the time was was kind of you know he was he was quite realistic in that sense. When the art changed, he kind of. Um, he kind of did away with some of the realism uh, and traded it for kind of a, a much more sort of, uh, as I said, kind of kinetic uh, type of art where it was very kind of dramatic and bold and kind of action packed. And it was still very good, but it, it really kind of freaked me out a bit. Um, his art here is, is very much in the same vein, but it's good. It really is good. I, I, I really like it. And his, his, uh, if you look at the splash page, the, the credits page, uh, it's really moody and kind of atmospheric. And I, I really, really do like it. Uh, and there appears to be, uh, well, it looks like it's a, it's <laughs> it, rather disturbingly, it looks like it's a small child hanging from, uh, from a branch, but it isn't. It's a, it's a doll or it looks like it's a doll hanging from the branch. What what that has to do with anything, I, I don't know. It does make an appearance later on in the book, but we never really find out what what it is. Um, we get we start getting a first person narration, and the first person narration is a guy is from a guy called Justin, who has uh, moved there with his mother uh, after the invasion. His father died during the invasion of Metropolis. And he has moved for some reason. I'm not entirely sure. And there is a reason. We know there's a reason, but we don't know what it is yet. He's moved uh, with his mum to Dangerfield. And quite understandably, uh, he uh, he kind of reacts to the move with a, a kind of mix of, of ennui uh, and boredom and a kind of existential despair. And, and to be honest, I kind of understand where he's coming from because the place is, is just appalling. It's just a terrible, terrible place to live. Um, so we, we kind of follow him as he's kind of, kind of wandering around. Uh, and, and the, the, there are lots of, lots of little clues. I mean, I mean, we, we talk a little bit about, um, we talk a little bit about this with, with Jimmy Olsen and, you know, the little details matter. And there, and there are little details here. Like he comes across an electric fence, uh, which seems to be separating one part of town, uh, from another. Uh, he comes across, uh, well, just everything is kind of like, um, everything is, is, is kind of, uh, dull and and decrepit and dilapidated um and uh quite frankly you know he's clearly getting more and more depressed as he as he's kind of going you know exploring his new hometown which just looks terrible my guess is actually i mean i don't know because i've never been to quaker town but my guess is that uh dangerfield would make quaker town look pretty salubrious uh so uh it looks it looks pretty grim um the the scene shifts then to a 
uh, a narration that kind of fools the reader a little bit because, because it, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's the narration of an alien who's kind of saying, you know, oh, the, the, the fools don't realize that the invasion isn't over. It's barely begun, blah, blah, blah. But then when you turn over the page, you realize actually that this is a comic book that, uh, another character is, is reading. And, uh, this is Lisa, who is, uh, this very kind of diminutive girl, sort of bespectacled girl. And she's reading Invasion issue 37, which is a kind of, it's an ironic, <laughs> it's an ironic thing. Um, there's a couple of things to say about this. One is that, that the, the weird looking bag headed kid is in the comic. Okay. So there's, uh, there's, there's like, there's a weird kind of breaking down of, of the sort of the wall of, of reality, if you like, between, between the, the world that Lisa inhabits and the world of the comic book. Very, very strange. W- what's interesting is, is that she kind of says, uh, oh my God, who is writing this crap? And of course the, the, uh, the amusing thing about that is that Keith Giffen did in fact co-write. Um, <laughs> I want to keep on saying it's Giffen and Bill Mantlo, but I could, could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, Keith Giffen was, was co-writing, uh, the invasion. So, so he, he's kind of having a playful dig at himself there. Uh, and she says they should just cancel this book already. I mean, this is issue 37. How long are they going to drag this thing out for? A reasonable question. Um, and the comic book owner whose face is, is, remains in shadow the whole, the whole time. <laughs> says invasion is still our best-selling title lisa people love it the only thing that sells more is action comics weekly there's a there's a lot of i mean i mean this is kind of this is this is uh this is dating it very very clearly in a very specific kind of time of dc comics publishing um and and there's a part of me that th- that's that kind of likes that because this is my era, right? But there's another part that kind of thinks this is all a bit self-indulgent, isn't it? That said, I think both Lemire and Giffen have the writing chops to pull it off. The comic shop owner is called Vlad. Uh, he may or may not suffer from a problem uh, with his gums. They seem to be bleeding a lot. <laughs> he sort of bleeds on the comics. <laughs> it's, it's quite un- unsanitary. Um and he doesn't care whether Lisa ever comes back. Uh, he does want her to, to actually buy something, which he's not prepared to do. And, uh, he, she, he doesn't care whether, whether she comes back or not. Um, and, and again, I, I, I suspect there's a little bit of meta commentary going, going, going on here. Um, so then we're back to Justin again, and he's kind of wandering around. And, and you do get, you know, they, they do a good job, actually, uh, Giffen and Lemire, of kind of showing you this town. And he's walking past the record store, which is called House of Wax. Uh, he doesn't go inside, but we do see two people who are inside. And this uh, and this is Vance and Teresa. Now, okay, what their relationship is with one another. They seem to be friends. I think Vance kind of fancies Teresa. Uh, Teresa's not really interested. Uh, the only reference I can find in this comic book to the original Inferior 5 book. Oh, and by the way, if you want to check out uh, an issue of the original Inferior 5, uh, Reggie has very handily um, presented us with a... Uh, with a with a back issue review of an issue of inferior i can't remember what the, what issue it is and it's on it's on uh the weird science website it's, it's worth checking out um 
it, it's a bizarre book <laughs> in theory of five. But the thing, the thing to bear in mind is this book doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. I, I, I suspect that will change, but the only reference I can find is in this scene where Vance refers to Teresa as Dumb Bunny. Now, Dumb Bunny was an original... Uh, character from the inferior five she was the daughter i think she's the daughter of wonder woman and no the wonder woman analog whose name i can't remember uh and her lover or husband uh steve tremor mm-hmm. yeah that's his, that's what passes for humor back in the 1970s it was uh, it was not exactly subtle parody but there you go um so they had this conversation. It doesn't really seem to do to, to go uh, anywhere particularly, um, but but they are talking about the town. You know, Teresa turns around. Uh, well, Van says to Teresa and says, "What if I am keeping an eye on you? So what? We well, we we kind of got to keep an eye out for each other. Who else is going to do it?" And Teresa says, "I have told you a million times. You're just my creepy neighbor. I don't need a bodyguard, Vance. I do fine on my own." Uh, and it's at that point where he says, "Yeah, right, dumb bunny. I'd be surprised if you could even tie your own shoelaces." Uh, and then we get a. Uh, a cutaway to outside the record store. Uh, and it's very clear that Teresa has, uh, has punched <laughs> Vance, uh, on the face, in the face for, um, uh, for daring to suggest that she can't look after herself. So, um, that's kind of the, the kind of, the kind of vibe, the, the relationship between those two. We then get introduced to, uh, well, okay, there's, there's a couple of things. We, we, oh, there's, there's so many just kind of weird, so much weird stuff happens in this, in this book. So Justin's still wandering around town because he's kind of our viewpoint character. He's never been here before. He's wandering around and he's, he's kind of obviously just sinking deeper and deeper into despair as he's wandering around this town and, and, and Keith Giffen, does a really good job of kind of portraying that he's, he's just kind of looking more and more forlorn as he's, he's going around at one point he he walks past uh like a i don't know it's it's a uh it's a tree or at least the the, the remains of a tree uh or possibly a post that's been kind of stuck into the ground it's difficult to tell actually uh but it's behind justin and there is some kind of uh there's a girl um sort of sort of perched on top of the um of this this tree this this dead tree and uh the girl turns into a bird and flies off uh so there's there's a weird stuff going on here and then we we kind of see her returning to uh to Lisa uh, and she, she becomes a girl again. So she, she comes, she stopped, you know, she, she changes back from being a, a bird into a girl. Um, and she starts, uh, she starts talking to Lisa in a very kind of weird alien, slightly robotic way. Uh, there's no sense that, that's, that's, that kind of there's any, Lisa is going to be in any danger, but it's just, just weird. There's weird stuff going on. So. Uh, there's all sorts of, uh, of again, there's little kind of creepy references. So Lisa's looking through some, uh, some documents or, uh, or kind of notes that have been scrawled by, by other people. Uh, and she looks at something that says, you know, this, the town is a prison. Uh, Billy equals gone. Why? And then the number five is circled with a, 
with a with a question mark, so why five? Uh, so it, it would seem that there's like a there is a there is a, a group of five being kind of gathered, and that would be uh, Lisa and her friend Helen. Helen. Helen says things like, "I am not weird. I am just a normal human girl, Lisa, like you." Okay, so uh, that's not strange at all. Um, so there's Lisa and Helen. There's uh, Teresa and Vance, and there's Justin, who's just come and he is being spoken about uh he is being he is being talked about um by a pair of characters who i don't think are lisa and helen i, I think they're, they're different characters we, we don't see who they are and they're talking about the the different subjects uh that are, that are, uh, are wandering around the town and justin uh, is referred to as subject 5.6. So, so it, it, it's like, all oh, right, okay. So there have been other kind of other subject fives before. What is also weird is you've got these kind of weird flowering cacti hanging around the place. And every so often, uh, Giffen draws them like they're kind of, uh, large elongated heads kind of in conversation with one another. It's a very, very strange looking book. Anyway, um, anyway, we're then back out to, uh, the outskirts of town and, uh, the little bag headed boy or thing is, uh, is, is dragging a sack behind him that looks like it, it, it is, it contains some kind of body and somebody's talking to him and saying, Billy, did you get her? Uh, no one saw you, right? This one is special. We can't afford to mess it up. And he's got a picture of uh, Justin's mother, right? So is that what's happened here? The 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 problem. Um, the, the, okay, the, the the conversation goes like this: This is a guy in like a hazmat suit, okay? And he's and you can't see his features, is but behind the 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 kind of semi semi transparent, kind of opaque, actually. Uh, sort of plastic. He goes, Billy, uh, she is still alive, right? And Billy's answer is, Oh, mother dear, we sadly fear that we have lost our mittens. What? Lost your mittens, you naughty kittens? Then you shall have no pie. And although, look, we, we talk a lot about, or I, uh, the podcast has, in the past has talked a lot about sort of Tom King and using nursery rhymes and stuff. This is how you do that. <laughs> this is how you do it. You do it just that you do it for the creep factor. And he, and, and the, the kid looks at this, uh, at this sack, uh, and, uh, there's, it's all stained and it, and there's, it would appear that there is blood seeping out of it and it just looks horrific so uh, there's there's bad stuff going on and then justin having been round the town goes back to his house his new house to find that it is covered in red x's and that his mother is missing and at that point um the uh lisa and helen uh, decide to go after Justin because they've just realized that actually Justin might be one of them, one of the five. Um, and the, the issue ends with the, uh, the X-faced bag-headed boy looking up at the, uh, what turns out to be kind of an effigy, that, that, that kind of doll that we saw earlier hanging from this dead tree. 
carrying on um talking you know carrying on talking in this in this kind of nursery rhyme way and it's incredibly creepy now the the thing is this um what i've just described to you it, it is it sounds terrible doesn't it it just doesn't sound good at all but there is something here there is it's in the dialogue it's it's in the it's the in the unsettling nature of of the way characters talk to one another it's certainly in the um the just genuinely kind of creepy um events that happen and and the fact that you and i think it's quite difficult to do the the, the, the fact that you've got things kind of happening you've got things that are happening or, or looking like they might happen and they're just kind of like on 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 the on the periphery on on your in your peripheral vision um and you don't know what they mean but you know they mean something i i like this i like this a lot there is a backup uh it's by jeff lemire and it's a peacemaker backup uh, peacemaker is a uh in this particular thing he's involved with um with the suicide squad um and he he wears a distinctly weird looking sort of uniform with a helmet and what have you and shoulder pads but he he is basically he's basically kind of uh trying to track down uh aliens kind of left behind after the invasion uh, there's some interesting stuff going on here what's interesting about this particular backup is is that it's being narrated by a, well, it's being narrated by a conversation essentially between the 1980s rick flag and the and the 1980s amanda waller so this is like the ostrander suicide squad which is which is nice really nice i like that in any case he's found uh, a piece of information on a dead dominator and it includes a map of Dangerfield, Arizona. So it would seem that he will be joining, or he will be heading, I should say. Uh, it seems like he will be heading to that to that place at some point in the future. Um, it is a weird book, and it won't be for everybody, but I kind of liked it. I gave it 7 out of 10. Um, I think the art is great. Um, I think it's, uh, it's atmospheric, it's creepy, uh, it works, it, it conveys emotion. Uh, and it, it, the emotion here... A lot of it is is this kind of bemusement, and and as I said, there's a lot of despair, particularly from Justin, as he's kind of walking around the town and just realizing how crap it is. It just looks absolutely terrible. Um, I really liked. It. I, I I would say I really liked. It. I, I I can't give it any more than than seven because uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I have a vague idea, but I don't know for sure what's going on. And until I do know for sure what's going on, there's no way I can, I can, there's, there's no way I can, I can give it anything higher. And that said, there's enough there to make me want to read the next issue. And I do actually, of, of, of the three or four books that I have read over the last, uh, the last couple of weeks, if you include kind of Gotham City Monsters and, uh, and what have you, um, this is this is the book I'm actually kind of interested in. This is this is the book I want. I want to read the next issue. I want to see how it pans out. I might not want to afterwards. <laughs> I might not want to read it again. But at the moment, I'm I'm in. Um, so seven out of ten. Um, that's me done uh, for this week. I, I thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, DC is putting out some weird stuff at the moment, but you know what? If weird stuff is your thing, then yeah, give it a, give it a look. I mean, I I personally, I would if you if you are the kind of person who likes you know weird stuff, stuff that it, it isn't 
you know, the, 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 the standard kind of Batman Superman stuff, uh, that isn't, that isn't about sort of costumed heroes kind of flying around the place, but it, but is the, it still exists in that universe and exists in that world, but, but he's focused on something a little bit different, a little bit weirder, a little bit quirkier. Uh, this is worth a look. Uh, 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 I, I would recommend it. If you like good art, really good art, then by all means pick up Jimmy Olsen. Um, it's there's some great stuff in there. Um, just be prepared for the fact that your story is going to move somewhat more slowly than you might like. It's that's the way it goes. Um, okay, that's that's me done for this week. I hope uh, you have a great week, and I hope uh, your books are good. Uh, I hope that you are good, and uh, I will see you next time. Don't forget to support Jim and Eric on the Patreon. Uh, they deserve absolutely every bit of support uh, you can give them. Um, but that's it for me. You have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Yo, it's mail call. There, I'm Eric. Is that good? Is that oh, no. classic? You, I'm Eric here, and Bush. It's time to do the mail ciders. Is that, is that a good yell? That wasn't. You that was more of a compliment. I, I was trying. Hey, Eric, what's going on? Nothing. There you go. Oh, you, go thanks, fuck Eric. Yeah. Hey, hey, Eric, how are you doing? The fuck do you care? Oh man, classic Eric. Classic Eric. I, I'm just worried about you. I want to th- die. <laughs> I, I thought that you sound a little down at work. The fuck's it to you? Oh, oh my. <laughs> when the you hell know, did you see me at work? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, really. Well, what are you doing now? What the fuck is it your business? Man, this Eric is, is really tough. That, Cutting the weird myself. thing is, the weird thing is that's normal Eric. Bizarro Eric is like, Hey, uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh my, I, I mean, I'm in guy. a good mood. I hate that fucking asshole, Mr. Hurry Eric. Die. Oh my, look at you there. Uh, uh, it's mail time, Eric, and it's mail with you. Is what I hear. So you can get involved now. Don't sit back. Right. Don't think that you have to just sit back and, you know, smoke your cigarettes and, and you know, comment on the world. I don't know what you do. Uh, you ended up this week where uh, Alex M, he said he had a dream uh, that he visited us while podcasting and said we were podcasting in the same room. What, what would Eric say to that? Podcasting in the room with me. What, what would you say? <laughs> Fuck that shit. I <laughs> want you to be miserable, Eric, again. You don't, don't care either way. Eric. I don't really it, care. It, it would be it would be more um, able to do that now that you don't smoke inside. So you would just go out on the porch. You'd have a smoke. You know, a little Eric thinking time between the deal. You know, probably <laughs> go in. Probably have I'd have you <laughs> plunge the toilet between sections. Stuff like that. It'd be great. It'd be pretty. I don't cool. want to play this game. It, you could be in this room with me. That's like a tomb that smells like my socks. I, I mean, it's really fancy. It's hundred degrees. I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to play this it's game. It's so hot in here. I uh, like the, the way we do it here. Mail, yeah, smoking or not smoking. 
mail section number two. It is funny that we record at each other's houses. You know, you're at your house, I'm at mine. And we're but we're so close that when a ambulance comes by, you hear it come by me and then you just wait for it so I can hear it come by your house later. It, it, you oh, know, man. it's not that going much down later. over here. Yeah, really. Nils is the first and only male of this section, and he says Hello, motherfuckers. And then says, instead of reading this, you can easily just play the sound. Hello, yeah. motherfuckers, Eric. And this is the thing. What, what am I? A dancing monkey here? Am I? Hello, motherfuckers. Yes, I yes. am. Yes, <laughs> Here's the answer. Just crossed my mind. What do you think about stadium singing? Well, what do you think about the stadium singing, Eric? What you like you that stadium about? singing? You'd, you'd like the stadium singing? You know, and they're ole, ole, ole. He, he's European, oh, and that means he's oh, fancy. That you know, seems like it's fun, actually. When, when you have to go to the bathroom, you're fancy because European. You're, you're, uh, there is that it like is. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagle. Is that like stadium singer? Yeah, that would be that. But they get a little more intricate in their singing in Europe for the football soccer that we say. Because he says, when fans of a team chant their songs and when it is negatively directed at the other team or the other team's fans. And that's where I don't think you're aware of is the songs that they have. They get very intricate. They get very nasty towards the other team, the other team's fans. Yeah, really. It yeah, would be like E A G L E S. Dallas sucks. Like shit like that. That'd be good, right? Like stuff like that. Like, hey, or they have a song. It's like, you guys are all Instead the of, pedophiles. Da- 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 Instead da- of uh, Fly Eagles Fly, it's like, fuck the other guys. Yeah, that would be good. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I'll do that with you. We, we could go there and do that. It actually reminds me. Of the scene, or at least the comment in Can't Buy Me Love, where you end up where they end up saying, hey, wait a minute, Ronald, aren't you that guy that sits in the visitor section? And then you have, oh, that's just because he's undercover, you know, trying to ruin their spirit with these songs and stuff. They say that. I'm like, what the hell? Ronald's a mad genius. Ah, Ronald, you've done it again, you son of a bitch. Uh, Yeah, he says, in Germany, we have some songs that would be translated to... Ole, 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 BVB, sons of bitches. That doesn't rhyme, does it? Well, that's the whole song. What's that and it's, translation? You, this is the thing. I love this. Ole, 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 BVB, sons of bitches. That's it. That's the whole song he says. And he says it doesn't accomplish anything. That's what he said. <laughs> Puts I me in a good know. mood. I have a smile on my face just thinking about it right now. I don't understand it at all, but hey, we'll go with it. Okay, now to my BVB. comic. BVB, that sounds like some sexy move you do in some porn, right? <laughs> Doesn't it? It's like, oh man. It's one of my fetishes, BVB. It, it is. I'm like, hey, uh, yes, I'm here to apply for the porno job. They're like, okay, uh, first we have to see your pants, pull down your pants. All right, I guess you'll do. I mean, we do need the every man here in some of these pornos, but, you know, pull your pants. Are you willing to do BVB? Like, I don't know what that means, but I'm down. I'm down with anything. Right. Yeah, some BBB, so some DVDAP, gotcha. I'm telling you, the next thing I have a watermelon shoved up my ass and I'm singing Dixie. I, I don't know what's going on, Eric. Okay, now to Make my comic and podcast related thoughts. I just took a peek on your latest reviews today and saw that nearly every book is peak? a four to five out of ten. He's saying he took a number of a peek to say that we're not really liking the books right now. Well, that doesn't look too good. Even the books I'm very much looking forward to, like Batman and the Outsiders or a great continuation of Young Justice, 
Most of the time when I compare my scores with your scores, we don't differ too much. I'm mostly the same as Jim or about five to one points above his score. He's a gym guy is what I'm getting there. Hashtag. So he reads two books a week. Gotcha. Yeah, yes, he does. He he, and then ends up doing seven reviews at Marvel. Right now, I'm at episode two twenty two, and very fast catching up with you guys. There are very few comics coming out from DC right now, nine to twelve each week, which gives me the opportunity to fasten up my doomsday clock, fasten up my catching up tempo. Apropos Doomsday Clock, I really love every issue. The story is great and very compelling. I would love for more issues instead of just 12. Well, the story can be ended at 12, so every other story in DC continuity can go on. We'll see Uh what that is all about. It is funny, too. One guy was, like, uh, talking, because, again, every time that Gary Frank comes out, I was like, listen, another delay, people, but... We're doing our best. And then you have those people, keep going, Gary. You're doing great. And I just imagine virtually they're giving them Take that little, like. Take all the time you need, Gary. They're, they're you giving them another that, year. Yeah, they're doing that Fonzie, like, little punch to the, the chin, that playful little deal like you're playing around. Fonzie does oh, it yeah, to sometimes. Yeah. And uh, they keep going, buddy. And this one guy's like, listen. Just do what you want. I just hope that uh, issue 13 and beyond can get back on schedule. Uh, like, really? Really? <laughs> That's what you got? All right. I'm going to leave you right there in your own stupidity. Right now, I, he's there. So he's <laughs> he wants the doomsday clock. He wants more. But he says that I would love to read more about my marionette, Rorschach, all the other Watchmen characters, and even all that's happening in the DC universe. Rorschach seems kind of boring. Yeah, he does. I'd rather a horseshack. Because it's not compelling to me, though. though. You want some horseshack, do you? Yeah, I, I want horseshack. And Epstein. <laughs> and, and I want it to be like, hey, uh, dear Batman, Epstein is sick and can't go Welcome to the Batcave. Batman. Signed, Epstein's mother. Is how that would be. <laughs> and then you would have, uh, you know, you'd have Boom Boom Washington come there. Hello there. Or hey there. His deal. Oh, it'd be great. It would be so great that it would be Welcome Back Batman, which I pretty much am waiting for that being Batman 86, Eric. Oh, my. Maybe we'll get these stories when Doomsday Clock wrapped up with issue 12. I just, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mr. Batman, Mr. Batman. <laughs> Mr. Batman, Mr. Batman. <laughs> what, what, what is that, Horseshack? Oh, oh, oh. That's all I got. I don't have much more. Win. win. There's my Finny Barbarino. Oh, I'm cracking, my, I'm cracking myself up. Uh, hey, Jim, I really love your jokes. Not anymore. They're really hitting rock bottom here. And how you so often expand them more than most people. That's, you mean, is that, that's like is the that idea. Da- now, this is what I was joking about here. You spell out the joke. Oh, I love it when goodness, he does that. Gracious. I'm telling you, it's, is that German for you really pound this shit into the ground? Like cutting in when Eric is telling something or reading something, and you cut in for the seventh time. <laughs> this is not not you know, sounding jokes. good. You know, jokes. The, hey, what? Where? And Eric, hey, the hair. And Eric, I really appreciate your view of continuity and your big knowledge of the history of many DC characters. So now again, let, let's let's translate this. He he is German, you know. So he's saying, listen. Jim, I love that you're a, a, just a fucking goofball. And Eric, you, you really know your stuff. 
And thanks, Jim, for explaining all your stupid jokes that really don't go anywhere. And they mean nothing. But thank you for pounding them into the ground. And really, thanks for interrupting Eric every time he goes to talk with the stupid sound effects and all your nonsense. I love hearing Eric huff and puff and get angry. And people don't even see. I start g- going nuts, and, and I blame the pills completely. It's not me. Eric. Yeah, it's yeah, the pills. Yeah. It's and the I'm sitting there. I, I start talking. I'm like, I'm Vinnie Barbarino. Now. Hey, hey, where, when, hey. And I look over to the recording, and, and Eric has checked out. He has muted his mic. He's out. He doesn't want any I know I have a good five minutes. And, and what, what I figure in my mind is I, I appreciate that you do not want to drown me out with your laughter is what I think is going on. I, he did it right now. That son of a bitch. And nobody sees what? that. There, there was a time, and I don't know that everybody, anybody would ever be able to tell, is there is a time tonight where I start getting angry at a book, and I start going on and on. I look over, Eric has muted my mic, and I cut it short. Right, I, I'm pretty much, I screech to a halt because I'm like, all right, I guess that, that's the cue. That, that is the podcast version of us. You got the the cane. You're pulling me off the stage. I, I'm still yelling my jokes. You are a cane slash the Oscar music. It comes on. It's time for me to go. And he then says, well, you've been reading comics most of your life, Eric. It's Am true. I right? Would Lois say, he says, I, I don't know what that means. That's just there. Would Lois yes. say? <laughs> yes, of course she, she would. would. Hey, what? Where? Hey, yeah. I'm waiting for you to mute it. I'm just looking. <laughs> My reviews. <laughs> He's going to give us a couple of reviews. Young Justice. Hey, Jim, I really like when you start laughing at your stupid, idiotic, you know, jokes that mean nothing. Yeah, well, there you go. Now I'm depressing myself. And there you go. You muted the mic, you, you jerk. You are a jerk is what you are. Young Justice. I really don't mind Gem World. Oh, you Die. don't? That just tells me there's going to be a song after this here, Mel. If Bendis would write a compelling story with the characters that Gem World has to offer, show us an overview of the land. He doesn't know anything about it himself. Well, you really, you know, you take a left at the, you know, the cobalt and then down three freaking obsidians and then turn, you know, left at the goddamn sapphire. I don't know. He, he, I would hate to be the GPS <laughs> on Gemworld, the nonsense it would say. He could l- just let some people discuss battle strategies. Plus, I, I imagine that the streets are just made of these gems and stuff, and you, you screech, you're going all over. It crashes everywhere. It's like it's like riding on ice. He could let some people discuss just battle strategies. Just imagine everybody drives on a Zamboni to make sure you can polish it yeah, up. Yeah, really. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. I always wanted to ride on the Zamboni. That'd be cool. Me too. And then you, if you remember in Cheers, that's how Carlos' first I'd husband died. I imagine I'd instantly be bored, though. I want to stop. Eddie ended up dying in cheers from a, a freak Zamboni accident. Never to return. And that terrified me the rest of my life. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah, why I never and, got and to ride that thing. Zamboni. At that point, actually, Zambonis, I thought of Zambonis Eddie. actually lined up well with escalators in my mind. That if you got too close, it'd get your shoelaces and you'd get well, taken on. You don't see on. me riding an escalator either. That's really, especially on ice. Where all the different gem cities are shown, Eric. You see, Niles, the joke there was that there aren't escalators actually on ice. So that was kind of the joke saying that an escalator was like a Zamboni. And a Zamboni is a thing that they use to resurface the ice between periods of a hockey game. Now, Eric has muted the mic. 
classic weird science right there. He wants to see them discuss battle strategies and open up a big map where all the different gem cities are shown. I don't want Brian Michael Bendis to ever talk about anything ever again. Kind of like in Shazam, where they look at the map with the different lands, Eric, is what he says. I I showed Eric at work that gif of Brian Michael Bendis, the three Bendises dancing around. That thing drives me insane. I I end up wanting to punch somebody. I see. The the, the, the mic muted muted again. And I just that that's the nonsense me. I'm a conscientious freaking podcaster here. I had to take I had to cough, so I muted the mic. Oh, you cough there. Maybe you should stop smoking there. You know, brown lung. Maybe you should mind your goddamn business. (laughs) Maybe I should. How about I do? And I'll mind it right to your grave. I'll be there, and they'll say, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you tell him not to smoke so much? Eh, the fucker told me to mind my own what business. What about the warning on the pack? You know, listen yeah. to that. <laughs> really? <laughs> there you go. Uh, you, you were that, there's that joke of the old deal with, what, I got the pack that said may call, cause birth defects. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go Justice League. <laughs> and Niles, that was a joke that was, you know, somebody else told them. I'm not going to explain it. Justice League. Really, really interesting story. I love Jaro and how he jokes around. He, he's like me, Eric. He's a, a dumbass. Best Robin ever. And you also, really got to get off this. When the situation gets messy or serious, quite like when I go to the bathroom, Eric, it gets both. And really, it gets one, then the other, then maybe back to the messy, then too serious, then messy. We get a serious uh, two, and he leaves the jokes behind. I wish I could do that. Such an important characterization that now every comic book character has. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I think that all my stupid interjection has made me read this in a very weird, convoluted way. Uh, Snyder intrigued me with the possibility of the brothers and sisters of Perpetua. Maybe we will see them. <laughs> Hey, I don't know if this would be possible continuity-wise. I do think we'll see him at the end. And I do think that what's going to happen – they need to come and judge us, so. I think – well, I I love being judged, actually, like I do every time I get on Chatterbait. Um, When I end up thinking in my mind that we will get the judges, they'll come back when there's going to be kind of a soft reset possibly of the multiverse at the end of this or maybe even the continuity is opening up. And they're just going to say, what do you think, judges? They're just going to give a thumbs up and get the hell back to doing nothing. I mean, they really are just – Yeah, I'm telling you, they'll do that. They're collecting a paycheck for doing nothing all these years, and they want to get back to that. They're like, really? I I really have to judge. Also, I do want one of them to say, hey, man, you did really good, dog. That's what I mean. But what if Dr. Manhattan was one of the brothers or sisters or even the father creator of them all? (laughs) What did you just say to Niles? So I told you about the new sex experiment I was going to do with the sex cinema, right? Yes. And and if you exactly. are I don't know what's happening you, here. If you are, you know, doing the deal and playing at home, we didn't have mail last week because we had to get done quick. But it was because we didn't Mills have mail did. last week. You know, he didn't. This was this week. So I was worried no, about no. him. I, I mean M A L E. Oh. Yeah, he may have. Well, <laughs> I it, it didn't know. happen. He said, "Well, I didn't happen yet." It says, but I think it meant he did. It didn't happen yet, so he didn't have the didn't sex happen, cinema. Jet? No, that's your new nickname. Yeah. What's up, Jet? Yeah. Didn't happen yet, yeah. Jet. The worst is, as you say that, you probably never heard this. That's what that little Dave Oompa Loompa calls me at work. That's his nickname jet. for me, Jet. Yes, because Why? 
his joke was that at one point I was jet because I ended up doing work that was sometimes G- mine, Jim, sometimes Eric's, and sometimes Terry's. That was his lame joke. And then he made that into Jet, and I want to punch him every time he says it. One of the girls was ill, <laughs> and she was the main attraction. This has oh, been years. Now. It's been years. Uh, we delayed. I'm bringing it, it back, but There's we didn't yet. cancel. He just he just said it the other day when I went to heat up my eggs. I don't fucking listen. He to him. said it. I know because you don't walk around with me. You don't want to be seen with me. I- I'm only your you know non break time judges. fan. Yeah, really, you judge me harshly. Here's another story from my adventurous life. So he didn't have the sex weekend. That's coming up. It was postponed. He has another story from his adventurous life. I have a very good friend who always likes to try something new and maybe even dangerous. Once he came to me with a big (laughs) pack of butter and said, hey, Nils, how would you like to throw this butter at my stomach with everything you've got? Everything he's got. I'm telling you. Do they Nils, have the I, internet in Germany because or cable TV? This seems like nah. something that people would do before they had any real yeah, form they, of they entertainment besides know, I'm books. Telling you, they don't have anything to do in Germany. I mean, it looks like chuck a butter and, in your and, belly. And that's the thing. With with nothing to do, the, the uh, people of the world always revert back to jackass is what happens. People throwing butter at each other. Brown, brown, they're brown. jumping off things. Of course I said yes. Why not? Hi, I'm Nelson wanted- Germany, and this is and the butter really, stomach challenge. Yeah, really. If, a- if anybody says to me, hey, you want to throw something at me with all you got? I don't care what it is. I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. But he says, why not? He wanted to try it. And I wanted to do that also <laughs> afterwards. So he wanted it again. He's like, I'll throw it at you. Then you throw it at well, me. I, yes, I, I, I don't do. Know. Yes. And then you do it to me afterwards. It's very odd. So I threw it at him with all my might. The butter oozed out of the package and he had a very wounded area on his stomach. So it was my turn. I so did it. it made it Here's the great. This is the deal. It's his turn now. He's already thrown butter at his friend. So now it's, a, yeah, all right. Hey, friend, you throw it at me now. Maybe they have to go out and buy some more butter. I don't know why they have this much butter laying around. But he's like, hey, throw it at me. And he decides. I came prepared. I'm going to do it naked. And he should hit my back. So he strips down well, naked. Be naked obviously. For that. I don't know, but you're not going to let him go naked to the junk. So obviously, and and really, if anybody's going to throw butter at you and you're naked and your front words, you're going for the junk. It it hurt hugely, and it was worth it. <laughs> he seems to be one of those guys, though. He he really likes I don't this. Know stuff. what's happening? I don't I, know I was like, did Germany never really properly recover after World War II? I'm telling you, they're still looking for the Yankee blue jeans over there. I'm just, still the, they like the heavy metal like, and the Yankee blue came jeans. Up to I heard. me and said, "Hey." I got this butter right here. You want to hit me with it? Mm, well, yes, I do. Y- and, after, ever- and after you're done that, I'm going to hit you with it. But you're going to be naked. I'm down and with that, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Make I'm sure, not, that, make sure you, I get some if, butter if in my buns. Me, or any of my friends that I grew up with that said, hey, you want to huck this, ch- this chunk of butter at me? I'm like, I think I need new friends. You don't want that? I'm coming in the work with some butter. But, you know, I, I'm a little cheap. It's going to be yeah, margarine. We all know that it's for your lunch, hey. though. I'm like telling you, like, hey, you want to throw this? I can't believe it's not butter at me. You want to do that? Or you have the country crock? It's that big big container of country crock. Just hits me. Uh, The the thing is, though, you ever hear Germans talk? It's a very harsh language. It really is. And I apologize if people people talk in German. That just shows me that they really don't know how to have a good time. So this would be a good time for them. And it does seem like Nels, he's kind of into that, you know, pain. 
He likes the pain. Look at being cosmic judges over here. <laughs> really? Thumbs down. After we finish, the men who are sitting next to us, again, now we're talking, the broad picture now, comes. Now we have an audience. They, I'm telling you, now the, the angle lens goes. Sitting next to us. He's nude getting bus? hit by butter. Are the, I'm telling you, are these guys friends? He doesn't say the friends next to us. He says the men. Sitting next to us. Where were you? What are you at? The Y? I mean, (laughs) shit goes down at the Y, but really. Ole, ole, ole. These guys are throwing butter naked. The men who were sitting next to us just shook their heads and asked us why we did that. Yes, they should. Yes, please. They asked that, but yet they watched it all. We answered because it was fun. You can't I just found some notes that I always wanted to write you. Here we go. So we, we just had a story of butter to the back. Now he has some notes. I don't know if you remember this, but one episode you had a conversation with your pills uh, for like 15 minutes. I do recall that. Yes, yes, we do recall that. It was the most hilarious I've heard from you since then. Thanks for – oh, my. Pills. What are you doing? It's They're cheating. What are you doing over there? That's why they're over there. You left them at work. I didn't. (sighs) That's – yeah, really. I left them out there. Now they're swinging. I have pills that are swingers, for Eric, crying out loud. I never wanted a pill cuckold going on, but hey, now that it's going, Eric, I'm all for it. Uh, all right. I love the fact that he's like, hey, remember when you talked about those pills? But you talked about them for a while. It was so funny. You guys ain't funny anymore. <laughs> it's just like, it hasn't been anything <laughs> like that since. I don't know. It, it was quite some time ago as well. You're right, Nils. Yeah, More drugs right. are needed. Yes, that is true. Maybe we had too many. It was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing for half an hour. Or maybe 32 minutes. Since, uh, Jim, you have a very beautiful singing voice. I love your songs. Oh, my, Eric, I'm blushing. Episode 173, you played the song Comb of Silence. I love that song. That was the sound of silence for Silencer uh, back in the day, Eric. And sadly, that that book is done. I could have actually played that a little around the time, you know, last week that she was in the Leviathan book. You know what's weird, too, about that book that we never brought up? Why didn't he have her use the silence at least once, show her power? Maybe so What's she could do it here. She could have just done it there as she was undercover, you know, so that she can talk and things. But, then because, she, but she had no, the no. thing is she needed to talk to the person on the phone. But no, but that's the thing, though. You did bring up the idea, though, that, you know, Superman could have heard her. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But, yeah, he didn't even use her power. Oh, I've got another great note. It's very odd or old. You talked about a show from Germany that is called Blind Man and the Jerk Off. You said there are only four seasons available in Germany. I just finished season five. Season five oh was the was the point where Jumping the jerk the off the jerk off actually became blind himself, and then the blind man became a horny bastard. Right? Is is the, that what that's the jumping the shark moment? My that mind. was the the jumping the shark moment was when we added the side character little shit. That was the guy who was with us in there. Then it was blind man, the jerk off, and the little shit that didn't work out right, Eric. It was jumping the shark, little shit, <laughs> little shark. He was, and it's only available in Germany, and we know that we know. It was such a promising teaser with the blind man's eye implants from a serial killer. Her body parts are, oh, what came out of it was even better than expected. I don't want to spoil too much, but in the mid-season finale, the blind man ran Rampage, and the jerk-off had to implant the right jerk-off hand from a serial killer as well so he could trace the blind man. He had to find him. Eric, so he got that serial killer hand to trace him. Well, we already jumped the shark, so it doesn't matter. Little shark. This he, is the mid-season three. Episode. What are you talking about? 
I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I hope for you guys that the series will be brought off to the U.S. soon. I hope that they release it so that it can be uh, marathoned. It was one of those yeah. shows that was best, like, right after the other, right? Blind Men and the Jerk-Off. I wish you all the best this week. All the greatest comics and a wonderful time. Stay awesome. Your friend from Germany, Nils. And there is Nils. And and we did say this week, when Nils finally catches up and listens, we want to know if you actually do pronounce it Nils or Niles. We we are very, very uh, much wondering that. And I say it both ways each time. So there you go. But that's the end of the mail for tonight. And we're going to go off three books, finish the podcast and get the hell out of here. Jason Todd, The Red Hood, 
is on Earth but traveling in a spaceship with Roy Harper and Starfire, while Roy pilots a ship to their destination. A shadowy form appears before Jason. Jason recounts his history with this figure. Her name is Essence. We met when we were both students of Dukra. The last time I saw her was a week ago, when a request for my help walked me smack into an ambush by the reanimated corpses of the outcast. We were much more than study buddies. She was the first time I felt alive, felt anything real in a very long time. I'm sorry for not killing you a long time ago when you first betrayed the outcast. But you made me believe you were innocent. I trusted you. And every last one of them died because of it. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. Ah, uh, Eric That's me. Shea. Are your scores more sound than mine? Is, is that is that Obviously. what he said, or did he say they're they're higher or better? They're, they're, I, they're much better. You'll see, oh, Jim. Much better. But but that's not the review he's saying. Is the score? And the thing is, usually that's not the case. Though it's become the case recently. I was thinking as as I heard that, I'm like, it's not really true. I used to get mad, not mad at that, but I used to say like, that's not true. It kind of I'm sure is you got now. pretty mad. No, nah, I don't care about if you're scored. If you give it a nine and I give it an, an no, eight, no, no. what do I it's care? It's just more sound, Jim. No, no. He just said the scores are better. What's better, yeah. a nine or a, an eight? That it He must mean higher. Depends he on means the book. better. No, I think he just means higher. I think you're high right now, the way you're talking. Uh, I'm not. Come on, killhead. I, I told you, I I forgot to take him. I said I was on the <laughs> way home with you from work, and I said, oh, yeah, you know what? I That's never true. Took that. I was never there. Took, yeah, I said I never took that medicine at the end of the day. We, we were too busy yapping, Eric, that you were my medicine. They say laughter's the best medicine, so you're okay. You're not oh. the best. You're just okay, oh. right? Is, is that the deal? Is that there? Oh, my. We will, Jess. Thank you. Sliders. Oh, my. I have a lot of sound effects queued up, Eric, and none of them make sense to what we're going to be talking about. So it's you know, a sometimes, show. I got you. Sometimes you'd have some sound effects like ready. Like I'd be like, oh, man, here we are. We're going to slide into this book. Sliders. Oh, that would have been good, right? Or, man, we're going to have fun. Fun. All right. That's all I got. I just had to repeat the sound effect and then Hey there, uh, you know, segregation, Raji. Segregation. See, it works out, doesn't it? It really does. Oh, my, does this not. thing is planned out. Now, I will tell you, as you were saying, uh, I didn't take my medicine at work, as you told everybody, Eric. That was what you were telling, right? Right? Boosh. Boosh. I, that's I don't true. Think that happened. 
Uh, I, I ended up forgetting when I came home as well, but I, I'm glad to say that about 10 minutes ago, I did take it. So, yeah, so let's, ahead. I got let's you. set, let's set the clock to, you know, around middle of Teen Titans review. That's where it'll hit. Uh, I'll let you know, because what are we going to start the section with? No, it hasn't. It doesn't You're hit a mile a minute way. right now. Eh, that's just me getting ready. We haven't recorded in a while. We haven't done our big podcast in a while. Yeah, but not the regular podcast. This is for the masses, Eric. And by masses, I mean five people and my mother, probably. My, my little English muffin your might mama? be listening to this right now. <laughs> mama, not your mama, is what I say. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm just excited to be recording full out. You know, we, we haven't done it in a while, Eric. It's what, three years since we recorded the last episode? It seems that Ten way. Days. Ten days, right? Ten days. Isn't there a song by Bare Naked Ladies uh, uh, called Ten Days? I, I don't think there is. I think I'm making that up in my mind. Pills. <laughs> but pills, indeed. What is the first book of this last section? Nightwing number 64, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Ronan Coquette, Nick Filardi, and Anne World Design. As the blackouts continue in Bloodhaven, so do the riots in the streets. But thankfully, Jim, we have the hero that Bloodhaven really deserves, Talon. He's cleaning up the streets one body at a time, but really, he's taking Rick's girlfriend, B, to lure his great-grandson to him after he almost killed Nightwing Blue in the last issue. Okay, that is true, Eric. Thank you for that award-winning blurb. I'm going to now talk slower. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to give you a couple cities. Uh, I want you to tell me which is the worst. We got Detroit. Baltimore. Oh. We got Cleveland, maybe. We have, I don't know, some place in the middle of nowhere. I, I, Bloodhaven. That is the worst. <laughs> there is no city that I know of. You accidentally turn the lights off in, in your room and, oh, and you might get murdered. I, I mean, the or minute I, that lights go out. Somebody. Holy moly. It is one of those things that it seems like Bloodhaven, these people are just, they're triggered by darkness. The the minute there's darkness, all hell breaks loose. It's, it's like the very, reverse vampires. I'm te- yeah. It's very planned, very organized hell breaking loose. This isn't just the guys going out and grabbing a TV and running and things like that. There are roving it's gangs. Organized. There are people like, hey, let, we'll go here. You go there. I think there's maps. I think they've had meetings. What are these you people bring this do? Weapon, you bring this weapon. You bring the torch. You go in there. You grab the money while we burn the place down to the ground. I'm like, yeah. why would yeah. you do that? I don't know. Oh, you know, and, and, you know uh, the people of Bloodhaven, they're just upset because they haven't achieved the American dream. What the hell are you talking true. about? These are that still people true. in the streets. Go back and, home. And that is Stop true. riding and, fucking and burning the city to the ground. With that, I really, really expected. Now, me, you had kind of talked to me about this, but really, please, if you want to really get into me and Eric's heart, this is the Dan Jurgens. What you need to do is you have these guys, He's not you know, going into B's bar. They're going to go into the bar. The prodigal they, bar. They are, yeah, the prodigal bar. They're doing the worst things ever. What I need is not, you know, murder from talents. What you have to do is have the talent come out, pretty much shoot a gun, and then point it at people, and then have all these guys like, hey, hey, I really don't want this to get out. I have my teaching position. Yeah, you just have the end of, of weird science is what yeah, you need yeah. to have here because the bikers show up. I'm, I'm just wondering – what do these guys do during the day? Is this where they're planning their thievery and living? That's when because you rest up for your late night writing. I guess you have to rest. I guess they are doing a lot of things. It's an essential part uh, of life. 
I'm just, I love the idea that you do have William Cobb. He was, this is how we ended him coming in with nefarious purposes. It looked like right away where he went into the prodigal bar and like, he yeah, wanted are a you drink. still open oh for my. one last drink? <laughs> and then you go to here and he's just having a drink. Now, B is a very nefarious smart woman means. here. Yes, oh God, nefarious. He beer. Nef- and that, that is nefarious to me. He ain't allergic to the hops. So he's there and, you know, the big tell for B is he's like, hey, Mrs. Bennett, what do you know about Richard? And she's like, wait a second. I never told second. you my name. But, you know, I that never whole told deal. you my boyfriend or my name. Yeah. And I never told you that my, you know, all these things. So he's like, hey, it's because I'm family. It still doesn't explain anything. Because Rick, he even says like, "Eh, Richard doesn't remember him." I, I still, if I'm B, I'm like, "So how do you know my wait, name?" I, I mean, he wait, let's go stop by here. Richard. Wait a minute, he does, and then all of a sudden, that's when the hell breaks loose. Because you know, hey, B, it's nice. How's your also, fifth grade science teacher, Mrs. Walker, doing? Wait oh a minute, <laughs> I never told you my fifth grade science hey. teacher's name was Mrs. Walker. Hey, B, you never returned that book to the library in ninth grade. Hey, I never told you I was a reader. I could never told you now, I could read. Yeah, as, as this is going on, is this an art thing, a color thing? Because where you see William Cobb, he's, he's you know sucking down the brew. That's what people say, right? When you're drinking, I don't I, know the lingo, Eric. I'm not, a, I'm not a drinker. Um, behind him, it does Just appear that some the whole city re- is hey, on man, fire. He's sucking down the brew. Is it going yeah, down you easy? Suck it, suck it down, down. that brews. <laughs> I'm there. going to a different Look bar. behind him. It looks like the whole city's on fire. And I don't know if it's just an art thing and it's a shadow thing, but it does look like the whole city's on it fire. It really doesn't matter there. if it's, yeah. it's an I art mean, it thing doesn't. or it's a real thing because you go to different panels. The city is on fire. You have the Nightwing saying it is yeah. worse than it was last night. It's worse than it's oh, ever it's, been. It's the worse. fire's in the city. Yeah. I'm telling you, behind, it's Armageddon. It's hit. So these guys come in, guys and gals, they come in like, you know, and they're like, yeah, take the liquor. All you can carry. Get the money. Burn it to the ground. I'm like, what are like you benefiting the burning it to that, the ground? Not only that, they are so organized that they all had their own speech patterns. The world guys take the money and all the liquor you oh, can yeah. carry. The other guy, after that, somebody else follows it up. Burn it to oh, yeah. the ground. I'm like, what if the other guy's like, to- after that, make sure you pay for what you do, you know, guys here. Yeah. But he was like, after that, he wanted to say, let, let's, burn it to the let's ground. help. It's also it's almost like they're singing a song or something After the way that, they do it. But they, let's go to the homeless shelter and dish out some soup. Yeah, let, let's go give out some soup at the Nobody food deadline. No, that guy gets kicked out. He's That's always getting interrupted fun. by Baldy. Well, he gets interrupted, but the thing is, then they go and grab B, and I like it's like she's a fighter. Won't be when she sees this dive burnt. I'm like, they are really into burning things down. I mean, this is the problem. Is it where they say a lot of times that Alaska is where people go, you know, to hide? Is it the the arsonists all go to Bloodhaven? Is that it? Like they're all trying to get there. They're there waiting for the opportunity to burn everything down. Arsonists go wherever the blackouts carry them. That is true. That might be. Well, these guys, they end up getting talent. It's what I'd like to say. What in the world? Because at this point, William Cobb had disappeared. But he's like, oh, no, he, what, a, what a jerk. He left. He comes back. Obviously, he ends up just killing. And I For love a few days to this kill. one guy. This one guy's the best. Because they have come in. It looks like they may even try to kill Bay at one point, but they are going to burn down the building. They are ripping it apart. They got weapons. They're shooting guns, all this stuff. And this one guy out of nowhere goes, hey, man, you can't go around killing people. I'm like, Look, yeah, that guy I think Talon's stepping up the game. Cheat, steal, and burn things he to the ground. Killing. He's got his fucking limits, though. 
Well, you know what? His limit is done because he gets sliced, Eric. He's dead. He he is dead. And he oh, is no. you have William, you know, as Tone. He's, he's gutting the moral everybody. of the group. Yeah, and then he's like, Hey, Miss Bennett. She's like, Oh, you're him. Yeah, I'm Cobb, all right. I'm your protector, but I like to be called Talon. And that ends that first scene. And really, as an opener, we didn't get really any, you know, recap from Rick. We it's pretty much one of the hey, better openers, I thought. It, it just makes me laugh, though, the way that it's just everybody, it's like all rules are off just because there's blackouts. And at this point, where are the police? I know that you see, you know, that the hospital, it's overrun. You have these things going on, but there's no real uh, plan by the the city, it seems, to you stop the blackouts, but also stop doing things. Uh, yeah, I would like well, to we, know. We already know that three of the cops, friggin', you know, so, uh, for not so bad, friggin', uh, yeah, there's Sapienza. more than three cops I'm in, saying, Sapienza, in Bloodhaven. Like Zach, for Edwards, and Colleen Edwards, they're out and about doing Nightwing stuff, so we at least know where three of the cops well, are even, in Bloodhaven. Well, that's the thing. That actually tells you more of that the, the cops aren't doing anything because they kind of should be on duty. They might be called out like, hey, you know, we've had these riots and all the police were supposed to be out. We couldn't hey man, find you. I put my time in. I'm going home. And that's the thing. It was the idea before that they were like, OK, after hours, we will become the Nightwings. I don't know during riots like this that the after hours would, would even be anymore. We do see a fire truck going around. But really, at the one point you end up at this point, actually, Rick goes in with Zach into the hospital. And he's like, hey, I got a police officer here. He needs it. I want somebody to say, oh, that's he's where they are. Naked. They're, they're all gutted. I, I get it. That's why we haven't seen any of them like do the anything. Idea. When, when, when Rick brings him in, he's half naked. Like, I got a wounded cop here. You know, the whole thing is like, why Why is he naked? Uh, uh, he, we got a wounded <laughs> cop. He was attacked and the guy started undressing him until I came in. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, they, stopped and they're him. Like, hey, the real hero. Over here, we got, we got a police officer and a real weirdo. We'll deal with the police officer first. We'll get the undressing weirdo later. But yeah, they end up being able to help him. He's like, they're going to, they're going to end up, you know, he's going to bleed out. You got to help him. And they do go to help. And, And then you get one of the weirdest conversations in my mind, because you do end up having Colleen come in. You have all the Nightlings come in and she is complaining. And luckily Dan Jurgens does go, further in it because she's like man you know zach's gonna be he's in the hospital he's hurt and i'm like this guy never gets out of the hospital he's so and then she does reference it Later, she's like, he's, he's been, been in the hospital the third time i'm like really he is terrible he is uh, the weakest you, link goodbye yeah. oh he is yes goodbye you, you're done you're fired you, you end up where colleen though saying this and rick hearing it and them kind of questioning the whole deal does lead rick to go with what we think is going to be the way back to being Dick Grayson. Now, yes, he'll have to have his memories, I guess, return maybe through Talon. Maybe we're closer than we think. But it is the idea of, man, a lot of people are getting hurt because they're not used to this. They don't know how to do it. I do. Uh, we God, thought why can't I just pick That's up what the slack? Here I am just being cabbie Nightwing. Maybe I should just be yeah, the really. Nightwing so these maybe other people I should have to just be Nightwing. So when, I, so when Colleen asks, why is this happening? We don't have to give freaking Sapienza coming in with this deep thinking of us that's that the promise of the I'm american this dream is ridiculous. Were lies yeah. i'm like yeah. come on sap they're just say they're pieces of shit yeah and, and and that's the whole deal it's like listen we have to do this you know we're cops but we have the american dream and then colleen goes from like oh man i don't think zach 
we'll survive. And it's like a soap <laughs> opera. And then by the end of it, she's just like, all right, everybody, you know, he's my kid brother. It's my job to protect him. All Sap has to do to get Colleen then is like, he's mine too, Colleen. We're all here to protect him. Mine and too. she's like, go get Talon. I wasn't there either. <laughs> and I'm like, he's still just there. I'm like, really, this scene is just so melodramatic to and really just look how to happy only her themselves, though. That's Sap, what I'm saying. Sam Hutch and Rick are when they say, yeah, go they're get Talon. So they're happy. All, Promise. Promise. That's what I'm saying. She says, uh, everybody's down in the dump. She is about to go quit. check it on She's your dying crying. brother. Yeah. She's like, go. Go, uh, go get talent for me. And they're so happy. Promise. And smiles on though, their face. We don't have to put, you know, Sapiens' detective skills or Hutch's detective skills or Rick's detective skills to work to find this town because William Cobb just calls Rick and says, hey, um, it's this me. This is B on the line. Uh, I've got her. Come over here if you want to see her alive again. Like, all yeah. right. Well, we just took all that detective work. Got it. Yeah, just, and I love it I too. I have to get it's across still, town. It's still the whole, it's such, it's so melodramatic because it's like, hey, uh, B? Yeah, some guy in the bar. He killed people. He's trying to grab me. He calls himself Talon. And then <gasps> that's what Zach jumping. said. And I'm telling you, he just jumps <laughs> over a car. I guess the car is good. No, it, it looks like the car's supposed to be going, but nobody's driving. It's one of them robot cars. Uh, but he's like, he jumps over it. And like, man, never seen a man move like that. I'm like, eh, I don't know jumping <laughs> on the roof of a car. You've seen this guy do so many things. And then he does jump off the car, leaps onto a speeding by fire truck and and when how many times are they gonna say in this book hey you know that nightwing he retired but look look at this guy he's got moves like nightwing i mean how much can you go before they're just like hey uh anybody get the sneaking suspicion this is nightwing and then you can have you know i think that by this point no it would have been nightwing better had a served to do that and didn't have that yeah, weird really. scar on the side of his nightwing head didn't like grease paint he did he wasn't a nonsense <laughs> guy like that i, I, I uh, love but, it too is you know nightwing is on the side of a fire truck trying to get where he's going pretty fast yeah. as the fire truck's rolling by trying to get to one of the closest fires it can because it's all throughout the city you have I mean, people really, on either yeah. side of the road thank god you're here hurry other side of the road we love you guys i'm like and then right in front of all of these people cheering for the fire department are a bunch of looters, looters. in the street. So yeah. are you, do you think that these are just a part of the other looters? Like, you know, there's people just, and they're just doing, we the, love you guys. Go the on. thing that I love it too is the, the city's on fire. We, we've established that we've had a couple, you know, issues now. Uh, so you do you have the two, you have Hutch and Sap. They're hanging on the back of the fire truck because somehow as the sped by and they are, the truck is so far away and they're just yapping. They can run and catch up. They do catch up and yeah. go on. Rick's on the other side. Side, you know, and the one guy's in there, the one firefighter's Holding like, man, isn't this against door. regulations? And the, the driver's like, mouth. Eh, you know what? Who cares? We, we got troubles. The people God cheering it, Henry, on. The city is on fire. Shut I love up. It. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, buddy. I love it, too, because the people that are yelling, we love you guys. The where they're positioned, they can't see the night wings. The two, the two on the back haven't caught up to them. Rick's on the other side. I think that they are just cheering. Thank God the fire company's here. The no, whole no, city's that's on what fire. I'm totally going with. But this is the thing, though. Rick says, folks cheering us on. 
Nice to know some people are thinking right. He's saying to himself that they are cheering on the Nightwing. He is such a pompous (laughs) ass that he thinks that's the case. Now, you do have the looters going across the street, but really what their real crime here is, is jaywalking, Eric. They are going to be dead. Half of them get smashed by this truck. It's hitting cars, all this. And I love the idea where Rick's there. Collision likely would severely injure, maybe even kill most people in my situation. He does not care about anybody else. There are no, people. There's also two of the Nightwings behind him. Y- you have people getting smashed. I don't think he knows. And they're dead. There is no way those looters, though, are getting away from this truck. They are dead. And he's like, oh, man, this is a really bad collision. It could even kill some people. Eh, luckily, it's not me, and it just goes off. Ends up look, in look, a he trash has can. the right idea because when he freaking flies off, winds up in oh, a dumpster, the, the breaking his fall. As soon as he looks up, there's guys running at him. Who's that? Who cares? Fancy leather like that? That means money. They're coming yeah. at him with crowbars. I'm like, fuck these people. Just care yeah, about really. yourself and I, be I, I, yeah. like, Move also, on. Also, I I love there. He does this jump and a and a flip, and then somehow lands in the back of an alleyway. It doesn't even make sense to me. But boy, these guys. These people mean business. They are there. They basically are going after him. And I love the ideas. Man, he's wearing leather. He must be rich. Now, he's wearing a weird costume and has face paint on. He's got grease on his face. man. And like, look at that guy. He can afford to put grease on his face. Rockefeller. Get Get him, boys. And these people, bats, crowbars. Chains. Maybe once I sell I this mean, jacket for cash money, I can afford me some yeah, grease to put really, on my face. I'm telling you, it's like, hey, why don't we just sell these crowbars and bats? We probably have as much as him. But, they, you know, they, they end up fighting him. He has to be near death with the fighting that they're going to do. And all it is is the... He needs me. Rah! And he like rips everybody away from him, ends up knocking a guy then, off of a motorcycle. I don't even care. He knocks the guy off the motorcycle. The motorcycle man, I'm telling you, these looters are so well organized. Oh, my God. The first group going, I'm going to call them the infantry. They run in and just start beating him with fists yeah. and crowbars. When he breaks free, we had the second unit coming in, man on motorcycle with nunchucks out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it, it is a combination of the purge and Mad Max going on here and Bloodhaven has completely gone crazy oh my god and just imagine this is every night yeah, this you guy get that comes. Set horn sounding this off. guy comes in for twelve hours. Num- all crime num- is legal. But but the best too is you can't win here. You really can't. You're wearing a leather. So outfit. it's like real life. Well, yeah, really for me. <laughs> you, you end up. He's wearing a leather outfit, right? That's a unit Nightwing, and he ends up getting attacked because he's wearing leather. He must be rich. A guy tries to kill him with nunchucks on a motorcycle. He ends up knocking the guy off, getting on the motorcycle. The next bunch of people yell, "He's got a motorcycle! Get him! Get him. You, you can't win!" <laughs> I mean, Take what, it what from can him. you do? Nice oh, bike, man. man. Hey, man, he's got a water bottle. Get him. I, Anything in my you mind do. Too, the, the motorcyclist is a victim of circumstance. He had the nunchucks to keep people away from his bike as he was just trying to get home. He, he just <laughs> was trying to get away. I mean, they see him. Bike. Nice bike. Take it from him. You, you can't Fuck win. Blood yeah, Haven. Get, get the hell. I'm telling you, if I'm Rick, you know, I know that you love B and she is. And, and it's well spelled out oh, God. in this issue. You, you can love B in another city. Yeah. Get the fuck you know out. what? I'm going to be 
out of Bloodhaven is what I'm let's, doing. Let's go, I, let's go to a safer city. Let's move back to Gotham. Yeah, really. Oh, I'm telling you, B's done with me. I'm going, I get on that motorcycle. The next thing you're seeing in this book is you are now leaving Bloodhaven city limits. <laughs> I am never turning back. I, I'm not even going to I'm ripping off the rear view mirror on that because I don't want to look back and see anything what's going on. <laughs> I am gone. And really, I now have a new set of amnesia. I've never heard of B. I don't know what Bloodhaven is. I'm gone. Yeah. She, he ends up going, though. And again, now he's riding the motorcycle up on top of people's cars. And I wonder, the poor guy whose car this is, is probably in that apartment right next to him. He's the guy who didn't go out to loot. He's just, you know, an average show. And he's like, there goes my car. I'm look, look I, I understand that people need to go and do things in their day-to-day life and stuff like that. But when you live in the blood, like all these people do, and yeah. you know that there's rolling blackouts that bring I, the uh, freaks out at night, I'm staying inside. The freaks come out at night. That's what you have to have planned. The freaks come out. It's just – yeah, you would stay inside. Unfortunately, now your car's not destroyed getting, by I'm the former I'm not getting lumped Nightwing. in with these freaking people. No, look at them. And these people are, whoa, holy. No, no, no. You were about to kill. Get the heck out. Yeah, so then this issue, it's just, I don't mind it. By the time we give the score, I had a little bit of fun reading it even. It's fun. The thing about this is it's ridiculous, though. It is so ridiculous (laughs) to think because even at this point, we have yet to see a police car. We have not seen an announcement. They haven't done anything during the the day. Hey, guys, look at that guy over there. Look at that fancy police car he's driving. Get it! <laughs> Everything. <laughs> look at that guy. He's got sunglasses. Get him! That, that's all it is. I, I just the, – the worst, though, is this will all be settled, and then me and you will finally get to Bloodhaven, and there'll be a goddamn eclipse. We'll, we'll get killed the minute oh, no. that that fucking moon goes over there. We're done. <laughs> the, the people lose their goddamn minds in the city. And uh, So, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, i got to get to the prodigal bar. He gets there finally because he's on the motorcycle. I'm telling you, this whole thing, though. I'm still wondering at this point in the book, as I'm reading, I'm like, is this what Lex offered Talon? Is this the gift he <laughs> gave him? Like the Rolling Blackouts or the idea him. that, you know, oh, Lex put something in the drinking water to make anybody crazy when it gets dark out. It's just dark. Like, what, what, it's like what a, a weird gremlins here. You can't get darkness with these people. They're, they go wacky. Is- the reverse I, I don't gremlins? understand. I, I guess, or it's just a weird version. He ends up going to the proud of the bar, <laughs> Wait, and we're going to want to feed him at night. <laughs> I don't right know. I, here's we the don't. deal. I don't know don't what the hell these people wet. are doing. Yeah, really, don't get them wet and don't feed them, or, or all hell's going to break loose. Oh, yeah, really. So he goes to the prodigal bar, and the nonsense continues. And again. I, I just want to stress that it is fun nonsense, actually, because it he is. does go to the prodigal bar, but not not fun if you really want Rick Grayson to be a hero, because he goes and he's like, oh, no, B's going to be dead. The prodigal bars, it's on fire. He want to kill people. He sees the people. And he's like, eh, not B. I'm out. He just leaves then. He's like, thank God it, it, she isn't one of them and just leaves then. There are people. Oh, God, everything's he, on fire. You're he in. doesn't even check if some of these people are breathing still there. They could be yeah. bleeding out just there. And he's just saying, eh, I don't see B. I'm out. He doesn't know they were looters when he left. Look, they could have been people Jim, having a drink. If you look, they are stationed behind the pool table. He <laughs> might not see them. Yeah, well, no, no, that one's head sticking out. And he says, I'm almost afraid to look inside. Thank God don't, don't she isn't one of them. 
You're not going to say, thank God she doesn't want him. Then there has to be some of them or any of them. He sees these people. He's like, all right, I see those two guys. Ble- oh, they're bleeding out. Oh, yeah, they're dudes. I'm, I'm clear. I'm getting out of it. And the challenge, ruthless, savage. I- I'm just, you know, lazy and really don't want to save people. But I got to say B. He goes off. It's just some it, of these things are so over the top. When he walks out of the bar and he hears freaking I'll be above him yelling, run, Rick, yeah. run. And the way he's going to get to the roof is he's going to scale the side of the wall until he climbs up. The roof. Like, I'm sure there's a staircase, Rick. What are you doing? There might be. The building's on fire, though. But yeah, really. And there's William Cobb. He's probably sitting there. He's, he's playing jacks. He, he waiting. It's taking so long. You know, he's an old man. Why is he going to play jacks out? Well, that's because he loves jacks. That's his time. The, the jacks were popular back then, right? He's, he's the doing the stick. On he's the doing the, roof out the stick up there. He's like, come on, hurry up! I I, I don't have a lot of time. I'm an old man. Uh, he does go, and Bay is tied up up there on one of those, you know, air conditioner type Rick. things. Yeah, he knows everything. He knows who you are. He knows who you were. And then that's where you get the end, where William comes like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to hear by long last. I'm bringing you into the fold, my son. And then, yeah, I mean, you will see my, my great grandson, great grandson, whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I was on ice for a while. I can't tell. But really, Bloodhaven, huh? All I know is huh? Family Matters was a great show, huh? Yeah, it's like, I love that. But really, I, let's get out of Bloodhaven. This place is this this terrible. This place is awful. Now, I'm telling let's you. Go back I would, to the circus. It, you want to have a fun time, you know, have like one of the worst villains that we've ever seen. He's walking down the street towards Bloodhaven, sees this shit going. It's like, no, no, not for me. And just turns around and goes back to gotham or something like eh, this this is terrible and what i get like yeah where is you know all of the police where where are all these characters that we, that we met obviously before? they're busy yeah i guess i guess they are you have to at least give an uh, you know the thing that they are that's though. the thing is you're thinking to yourself is that you know there was a bunch of people murdered at pro- the prodigal bar the bar's on fire that's just one of the 50 places it that is. all these murders and fires still, are happening in town. Going, just have one scene the will get where there eventually. the Nightwings are walking across the street and two police cars go by them off to, you know, save somebody, off to do something, but there, off there's to nowhere leave to the be. Town. No, really, I'm telling you, that's where you see now leaving, you know, Bloodhaven city limits. See you later, suckers. They leave. Yeah, a lot of people have uh, probably quit their jobs is what happened. But I would get Just out of the blood. Just toss that badge out the window I would get as you out of the blood away. right now. If I lived in Bloodhaven, I'd get out. Also, the, there's just weird things. I know that the Bat family has kind of come to accept Rick as doing what he's doing. But at this point, I think maybe they should be checking in as well to see if he's okay, especially since he had lost his memory and things like that. But I guess they're busy with Leviathan and City of Bane and things like I mean, that. You're but the I, villain. I, I actually want somebody in City of Bane's like, man, you know, it's it's pretty tough here, but at least it's not Bloodhaven. You know, seriously, because it's crazy. But that's the end of the issue. I like the art, you know, for the most part. So do I. Uh, it's very action-packed. Uh, the, the thing is, it's not as colorful as some books that I like, but it, it's always happening at night. We're always where the action's at. Uh, so it is dark, but you still have fires going on. You know, people setting their fires and looting. But I, I had fun 
even if it wasn't as supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? I'm, we're having fun at places where I think it's supposed I'm to be you, it's, more it's a serious. It's very but- quick moving issue where you don't get a lot of progression from where you left off last issue. It's like, all right, Zach's not dead and B's been kidnapped. I'm there. That's all you get this issue yeah. with a bunch of action trying to get there in between. And the problem is, even with that, we are still bogged down with the, the amnesia bit and the idea yeah. of the Nightwings thinking, man, he's got some moves. I wonder who he really is. Yeah, oh my that God, is they're like so the thing dumb. that you have they're to the, and check that's off where every issue. You just you just solve the case because three of the four Nightwings are, you know, detectives, police officers. Uh, yeah, they, they can't solve anything. So no, if they can't no, no. figure this out, then no wonder Bloodhaven has gone to hell. I, I wish the one thing I wish that we saw that maybe like Lex gave uh, William Cubs something that'll allow Nightwing to get some false memories, like something like is, that. No well, that's what. what I'm saying. I, but I wish that with the Talon, with William Cobb there being his great grandfather, I wish that there was like an inkling, a little hint that maybe this will be how Rick would eventually become Dick again and get back his memories, things like that. Uh, but it's only him. Like, eh, but you don't know. You wouldn't. You would wonder why William Cobb would want to give him back his true memories anyway. So uh, I just wish something was giving you a hint of when this might end, and we're not getting that. And like you said, a lot of it is just he's a lot of this is just treading water and things. People are losing their minds still about this. I know, and I just I don't get why you're losing your mind. But at this point, it is becoming really you know kind of long in the tooth we kind of need rick grayson even if you have the you know the nightwing squad which we like if they continue i don't mind if they continue when dick grayson comes back and becomes nightwing again fully you know real nightwing and then they kind of stay around a while but i think at this point you need them to know that he was the former you know dick grayson not even dick grayson but nightwing so then he can work on things i i think that the idea of telling them about losing his memory and what happened and how he wants to make a new thing i think that that could be the next step in this nightwing squad i don't think that that would ruin it i think that that would help and they would get to know him and things like that but what did you give this I'm going to give this a 6.8 out of 10. The series still has the same problems that it's had, like I said before, with the amnesia, the recap, and the freaking... Go on. Right. And the <laughs> idea that, you know, these Nightwings keep questioning who uh, this Rick Grayson is, but over the, overall, I still had fun with this issue. I like the art, and it's... Um, it's not bad, but a 6.8 yeah. out of 10. It's just that it needs to move on from what it's doing currently. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm at a 6.5, and that's not that much of a difference. I like the art, like you said. It's not. Uh, but, and I agree pretty much everything you said. I just – you kind of need something more here. We, we've had the same kind of issue, especially since Bloodhaven has gotten these blackouts out of nowhere. We're really not doing anything except them dealing with the blackouts. And now with Talon showing up, William Cobb showing up, that's interesting but not yet it's just him being this like you know sneaky villain type guy i want to see what's going on yeah really and he did Did save b at least he did that and and that's the thing i think people have to realize that what he is doing is not there to kill rick he's there to get him and then turn him into something completely awful because that was his legacy because he was supposed to become a talent. That was their family legacy. And it kind of got broken when his parents were killed and Bruce took him in and made him Robin. So it's not like he's there to kill Rick. He is there to take him away to something pretty bad, but you know, he did protect B to kind of lure 
Rick in, but I think he's also trying to protect them just because Rick and him, you know, Rick and her are boyfriend and girlfriend, but I'm pretty close to you. But we will end up now going to the next book. Teen Titans number 34, written by Adam Glass with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maiello, and Rob Lee. Someone has stolen Jin's ring and Robin is going to get to the bottom of it, even if he has to spend an entire issue interrogating his team. Where we get a buttload of recap, but at least a buttload of recap done in a clever way. In the end, though, we see that the thief, uh, we see the thief strike out at Red Arrow and the idea that they're going to go after each member of the Teen Titans while using Jin as their weapon. Yes, there we go. And yeah, I, I didn't like the last issue of Teen Titans. I thought, you know, oh, we're getting even darker. And I, I didn't like the way that was going. That continues. I guess I just got to get used to it. Uh, and I like it too, because I'm just going to be like uh, Wallace, uh, Kid Flash. He, he, I didn't like that prison. Yeah. It's like, but look, everybody, all these villains, you know, we're, we're making better thems. All right. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I just have to be like him and just like accept it. It is it, a whatever. weird idea that he was so against the dungeon. We can't keep people, but like, you know, locked up without any kind of, like, you know, justice or anything, any trial yeah. like that. It's, it's immoral. Well, now we're changing their minds with magic so they're better people. I don't know and, about that, and but pretty I said they're much, better people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Pretty much not a trial again, not doing anything like that. They're not getting due process. They're just being – and Do you remember really, a thing called Identity Crisis? Well, yeah, this is really. the better version of that. Don't and, worry, and, Wallace. I like where Wally's there or Wallace is there. Hey, Damien, like, wh- why would you think that Mammoth wants to be a janitor at an amusement park? I don't know. I figured that's what he wanted to be. Like, there is the thing. It's like, they're not in prison? No. Uh, but where where are they? Well, Mammoth, he's a janitor at an amusement park. All right, that sounds cool. <laughs> that isn't much of a life. It's not like, you know, you know I don't where want to He works at a bookstore as a clerk. I'm like, yeah, he didn't really well, give them a lot of aspirations no, in their freaking I, good I'll versions. Tell you, huh? Where is it where they change their their, you know their memories and wipe their minds and now they're starring in the the net they get a three picture deal from warner oh, brothers man. or something the or they're in a reality has show cured cancer oh yeah, thank really. god we something changed like his that. mind seriously or oh my god there's mammoth he is now the starting uh defensive end for the philadelphia eagles like you know something yes, like that do that now, yeah, really, it would be awesome. Now he is only a janitor at an amusement park and really enjoying himself. He seems to be having a lot of uh, fun there. And not only that, but is he there with a microphone there that he can go in the mic? Or is he in control also of that ride? Because it's it's a really odd deal where he is. I think he's cleaning up around the ride that he controls there because it looks like he does have the controls. So maybe he's doing double duty. Sounds pretty cool, right? It looks it, like it is the weird scrambler. Because the thing is- the thing is, it is it does look like the handle to actually turn the ride on, but what, yeah. as it progresses, it does mo- look more and more like a mop handle. Like, so maybe yeah. he is in charge of the tilt-a-whirl. Yeah, I think that he is actually, you know, there as the, you know, the rock and scrambler I, saw, there. I, I looked at him with his freaking overalls on and that freaking long thing. That, and I'm telling you, it looks like oh, a mop. Oh, I thought he was a janitor at first, yeah. But I'm like... Maybe, maybe he has stepped his game up. Maybe he yes. moved off from janitor to tilt world operator. Yeah, you he are is moving that, up the I mean, world, really, mammoth. next will be you. on fries. Sky's the limit. That's what he'll be. <laughs> he'll be working the drive through next. Yeah, so th- that's the life that uh, Damien has decided they're going to lead. Now, of course, you couldn't have Atomic Skull working the Scrambler. Uh, that might have people recognize. Well, I'm telling it. you, I'm actually, I'm telling you, I'm so concerned about Atomic Skull because in the last issue we saw like a like a behind the head shot of him. It looked like he was like hiking out somewhere, but it yeah. didn't look like he had a fire head. So I'm like, I don't know what they did to Atomic Skull to make it so you know he's inconspicuous and put back into the, the, the inconspicuous. community. I'm like, I have no he's idea. He's running what they away. Did. 
He's running. He's on the run from Leviathan now who thinks he's Mr. Bones. He's screaming, get back here, Bones. I'm not Bones. I'm Atomic Skull. You're not the Atomic Skull I know. Uh, yeah, but that's kind of gets, you know, shoved aside. Watch out for a side eye touch. I don't have yeah, a side really. eye touch. My touch is love. Yeah, I have nothing. I'm just going to touch your heart. Uh, you end up where Jin runs in. My ring, my ring. It's gone. It's gone. It, it sounds like me that day that I lost my wedding ring at work. Well, I know. Oh, it's no. all I thought about. My ring's gone. I'm oh, going to no. get killed. I'm going to get punched in the face. <laughs> I am in such trouble. Still never found that. We we tried again years later going to look. I, I don't know what I happened. I found it. I hocked thing. it. You son of a bitch. It, it really, if you did, you, you got a cool 25 cents out of that thing. Uh, but yeah, she comes in. She doesn't have a ring. Obviously, if you're not reading the book, Jin is a genie. And with yeah. the ring, whoever has the ring controls her. So that's the big thing. One it's ring not to just, rule them all, Jim. Yeah, and it, this is the thing that uh, uh, you got to remind some people, I, I guess, is the ring isn't the thing that ends up giving her power. She still has powers. It's that whoever has that ring can control her. Earlier it's like the magic the series. Lamp. Yeah, earlier in the series, Damien had it and gave it back, which comes up in this issue because Damien's on the case. He's going to try to figure it out. And right away, Crush decides that it's Kid Flash and slams him against the wall. And Who there's no way he could have taken the ring off without her knowing? Yeah. Who's fast enough? And I'm telling you, the way she grabs a hold of his neck instantly and throws him against the wall and the wall cracks when his head hits yeah. my – well, poor Wallace West. He has brain damage or he's yeah, dead now. You know I don't what the know thing how is, he's though, okay from this. You don't realize next issue, he's going to be working the scrambler. Mammoth now is going to have to have <laughs> another job because he's done. Uh, and yeah, I even look like the whole idea. I know that the mask of Kid Flash there doesn't really do much, but he, at the top of his head is clearly bare. And I'm like, he is so dead. And he, he is wall. dead. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the whole thing. It's like, get off him. No, I'm going to figure out. Damien is going to be the one to figure it out. Now, you do have the idea. It goes back to Deathstroke when Deathstroke was in the book. And the, the, the deal where agenda. When, yeah, when the Terminus agenda ended, it ended up with a prison break of the prisoners down you know, below. But also with Deathstroke saying, one, one of the people in your team did this. They're traitors. They're going to betray yeah, you. And it's been, it's been bugging him ever since. And that's what the book has pretty much centered on still is Damien. Damien with what about the other ideas? Well, we'll see if this ties into it because as this is going on, Damien is going to go and question all of the people in the book, all the people in the team, uh, if they did it, including Crush, who does go and confront Jin and, you know, about their kiss. That is just recap. That is there for recap so that because I think that what Adam Glass is doing is okay. I have to establish a motive for everyone for Damien to go. Crush's only motive would be that she tried to, you know, it, you know, to give her a kiss and Jin didn't give it back. And so this would be if you have the ring, you can I control, control her. I want to control her so she emotion. loves me. Kind of like Willow did yeah. with Tara back in Buffy back yes, in the day. that's what happened. So with that, you know, you have to remind everybody of that. But you also have to make Damien aware of it because he was not aware of it. Now he is, especially because it's talked about. That's what it is. He's like, he did see it before, but now, and I'm saying now there's cameras even here where she is talking about it and all that. So you're reminded of it right for Damien to show up and go, hey, I think it's you because of that kiss. And, you know, she didn't, she kind of spurned your advances. And I think you're using the ring. And, And really with this, most of the people who end up 
telling Damien that it wasn't them never ends up being any sort of facts. It's never any evidence. It's never, it'd be like the idea of Tanya ends up her. Actually, I'm dead because that's what'll happen in this house. I'm dead. They come to Tanya and say, Hey, listen, we have these texts. You, you were yelling at Jim saying you wished he was dead. You were going to kill him the night that he died. Where were you that night? And she just says, what? I loved him. And they're like, okay, you're, you're in the clear because nobody ever says like, it's all ends up with, you think I did it. I wouldn't hurt her. All right. You're in the clear and go. And I don't know that anybody is necessarily in the clear, but the problem is by the end of the issue, we see who did it. So pretty much these are, you know, Hey, okay, crush, you're good. Let me go talk to roundhouse. Hey, roundhouse. you, You may be stupid, and think that your sister can be brought back from Stupid. the dead through gin, but that's not the way it is. And that's Sometimes why I think you sto- and that's why I think you stole the ring. And, and it's a, such a weird idea because we've already spelled out with the whole team there that gin can't bring back the dead. That's why Damien knows. So going in to say to Roundhouse, hey Roundhouse, it could be you because you'd want to bring back your dead sister, but y- this, you can't this is, because this it doesn't the way work. For Adam Glass. To cleverly give recap while make it yeah. look like, you know, it's Damien interrogating while letting re- new readers remember or like even old readers who might have forgotten that what has been going on with each of these characters. But he does it in a clever way where he does this, but yeah, he's I didn't also think giving it was you that the clever. idea of stuff before, but getting a new perspective. Even we yeah, had the stuff I- with Crush and Jen, where she's confronting Jen about the idea of like, how come we haven't talked about this kiss? You know, I really like you and stuff like that, you know, and the idea like Jen puts Crush in her place well, as she should for the, how much of an asshole she becomes like, look. This is the worst day of my life. Somebody has the ability to control me now, and you want to talk about how you're feeling about this whole thing? You're not entitled to my love. I'm like, I actually really enjoyed that part because, like, that was okay. Crush is coming on pretty strong here. I'm like, that was yeah. a dick move on her part. It's just out of nowhere, Crush decides this is the time to mention this when Damien then the next scene just comes in and confronts her about that. It just, to me, it was very forced. I didn't think it was as clever. It's a neat idea to do it through interrogation, but still, it is only recap. I mean, it's a 100% recap of, hey, I'm going to go through all the characters to tell you what their backstory is in this book. And yeah, you know, we have Nightwing that does do backstory all the time. So we don't have it all the time here, but I need this book. This book has been pretty much, you know, treading water now for issue after issue with this whole deal like you said even the beginning the other that's still out there we have emiko who quit which he does go to see again though it's like i think it's the one who quit you mean emiko who quit let me go talk to her and everything is just really forced in the way of going from one person to the next and then at the end you're just told who has the ring now we don't know if it is in fact on the, what the circumstances up, are, yeah. you know yeah so we'll have to see but yeah pretty much you know roundhouse has to say listen what is that about my sister my dead sister that i feel guilty because she died in the same accident i got my powers well let me tell you i'm not i am guilty of my sister dying in the same accident that i got my powers but that's for me to deal with and you're a jerk and you know stuff like that i thought it was a little over the top for a, a, an entire issue what i did like was the, the parts with Jin, like you said, the stuff that she said to Crush earlier. But I also like the stuff when Damien goes to her because all of this, it is a kind of a neat idea that for the most part, after what we saw her do in that dream with Emiko and stuff like that, nobody yeah. really reading this can trust Jin. And you think I that don't. this might be the next step 
of Jin doing something, and it still might be. We might find out that that whole thing of ring possession thing, that was a dupe, and actually Roundhouse putting on the ring, because, you know, spoiler alert, Roundhouse is at the end that looks like he's controlling, but it may actually ah. be Jin controlling him, maybe. I mean, you still or have that it could that, be Jin's brother who found her yeah. and made, like, you know, made Jin make him look like Roundhouse while he's controlling yeah. Tonight. I mean, there's, we there's could have a lot, a lot of, of crazy things, be, things. But, yeah. Uh, but I <laughs> right do now, like... though, at face value, Roundhouse showing up at the end and being revealed as the person who stole the ring and it actually uses Jim to freaking go after, you know, Red Arrow and actually seem like he kills her. I'm like, he, yeah. he came out of nowhere and you broke my heart, fucking Roundhouse. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I know. I'm like, the no. cliffhanger for having an issue where I'm like sitting there, I'm like, all right, like I said before, you, you got a pretty much a recap heavy issue, but I think you're doing it in a clever way that I haven't seen before. So I'm like, I'll give you props, Adam Glass, Man. to get to the end where all of a sudden it is revealed that Roundhouse, like, it, it, it shocked me, Jim. It shocked me. The thing me. is, though, even when he's talking to Roundhouse, so. when he's talking to Roundhouse and when he's like, hey, you know, you end up where Damien's like, this isn't a game. And then Roundhouse is like, listen, and he's eating. And he's like, sorry, sorry, you know, jokes are my coping mechanism. And he's like, for your survival skill. And then Ron is, what the fuck did you just say? He looks so <laughs> evil there. I'm like, that he is does. not he looks Roundhouse. Like, he looks what like he does at the end with happened? the ring. Yeah, I'm like, what the heck happened here? And and I do like where all of a sudden you do see. So if it, is, me. <laughs> if it is in fact Roundhouse, you do get Roundhouse. To, there's Mr. Jokester Roundhouse. We love him. We hated him at first. We, we grew to love him, especially when he came back from dying. Again, when he came back, is that where there was some crazy things going on as well? But also, he ends up in this scene pretty much ripping Damien apart more than I've seen pretty much anybody ever being able to, where he sees, oh, you're using the read technique of interrogation. You know, that doesn't work. And he, he like he knows all of this and he really makes Damien look like a fool out of nowhere. It's like you know, all of a sudden we see Roundhouse is the smartest guy in the whole team. I'm t- he and built I'm like, that this containment cool. suit. I'm like, that guy, yeah. he's a smart dude. Yeah, so it, but really with this, it, it always was like the, hey, you know, gnarly man, you know, I'm, I'm on the fleck with your salty no. swerve. And now all of a sudden he does this. And I also like the idea that there is that thing there of, you know, Damien still could be the one. And Jin even spells it out like, you know, you might just be doing this, this so that you have the ring. And he, cause Damien says, why would I do this? I gave you back the ring already. He's like, really, you know, this is one of those things that you would do where you would steal the ring and then kind of give it back as if you were the hero so that everybody likes you. (laughs) You little jerk. He's there. He's got it on that there. It's Kevin McAllister's uncle. Yeah, it's Kevin McAllister. Oh, yes. You ruined everything, you little jerk. Uncle Frank Uh, is a hardcore. Oh, he is. He's the worst. Uh, But yeah, so, and he does go to, you know, Kid Flash again, like, hey, did you do this? And he's like, you know, and again, Kid Flash's whole evidence, his whole alibi is looking my face. I didn't do it. All right, you're clear, I guess. Uh, but he says, I think you should go talk to somebody who's not on the team now. So then he goes off to Emiko, and it just keeps going. But before that happens, you and you think it's Damien going there. It's not. All of a sudden, Jin's there, and all hell breaks loose. You even have a point, though, where you end up having right, Emiko shoot an arrow through her. 
Jin goes off and is about to, you know, pretty much Emiko's going to try to kill Jin at this point, says, I knew we couldn't trust you. And then all of a sudden she says, stop, stops. And then you have, you know, in the background, a very odd. I mean, look at that mop top that Roundhouse has. It looks very, very odd there. But he has the ring on. He's like one down, three to go. uh, Because that's the thing about we we don't we don't really know Roundhouse's powers at this point. We know he's some kind of like, you know, shapeshifter to a degree where he will he will become like a goo like substance goo, without yeah. his containment suit and we don't know how he got this way or what happened to his sister for her to die and him to live and have these powers what if you know his sister like it's not survivor's guilt as much as his sister is a part of him as well maybe and, and this she's is the, mad thing, like, you get to live and you get to have these friends and i don't i'm yeah, like you know, the whole idea of taking them out one you by mean he's one rose like, you and know- thorn oh no he's roundhouse <laughs> and roundhouse square house is that, is it? roundhouse and shit house freaking a low it would be funny if Roundhouse and Outhouse a low kick would be good. It's Roundhouse and Donkey Punch. Oh, no. But, yeah, I didn't even say where Roundhouse Emiko, and Leg Sweep. Yeah. Uh, Emiko, sweep the leg, baby. You had Emiko go and attack Jin, and when she said stop, she ends up just freaking, you know, nailing uh, Emiko out the Throwing window. Emiko window. looks like she's going to be dead. Now, this is where it's I like think the that a Damien, yeah, really, a, a Damien. Uh, showing up here might be the save of this. We'll see. But, you know, I don't know what he has in net. Uh, who knows? But she may even have he like some crazy arrows. Yeah, yeah. What it was that Zaz with Nightwing at the end of the you know his right. run in the New Fifty Two. Uh, but yeah, it, it, oh my! I'm telling you, all of a sudden Roundhouse looks like he's about forty five. Looks like he might be a record producer that gets a little handsy with the talent. It's what it looks like to me. Look at him; he looks so crazy. He gets handsy with the talent. Oh my! And I'll tell you right now, Eric. Yes, indeed. the The pills have hit. They they've hit now. There you go. Look at him with that ring. Oh goodness gracious! We need another the take one ring here, to rule them all. We let me show you how to sing this song, baby. Oh, my roundhouse, you piece of shit. Uh, but I yeah. really like the way that the art is done in this final page, too, where you have the, you know, Jin's oh, magic awesome. like, aura coming off where it's blurred yeah. out because we're focusing behind her on uh, roundhouse. There, there, are, there are occasional times when that does go on. I think the last time I saw this was a Marvel book, and I said to Brandon, that is one of my favorite effects. Now, I'll admit that it could get old if you kept using it, but I love oh, yeah. when they do it. I love that, and I love it as a focus shift reveal there of the thing where you see Jim looking out the window, and then you, just as if it was a movie where the focus then shifts to the shadows in the back, and then you see Round. He walks forward. Now, again, he's there. He, he kind of has a big glowing circle in his chest and i'm wondering why emiko <laughs> never says anything he might be hiding but pretty much he he's got a glowing circle so we'll see how that he's goes. got a glowing ring too yeah he does and some big goggles and and really those goggles really don't work well with that new hairdo that hairdo was a little different there it's kind of a flat like he's having a bad hair day it's like you when you go into work and you have that bare hair day and you run into the bathroom and you gel up and things like that and you start smooching yourself in the mirror. So then he's got to do that. He's got to go smooch himself in the mirror right now, I think. But uh, what did you get? Most this? people do. Yeah, really. I am giving this issue a 7 out of 10. I still enjoy the auto like Bernard Chang and Marcel Mile on this book. And I'm telling you. Man, go on. To recap go on. the issue, which it's, it's, it's always kills me for that, but the way Adam Glass did it here, I thought it was very clever. It's something I've never seen someone do before. I'm sure that has, but I, like it, it struck me as being very cool for this issue. And this that 
that cliffhanger with Roundhouse just blew yeah. me away at the end. I'm like, all right, I hate you know this being wowed by something at the end for a cliffhanger, but you done did it, Adam Glass. Yeah. You made Roundhouse. I mean, you oh, made yeah. me fall in love with Roundhouse to have that like happen at the end. I'm like, oh no, yeah. my little boy. I'm going. I'm going with. I'm going with a six five, and I'm. <laughs> Why am I messing myself up, Eric? Why why did I do that? I'm giving it a six, five, and I I agree with you that, you know, the recap is done in a different way. The the problem I have with it is kind of a philosophical issue that I have with the whole idea of that. Oh, yeah, I knew that you were going to mention, I knew you were going to pipe in something when I said that. But the idea (laughs) that you have a background of, you know, crush with, with the kiss with Jen. And then you have the background of, you know, Roundhouse and your sister. That might become more important. But the idea of the background that we got was pretty much the basic stuff for each character. But by the end, a lot of things that are pushing this story forward with the ring being missing and things like that are things that happen during the series that aren't necessarily recapped as much. So I think that somebody coming into this would be able to grasp the idea that you know these characters like okay i not even i mean really you should have had the old deal of hey you're the daughter of lobo like you should have even thrown that in with with crush but as you go to well, the even end when her eyes started glowing like lobo which yeah. we've never seen before that but, was a bit of progression and, and you, for that you can, character you can kind of yeah you can kind of see that it's lobo's daughter but th- what i'm saying is you get a basic idea of the characters the which would be really at the good that yeah, really, well, <laughs> yeah ask mammoth he'll know uh but w- after this basic concept of each character which would be good to get new readers on the problem is you really don't know dealing, if she's lobo's you're, you're daughter with just a a juggalo. Do- you're dealing with a story here and really she's probably a juggalo but you're dealing with a story that is not just you know taken care of with basic recap it is the whole deal so at the end when you see roundhouse like all right one down three to go this is where we're like we're our jaw drops to the ground i see people in slack oh, when no. this came out people were so upset don't break my heart Same don't break my heart so- that's not something a new reader Quit would get, though. My heart. They wouldn't get that. They wouldn't get when Emiko sees Jin and says, I knew you were the traitor. I knew we couldn't trust you. That's something that only readers will know. So I do think that if you're a new reader, you will get the idea. OK, I, I see that Roundhouse had a sister who died. He got powers. But you're not going to know why at the end he is the most unlikely to look evil and things like that. So it, it's not the recap might be good but it didn't really it should have been focused more on this ring and the story a little more like some of it was but some of it wasn't this ending with emiko Jin, and then the roundhouse reveal i think would be lost to people who aren't reading this and that's not adam glass's fault but in an issue where you're 90 percent recap it, it kind of threw me off at that of like what the focus of this recap was but i still i did like it i actually liked it more then last issue, I think I, you know, I gave it like a three or something. I, I was real down on that. So this jerk. is an improvement. I know. <laughs> I, I, I am a jerk, but uh, I'll show everybody. And it's three so out of funny, 10. too. It's, yeah, I mean, what's that? Eric likes something? Three out of ten it is for me. Uh, but yeah, so when Roundhouse, that does break my heart because we really liked him. But. That is kind of cool. I mean, I don't have to like everything. Cool. You know, I, I, I don't have to. That's what I'm saying. I don't have to, you know, agree with everything or, or hope for things to happen. And if they don't, you know, with this being it, it's our worst nightmare. 
but it is interesting I wonder if for the he's story. Sleeping with Deathstroke like Tara Markov. He might be. He's got a little buck teeth there. So we'll see. But yeah, I'll go. What did I say? <laughs> six five? Yeah, six five. I'm yeah. gonna go with. And it's 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 a positive six five coming from a three last time. So at least we got that. But we're gonna go to the last book of this section. All right, and that last book is Supergirl number 34, Eric. And I know that neither of us review it on the site. So did you do a blurb for it, Eric? Did you? No, I did. No, no I did there not. There you go. Oh, I did, because I always do. Written by Mark Andreco, art by Eduardo Pansica, Julio Ferreira, FCO Placencia, and Tom Napolitano. Supergirl's back on Earth, and thankfully, no more Rogos are. What's up next? Leviathan. Yep. The yoke of Bendis is still around Mark and Draco <laughs> and Kara's neck. And while I would like to give the story a chance, a lot of this just feels wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, I'd shay, like shay, to. Shay, I won't. Yeah, I won't. Shay, shay, shay. Shay, shay, shay. Shay, shay, shay. Shay, 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 shay. You end up starting, and it threw me off because I completely forgot about Brainiac 1. And why I forgot about Brainiac 1 Brainiac. is I don't like Brainiac 1. And so it starts off, and I'm like, the hell is going on? We're in the Bermuda Triangle. All right, check. There, there's the first, you know, call of Bendis into us in this book to remind us of that. And then you get this Brainiac One that is, you know, going to go through this. But it makes me laugh because you end up Brainiac One's gift is to pretty much give the front key to the Fortress of Solitude. And I the wish Fortress that when of the Solitude, e- all the information that has been collected yeah. from like all the Pretty Brainiac the stuff, like, all, all the stuff. cosmos for the yeah. most part, everything you could think of, Felix is going to Brainiac 1, this freaking little, this stupid little drone looking thing, but like, uh, oh, it's I like hate this, him. you can be the Brainiac. I'm like, Lex, the thing is, Brainiac right now, He's been a pretty good teammate to you. He's done everything yeah. you've asked him to do without oh, question. He's like his Why right are hand you man. fucking him over? There. I don't know. I think it's one of those that it's going to end up where the gift is actually to our, you know, his brainiac where he's like, see, this guy was power hungry. We'll find out by the end because what it ends up is it, it, we're in the, you know, the now, Eric. You know, it, it's, oh, you know, 1993 called. They want their crystals back because what you end up getting here is a zip drive. I wish you would have had kind of the crystals and stuff like that to make it seem a little more classic. But Brainiac One just goes in and, and gets the zip drive. Uh, yeah. With this, though, why, why does... Yeah, I'm telling you, he looks like a, you know, a, a freaking worm is what he looks like. He's terrible. <laughs> I, I hate him. Yeah, look at He's his face. like 14 arms. I'm telling you, yeah, but he looks like one of those parasites that would be in your colon and eats all your food and makes you skinny. Especially right? my colon. It's the worm I need. <laughs> I've been looking for this worm. <laughs> but no, that's what it looks like. It looks like an intestinal parasite. Uh, but he ends up getting the zip drive. And I love it, too. It's like, here's your gift. You have to go to the Bermuda Triangle to get it, even though I'm just going to have the Lexbot hand it to you there. Like, he couldn't fly it anywhere else because he went and got it and you're getting there with it but he gets this deal he goes into the front door of the fortress and right away and i even said to you as number one when is superman going to get rid of this jor-el statue because it, it don't Look, work anymore with what Jor-El, happened with jor-el yeah, it what has to he go. did isn't great but he's remembering the man and father he's that remembering he the man he was yeah yeah he's there i i love it <laughs> you're sitting there daddy. he's like wasn't the greatest guy in the world. I still got a picture hanging up all yeah, over my Yeah, you do, wall. but I'm saying there, it's not like the picture is holding the planet that he destroyed next to his wife that he killed. I mean, pretty much that's what happened. And he's there. I'm like, I want Superman to come he's back. He's holding like, the heart yeah. of the child so that he broke. <laughs> I'm like, eh, it don't work no more. Uh, really? Daddy. Like you said, where's mom and pop Kent? Get that statue back because this is nonsense. You got to get rid of this. Uh, and even if you're not going to, 
update the look. So at least when you see him, you're like, ooh, yeah, that's the ugly Jarrell. But at least update maybe that's that look it. Also, so Laura doesn't uh, have a scowl on her face as she's holding yeah, up I the mean, planet with Laura freaking Jarrell. Is so pissed. Is it that she's like, this motherfucker next to me is going to teleport out of here in two seconds? They they pose for this three seconds before the destruction of Krypton. And like this jerk off here, he's going to go off. Uh, but yeah, I'd be pissed too. Look at who she's married to. Pretty much the scourge of the universe now. So any that that be the thing is now you have you know Superman who has set up with his son John the whole UN of the you know universe. At one point he's like, hey Unity everybody, Day. every delegation Unity Day, uh, all you delegates, come on down to my fortress of solitude. We'll hang here. We'll have some fun. They walk in and see a Jarrell statue. They're like, yeah, that that don't work. Hey, you know why, he's why you got a war criminal up here. Yeah, really, he's out. He's out out there it's just it's awful uh just you, you idea, didn't realize freaking this john ken the whole thing i'm just saying he dead united nations that's a good <laughs> idea he is the creator of unity day the federation of pleasure the whole thing yeah. oh, what do you mean by that united nations well you know united nations he doesn't really united know he nations. just knows the term united no, nations he doesn't know what it does term. yeah, yeah. And, uh, these he missed delegates- a lot of school these delegates go in and they're like, hey, uh, you kind of have a genocidal maniac statue here. You know, that that doesn't work. And he's like, listen, it's still my dad. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember him. Uh, the good times like Eric Shea has told me uh, in certain points, like, who's this Eric Shea? Like, don't well, don't worry about it. So then the guy's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And the, the one guy goes up and he's yelling from the bathroom. Why do you have Rogozar shower curtains? That doesn't work here. He's like, hey, they, you know, was in the I'm beyond section at Bed Bath yeah, & Beyond. Yeah, that's what it he on sale. That, that's how it is. Well, in this, too, there is kind of a little bit of fun to be had in this kind of scene where it's it's a little washed out art even you know it looks still and it's would funny be in the too section huh yeah really <laughs> it would be uh, <laughs> the funny thing is you you're in the you know the fortress of solitude that's now in the Bermuda Triangle, but why are they still going with the you know cold motif here? It really thinks it, things have to be updated fully here. It looks cold as hell there, even it's though it's just shouldn't. crystals, but, Jim. You think it's ice? Yeah. It's actually crystals. It I know, you. but it just sees. It seems that way. Uh, it looks like there's All a right. pokeball. Bendis, there. what do you want to do? Well, I want to uh, change the fortress of solitude. I don't like that whole thing. You know. Well, it's a. Uh, we're going to keep the same look, though, because I like the way it looks, but we're not going to have it in the cold. We're yeah. going to have it in Bermuda now because I'm Bendis, and that's what I do. Yeah, I change things for no apparent reason. that would be neat. It would be cool. Them Zebellions are going to be pissed off of the fortress right above their kingdom. I know. At this point, you would have thought that there'd be some sort of, you know, thing that was revealed of why it should be in the Bermuda Triangle. There's no reason. And also, everybody seems to know it's there. again. Yeah, everybody knows it's there anyway. But yeah, it looks like you have a Pokeball. You have the, the guy from the, the Stranger Things seems to Dima be Gorgon? captured there. Yeah, Dima Gragarn. Is that what you called it? And Demi you know, Gorgon? you have some you have some different, you know, armor and things like that. Seems weird. But yeah, it's it's pretty much the continuation. There's not much to this. It's just Brainiac One getting to go get the info of, you know, the universe so that he can become the Brainiac, not just Brainiac One, Brainiac number one, Eric. But I can't wait to usurp that. that other guy. Yeah. You go off to the Nash then. And oh, when they're the in the Nash, Nash you, you end up having Supergirl and Crypto. And you even mentioned that it does look like while Kara was in 
the in space, maybe, you know, you know, dealing with Xander, her kind of space boyfriend and kind of, you know, getting her own look going. She did get a longer skirt. It did seem like maybe somebody said, like, you need a longer skirt. She kind of swings in. And I now this is, in my mind, clever recap where she flies in with crypto like a bat out of hell going through the Nash. And all of a sudden, Ben Rubel, who I completely forgot about, even though I do like Ben Rubel in this book. You don't think he's he's over at the Hall of Justice doing Titan things still? No, I don't think so. He's just, hey, Supergirl, it's me, Ben Rubel. I guess you're busy. And and the, the funniest thing of this is, she can hear him. She has super hearing. She just disses him and leaves. And I like every, she's back. All right. A flying dog. Is that a dog? She's back. And I just wonder like, what's going to happen when Superman, like I, I didn't really get the idea that they were gone. I, I know they were gone for a while, but I don't think that that would be something that crazy. Also, these same assholes who are yelling, she's back. All right. A dog, a flying dog. Two months ago, we're yelling for her head. Oh, man, she's the daughter of Cyborg Superman. She knew all along. I want to get this bitch out of here and just screaming for her to be killed and, and arrested. And these people got over flip-flop that, man. in the Nash. They flip-flop in the Nash is what's going on. But yeah, you, you continue where you do get Brainiac getting all that info, but you see that Supergirl, and I love that she's heading off to Nevada. She said, which I think that's where the block ended up being. They say black site location classified, but I think at one point well, which they block? did spell we it about out the one to be Nevada. Of the, of the Earth? Well, no, that's not that one now. The only thing smoking here is actually Shea Veritas, not the center of the molten, uh, you know, core of the earth. But uh, I think at one point they did kind of say it was in Nevada. But she goes off and I'm wondering, like, why did you have to go through the Nash to get here? You were coming from space at one point. I guess. I think she was just, you know, making appearances. She wanted to make page six, Eric, all the gossip uh, with her in crypto. But, yeah, Supergirl comes down and she's like, oh, she had to go back to the Nash to sit down and look at that freaking message. Leviathan. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Go to the the message Leviathan. So she ends up at the block and it's like energy drinks and cigarettes. Shay, Shay, Shay. And I said, well, somebody was Mark and Draco listening in at break. That's what I say every break that we go out. Shay, shay, shay. Shay, shay, shay as I'm eating crazy eggs with uh, hot sauce and drinking seltzer water now. But usually I would be drinking coffee as well. But she's there. And, And the idea of the block being the black site, hidden location, all this, where you have to have Shay still has some manners that she goes up and about to smoke. You're kind of spelling yourself out here for anybody who would be looking for you. Like, Look, say, I don't even know Leviathan. what Shay's up to with this whole thing because we have Leviathan going no, out changed. and about destroying all these organizations. So even when we have Supergirl go to Shay Veritas in the block to say, Look, I'm looking for my mother, Eliza. You built her robotic hand that we never saw before, but apparently it's a thing she has yeah, now. All of a sudden, that's so- a thing you can track and all through yeah. every supergirl we saw eliza had a, had a it kind of looked like a a sword a type it stump. wasn't even a stump it was a pointy like a stump. 1000 and uh all of a sudden then in that mark and draco one shot in the leviathan thing it did look like eliza Superman had leviathan a hand special yeah she had a hand and we're like oh my and i even joke like do you think that she got like a a fake hand finally like she finally went with it and all and we find out indeed she did 
And the idea, though, that Shay was the one who made it and Supergirl knows that. But then Shay's saying, like, how do you know where the block is? All this stuff, this is where I said at the beginning where it all feels wrong. This is where it starts feeling wrong. You're starting to show things that we never saw. You're starting to rely on things that really didn't happen. It's all a bunch of weird stuff going on with this hand, with Shea Veritas. And they even come off as not even friendly at first, even though they are. Well, I, yeah. I don't get the idea why Shea Veritas would lie and say, oh, I can't trace that. And then she makes up an, like a lie about, oh, they're XDO members. And it might be on a freaking, you know, a covert mission or yeah. something like that. And Supergirl has to call her out as being a liar. Like, I heard your heart skip there. Oh, yeah. you're stupid. Super hearing. Yeah, Let me show no you reason. where your mother's hand is. I'm like, why yeah. are we beating around the bush to get to the same point that we're going to? And again, say, though, oh, that sounds fine, Supergirl. I'll go trace she- that hand for you. Superman Leviathan Rising deal, the whole concept of that was the deal because at this point, Jeremiah and Eliza, you know, the the, stat, the adopted parents of Kara, um, they had quit the DEO. They had already quit. The building then disappeared with Leviathan. Everybody disappeared, though. We saw bodies. It looked like people were dead. That was the first kind of thing that seemed wrong. We're like, hey, what's going on here? Fuck, they said no bodies. bodies and we saw, yeah, and we saw bodies. So the idea, though, was where Jeremiah's like, that's it. I got to go back. We're going to pick up the pieces of the D.O. I'm going to go and, you know, we got to get some vengeance and some justice for our friends that died. Eliza said, no, no. I'm not doing it. It seemed, and this was the reason why it's big for me, as I said to you, this is crap. Like, this is going to end up making Eliza and Jeremiah look like they were divorcing right there and then. That they were like, you're going to go back to the D.O. or at least try to, you know, pick up the pieces. I'm not. I'm divorced with you. Done. And I said, "What? how is that going to help the book? Well, now we see that Eliza's dead. And I and it's really stressing or alluding that she got killed in the DEO explosion, but then ends up in Pittsburgh where that was and this and some well, other things. Thing is, Everything where she, seems where she odd. would have been taken is when Leviathan actually came to the Danvers house and the house was all messed up and Eliza was missing, yeah, but, but somehow her body wound up outside of it's Pittsburgh. It's just weird. It's just weird with this and and weird with the way that at the end of this, where you do have Jeremiah show up. It was he tracking Eliza too. That's how he came there. And why did it take so long? And what happened there? And what about Jeremiah? And all these things are crazy. But this this hand and stuff being there. But like I said, anything in this is not spelled out except that, oh, the D.O. went down and they're going after everybody. They can suddenly track the hand. And when Shay's caught on the line, that's like, oh, man, outside of Pittsburgh. But I don't want to tell you why. And that's because she's dead. And it just seemed like even that was like a weird deal of, oh, I don't want to say because she's dead, even though I I don't know why or what. And you see her, uh, you know, pretty much burned up and just destroyed in a body bag with the hand. And that's why I think the hands was put two things to track, which we never had a way to do before. And also so that when you open up that awful look of that body burned up and taken apart where the hand is what you recognize as, oh my, it must be Eliza, that hand that we never saw until now and, and what. And so this is the weird thing where you have Mark and Draco trying to get, you know, the feels where Kara is upset and I got no emotion whatsoever from this. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a psychopath, but no, we, no, haven't had an, we haven't had enough our, our, of them now. And, our flashback and so, of her thinking about Eliza, though, is her <laughs> using the robotic hand to try to yeah, open when, a jar when, of pickles and yeah. smashing it all over herself. Oh, and well, like, oh, how about we order whoops. in tonight, huh? <laughs> Bionic hands. Am I right? 
And yeah, so the, the whole deal, and it's funny too, because if you did take this as a full thing, now that you say that, she opens up the, the deal, the body's there, charred body. She sees the hand, looks at but the hand, stinks. and basically has a flashback about the hand she only loves the hand she's there like oh man i remember when that hand crushed that bottle i loved when this hand was attached to her body and then as she's crying she's just looking at the hand i think she loved the hand because uh, yeah, so she's there, and all of a sudden, there's mother you know, always a told me to talk zapping. to the hand, so I yeah, did. Really. So <laughs> and I, I learned will. to love that hand. Oh my, it's the hand. Can we get body parts going on here? Uh, uh, this keeps coming up with us, Aaron. See, uh, you so keep you, saying you body parts. People this. are not going to know that. All of a sudden, you're going to think people are going to think that we want to mash body parts together. Yes, body. I want the movie body parts. I want Eliza to come back okay. to life and get a serial killer's hands and possibly eyes. What about a robotic uh, but, serial killer? And that would hand. be good. Aren't so all you robots have the robotic up hand. to murder? Also, I want her suddenly to get those uh, those legs that that South African runner had. Those I don't want freaking that. blades. You can't, cyborgs. you can't have that. Let's just make Eliza no. full out. You know, robot. Can we do that? You have She's Leviathan's guys. She's already a goddamn guys. skeleton. What are you doing? Yeah, that's true. Leviathan's guys come in and she's like, are Over you to the nine Le- pit. Leviathan? Yes, we are. Let's fight. What did you do to Crypto? Oh my, you put him under a rope? That's going to be I'm a big net. mistake. I-, I just want at one point to her basically saying like, I can't really say for sure, but I, I think you killed my mom and now you'll die. Is what I wanted. She's just like, you put crypto under a net. Bad move, boys. <laughs> like, there's a lot of other things going on. Well, she ends up attacking him. She gets crypto out. And then, you know, they end up using kryptonite. She's like, oh, my. why? How would they use kryptonite? Well, like, they kind of know you're Supergirl. And they seem to know a lot. So, you know, you I, have I'm that going you, I, on. I don't understand the progression, though, where they actually, you know, the, the Leviathan soldiers, the Centurions, as I like to call them, yeah, have yeah. kryptonite rods. Almost like kryptonite nightsticks. They're doing like this. You think? you're so clever with your lead masks your identity might be protected but the, what about the rest of you and as she lunges forward the yeah. guy says fuck yeah. keep the kryptonite in front of your masks yeah why i guess maybe i guess maybe she was going to rip their masks off but really in my mind she'd rip the mask off and that's joe simpson from oklahoma you know what is she gonna <laughs> learn from from one of these centurions i like though when she's like you know what the mask, it hides your identity. But what about the rest of you? I, all I thought was she's going to punch him right in the balls. She's going to get yeah. him right where it hurts. The family jewels there. And it's a pain that, that you don't want to have. Uh, but yeah, she ends up freeing crypto just to free him. And then they start fighting. And luckily, with the kryptonite comes out, she's saved by this futuristic looking exo manor fella who ends up being her father jeremy who or jeremiah, jeremiah. I mean, who now all of a sudden they are all smiles crypto rough they're laughing eliza's dead body is three feet behind him still in, in my mind and they are well, just not only i that, know that supergirl was just furious that this this mystery man just killed one of the centurions yeah what, you just murdered a man so you and i are definitely not on the same side takes the helmet off jeremiah oh. you're alive we're definitely on the same side you're alive hey we got a lot of catching up to do yeah number one is uh, mom's dead can I and catch you murdered you up a man on that? in front of me. You murdered a guy here. Uh, yeah, that's about all the catching up we're going to do. And then, uh, you know, smell you later. But yeah, it's such, this actually reminded me. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah, too, I'm like, boy, I don't know. I, I wanted you to stay with Eliza, but this, you know, vigilante exo man or suit, it's really done wonders for you. You have de aged about 10 years. You look young, buddy. Uh, but, but with this, though, 
it just, I, I just, it's another one of these things. Like we said with uh, Nightwing, when you had Zach, he's in, in the hospital. They're like, hey, Zach's going to die. He might die. Go get a talent for me. Promise. And they're all smiles. It's such a weird progression with these superheroes of they just seem to forget everything and go on with just being happy by the end. But yeah, you, you have it there. And I did like the cliffhanger. I, I like the idea that Jeremiah, I like that he, and it's funny too, if you don't know Jeremiah, you don't know the D.O., he's obviously gone to somebody somewhere with the D.O. connection to get like this armor and stuff. So it's, to me, it would make sense. Um, but I, I do like that, but it's just such a shame that Mark and Draco was on this book and he ended up having to deal just with Rogozar because you had the Supergirl book with Steve Orlando that ends up getting pretty much canceled. Brian Michael Bendis is starting up man of steel. He's redoing all the super books. Supergirl. The this book was one that took a hit, had to go away for a while. It did come back. They, they didn't renumber it. They didn't start it at number one. They just said, Oh, it was on hiatus a bit. It came back with Mark and Draco and he's only been able to deal with the Rogozar stuff. And it was, always i mean how many issues of this on the podcast were we going to have where we're like this is just the left behind book i mean if you read the other books you didn't have to read supergirl and then when you did it was you get furious about it because things were different or something didn't go and so with all this going on you finally get out of that and now he has to deal with leviathan and i know that that's big because of you know jeremiah and, and stuff, you're the I, villain and then Mark, yeah, and Mark, yeah, and Rear the Villain. And Mark and Draco is going to be off the book in, in December. Uh, so the guy never got to tell any of his story. And for the most part, I've said over and over, I may not like the issues, but a lot of times I think that he did the best with what he could do because he's handcuffed with everything. You can't have anything really important happen. You end up having things done where we've already seen him in other books. And then he has to, I mean, really with the stuff at the end of the Rogos are, I mean, really you would get to Supergirl and you've already read that story twice. It, it seemed that point. So it is a shame he's never going to get to tell his own story because he goes to the uh, December and Jody Hauser is going to be on this book. And I, I really do like Jody Hauser. Me and you both like her. She's coming on in December. And I saw people like, oh, finally, we're going to get a good story. And I'm like, that's that's an unnecessary diss at Mark and Draco. But then when I see the December solicit, I'm like, well, at least somebody's going to be able to tell their own story. And then the, the first solicit for Jody Hauser is a Supergirl infected. I'm like, yep, there we go. This book is just the, you know, That's it's right. the, the left who behind. Now time. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, this book is always the one that's, you know, picking up the scraps of the other books. And it's a shame, but well, not only picking up the other scraps of the great. books, but what we had in this whole thing, like, you know, we have Red Hood and the Outlaw right now. This doing its own thing going back and this could just be scott liddell doing his own continuity from what he yeah. did before in like action comics or whatnot or the superman yeah. book i forget which one it was where he has shea veritas and the block down at the center of the earth so he's doing that with red hood as well but that's one thing we have going on we come back here oh there's shea veritas over here she's fine the idea of the robotic yeah. and hand the block is and now idea- up above and yeah yeah the robotic yeah, and the idea hand, then yeah. too there's no bodies from leviathan attacks until there a is the body of Eliza Danvers. I, I don't know what we're doing anymore because yeah. it's just this, this book seems to contradict 
everything else while it's forced to tell the same story as everybody yeah. else. So it's like, it's a standalone thing that's doing the same thing. It's a weird concept to think about where this is just not very good in the long run, except for the art. No, that's what I'm saying. And, and, but in the, you know, the dialogue isn't horrible. You know, some of the scenes are okay, it's but it's just, it's, I'm telling you, I, I don't mind it, but it's just, nothing seems to jive. And I do think that Mark Andreco is kind of stuck in a place where he doesn't know what up or down is anymore because he might put this in and then that's wrong. He does this. I'm sure that he's in contact, you know, with Brian Michael Bendis, with editors. I don't think that he's just throwing things out there. I think that he is like, okay, can I do this, this, and this? Somebody's telling him it's okay. And then he's going with it, and then it's wrong. And that's the problem with this issue. There's a lot of things that suddenly show up that we've never seen before, like the hand of Eliza. And then you you just have people dying when there weren't supposed to be bodies. You end up having Leviathan doing this. You end up having Jeremiah at the end who's killed somebody there. And the mother's right there dead and they don't care. I don't even know what these centurions were trying to do going after Supergirl with Kryptonite because for the most part, too, we have not seen Leviathan go after anybody. Like, you know, one of the centurions went after Sam Wayne. We don't know what they were trying to do, though. Sam Wayne ended up killing them. But the idea that they went after a Kryptonian with kryptonite we saw that happen to superman leviathan walked up oh shit i'm sorry this wasn't meant to happen to you my and bad i, w- I will so, tell like, you that what are they doing may- maybe they're there to collect the body maybe they want that hand i don't know it looks fancy but maybe they're there to do something else and it's just i mean it's such a coincidence that supergirl's there then leviathan then jeremiah but maybe it is something maybe they were tracking something else there that we'll find out next issue because they are still in that morgue there uh so we'll see what that is maybe that'll show us a little more but in the meantime you're right though why would they just show up here out of nowhere and then you know fight on be a with the kryptonite i get that those lightsabers they have may have a couple different you know options and functions there and maybe that's why but it does seem like once you and once you put the kryptonite involved there it does look like they were there specifically to get you know supergirl and to know that crypto was there and to subdue him first so that is off what would you give it I end up in my mind giving it a 5.8 out of 10 because I really do enjoy the art in this. And I am happy to have Supergirl back on Earth. It just sucks that we have to deal with the rest of the Brian yeah. Michael Bendis bullshit yeah, going yeah, forward. Yeah, it sucks. It, it does suck. And, and we were upset, not because we were loving the Supergirl book. A lot of people did love that Steve Orlando uh, run. We we did not love it. But it was a shame that Supergirl fans had to not have a book for a while and then have to come back to this, a book that's handcuffed. So, And, and really, I'm going to keep with the continuity of Dancing Mike's song of you having better scores because I'm giving this a 5-5. Five, five. Um, again, there, there's the ending's okay. I, you know, having uh, Jeremiah there in that armor and stuff like that yeah. kind of is a little intriguing, but I, I just get the idea That's of nothing's going to matter anyway. I did like seeing Ben Rubel. Well, hey, Supergirl. Well, there she goes. Yeah, well, hey, hey, we, we Story still are of work. Ben Rubel's life. Oh, my. Well, you know, we're still at Catco, right? You haven't been at work lately. Mm, yeah. What? Well, there you go. Have but you seen Cara it. Danvers? Do yeah. you know Cara? She works with me. Uh, you kind of look alike. But yeah, that, that's the deal. Remember at one point, like we thought Ben Rubel was not on the up and up. He was the villain and that kind of got shoved aside too and things. But that's that. That's the podcast. We're going to now talk about our book of the week. 
All right, Eric, and what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Lex Luthor, Year of the Villain, number one. Sadly, it's on Patreon only. <laughs> Sadly. You, you, yeah, everybody thinks that that would be like, oh, look at them trying to push it. But I, indeed, I that is not my book of the week. I, I Mine's Justice it. League. I know. You're just being honest, Eric. Uh, and I like Justice League. That was my book of the week, as you heard earlier in this podcast. That's all free, Eric. All free. <laughs> With the... <laughs> The what is it? The lazy okay. casual layabouts? What, what are they? The dirty casuals. Look at this, Eric. Filthy what a casuals. jerk! Look at the filthy guy. Eric's just throwing shade over there, throwing that out. But here are the books that we're going to talk about next week. Two of these will be on the Patreon, and pretty much one of those will be Eric's book of the week. <laughs> Seems <laughs> that's like that's how the he case, plays. right? That's the game that he plays. Well, that would be the thing, though. These are the books that there's two things that will draw a badass to pick a book for the Patreon spotlight. One, it's been a really good book. Two, to screw me and Eric over. Well, the, the and thing is, so in my you usually mind, get one of the is, two. It's either whatever the big book of the week is or something that's shitty so Jim and Eric will have to read that and yeah. do it right away. And it's funny too is really when it's when it's spelled out, it's usually, hey, we picked the big books and the books that would get Eric mad. It's never really spelled out that it's me. And the weird thing about it is over on the Marvel side, it's the same thing but trying to screw Brandon over. What are you talking it, about? Not, cool as a cucumber Eric over here? Why would yeah, I ever get mad at something? Say. Well, that's what they want. They're sick of this guy. This guy is like Captain Zoloff over here. The guy has no emotions. <laughs> they need to see something, so they end up picking them. So if I look over these books really quickly, I know the book that they would pick to drive oh. you nuts. That would be Looney Tunes 251. Thankfully, that won't be on the list. That won't be. But here are the books that will be on the podcast slash Patreon next week. Action Comics number 1015. Batgirl number 39. Batman Beyond number 36. Batman Curse of the White Knight number 3. Batman Superman number 2. Detective Comics number 1012. Freedom Fighters number 9. Justice League Dark number 15. Red Hood Outlaw number 38. Shazam number seven. It's coming. Welcome back, Cotter. Oh my. What you talking about, Willis? The Flash number 79. The Terrific number back, 20. Cotter. What Here's you talking Johnny. about, Willis? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Dynamite. Hey, we got them all going, Eric. This is just, you know, catchphrase heaven. Uh, the Terrific number 20, which will possibly be on the website. We won't be talking about it. And Wonder Woman number 79 will decide if it will be on the podcast as well. Sometimes what we do is if we're not going to have a book necessarily on the regular show, sometimes I will put that on the Patreon poll so that if the badasses really wanted to listen to it, they can pick that. They've never picked it, Eric. Anytime that I've done that with that kind of thing in mind, it's never been picked, so we'll see how that goes. The Wonder Woman, uh, G. Willow Wilson is going to be off the book, and you end up having Steve Orlando coming back on. And I'm sure that once Steve Orlando is on, you know, it's no fuss, no muss for us because it's a Steve Orlando, Orlando's own Jeremy book, and then he can decide if he wants to put it on the podcast or not, right? 
Hey, sit on it, Patsy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Did I do that? Oh, my. What's going on? I'm trying to think of other catchphrases, and I'm having problems there. Uh, You know, what is Screech's uh, catchphrase? Where's the strippers? Is that his catchphrase? I'm I'm not not sure. I'll cut you, you bastard. Now, that was Alfalfa's catchphrase. Alfalfa's catchphrase. No, please, I'm throwing my mercy of the court. I'm throwing myself. My name Uh, is, I'm called Screech. I can't go to prison, please. Yeah, please. Uh, We have a reunion coming up, possibly. Time out. There you go. There's another catchphrase for you. But that's the end of the podcast, Mama. Hey, Preppy. Is that I'm trying to think of other big catchphrases? What is your favorite catchphrase of all of you know TV history? I don't know. Couldn't tell you at this point. You kind of put me on the spot there. Oh, you, kind of there buddy. you don't like dynamite? You don't like that? You, dynamite? Right. Da- dynamite, Eric? Don't you like that? You, now I'm depressed that I put you on the spot. Like Let's dynamite. talk about what's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. I'll let you pass. Really, that that really was a bummer. I, I, I really, we're part of. You know a what I team. actually do love. You know what I What's actually that? really do love. Now I'm thinking about it. Every time that Dr. Sam Becker would quantum leap, he'd be oh boy. You like the oh boy? I love the oh boy. I, now I really wish I didn't ask you. <laughs> that, that's your final answer. Oh jeez, really? That's it? All right. Well, there we go. Who would you, you mistake? Re- you really was Buffy's this. line, right? You, you really ended this in a in a, a real depressing yeah, way. Yeah, I did that. Eric. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's a good way. That's a good lead in to get us out of here, right? All right. You you have a week to remember next week what your favorite catchphrase is. I already said it. I don't need to go there. I actually like dynamite as my favorite. You know why I like dynamite as my favorite? Because you thought of yourself as a young J.J. Walker growing up? Well, true. Now I'm the fat J.J. Walker, but that's okay. I'm more of the J.J. Slow Walker is what they call me. (laughs) But what I really like, though, is you have the whole deal where the setup of, you know, you have Urkel. He he drops something. Did I do that? You know, of course you did, Urkel. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've seen you do it, Urkel. Shut your get get some pants that fit and shut your fucking mouth is what I'm telling you. You have where all of a sudden. You have the, you know, Fonz, where, hey, sit on it, Potsy. And it's hey. just like, yeah, he has the A and the A and whatever. Where that is okay in my mind is the idea where they flip it. And Richie, those few times where he says, sit on it, Fonz. And then the, <gasps> the crowd goes nuts. Wow. No, they're like, ooh, like, oh, my God, Fonzie's going to slice him. I, I see that guy in that leather jacket. He means business, even though, you know, he's not. And he's whatever. But why I like back to the dynamite. Why I like the dynamite. It's not one of those where they're like, hey, JJ, what do you think about the dinner? And he's like, dynamite. No, the best thing about it is there's the rhyme that leads up to the dynamite. Maybe wrong, and that maybe is, right, that's okay. Oh my God. That's the greatest. Where he's like, I left my pack over there last night, but I got it this morning. Hey, dynamite. You know, and he's doing that. I love it. I love where you're waiting for these rhymes. And the fact that by the end of the series, you run out of things to rhyme. Also, he's an adult at that point. He doesn't have time for the rhyme time. Him and that stupid painting. I, I really got annoyed with that painting where he's there, and they kind of got away from that a little with this stupid, you know. Why do people do stuff like that? Get a real job, JJ, really. And, and if fuck? he did, well, what happened is you did. Did you see that him, last sitting around painting? Look at him, like he's got nothing better to do. Painting, I see it. I see you painting, Thelma. It ain't that good. 
uh, at the end, though, it was great That's because Costello don't look that good. Ah! I don't know. Oh, my dynamite! <laughs> Something's wrong. It ain't right. Look at that dog. It's dynamite. Yeah, there. So you end up Femme where so hot. you didn't see. Oh, yeah, she was. Those, but she probably wore bell bottoms better than anybody who ever lived. That that did that ever. film ever. You know, ever. But <laughs> what you didn't know is they they ended up at the end. Of the series, they had two unaired episodes. You ever see those where JJ no, actually becomes a demolition expert in GI Joe, and he's just called Dynamite? Man, it's the best. It's so good. It's what a weird painting. way for that oh, show man. to go into GI Joe. Hey, Joe. hey, hey, uh, call Dynamite. He comes out. He's painting. They're like, "Stop your painting. Let's get going. We we got Joe stuff to do." And he's like, you know, hey, hey, these Joes are out of sight. You just called me Dynamite. He's got going, you know. That you know, actually going. not a bad character right there. Where his subplot yeah, is that he, right? like, you know, he's a demolitions expert, blows things up all the time, but he finds beauty in everything, so he's painting. Yeah, he does. Like, he paints. And it's funny. He, he paints everything he's about to blow to smithereens. And, and it's weird it because like. it's me and I'm painting your face because I'm about to fucking you know, demo plan activated. No, I'm going to blow you uh, up. And down and sideways, Eric. Just don't tell. Just don't tell my wife. She doesn't like that sort of thing. Just don't tell. Oh my, oh my God. Tell I'm her. fucking seven well, years old all over that's again. That's the thing. Here's, it doesn't matter. It's G.I. Joe. That's the army. You know their policy. You stick with it, Eric. Okay, no one's half the battle. Shut your mouth. It is no one's half the battle. The Everyone's other half of the know. battle is shutting your damn mouth or I'll kill you. That's the second <laughs> half. You know, they, they only tell you half of the battle. I'm telling you the second half. And that is it now. You shut your mouth. Is what's going on. This doesn't play out well in this landscape now, right? <laughs> this isn't something that you know, should be said. Well, right. that's the final episode, folks. Do you, if you saw me now, I'm, I'm shaking my fist at you. I'm giving you. And also now, every time you look over at me, some point I'm going to have a knife out. I'm showing you. You just shut <laughs> your mouth. You that? shut your mouth. And if anybody says it, you fell into that doorknob, you son of a bitch. And well, somehow you fell. Of course you guy. Well, that's the thing. It's weird. You fell into it backwards, Eric. Backwards. <laughs> Oh my, this show has really gone off the rails. This song has gone off the rails tonight. We're about to go. What do we say? It's dynamite. Dynamite. What do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. We, Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. We'll see you in seven. Oh!